Okay. All right, so we've pressed the button. Will somebody let me know when we do it live on Facebook? When the light is green. Okay. My... You should get an email when it's... YouTube is good. It's live. YouTube is good. All right, we are live. We are on the air. We are going to cue intro. Coco Talk is an unscripted live broadcast. Anything can and will happen. The views and opinions expressed by members of the right, panel Steve, we don't and hear the live the... audience are their own and not necessarily we those of the Coco Talk show, its sponsors, affiliates, or subsidiaries. Open minds encourage, sense of humor recommended. If any off color comments were made, we're sorry. Hi, this is Dale Lear, designer of TRS 80 Color Baseball. And you're listening to Coco Talk. <laughs> this is Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. It's time to drop your socks and grab your real-time clocks, and let's rock. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. All right, everybody, welcome to Coco Talk Live, available on the internet and on Pirate Radio. We are here with episode 102. We have got an incredible panel at your disposal, so let's start this show, won't we? All right, all right. We are here. The cast is assembled. We've got an incredible panel available for us for your viewing and listening pleasure. Uh, and there is uh, this is a packed house. Thank you all for being here. Uh, we are here on episode 110 of Coco Talk. We'll go ahead and tease the topic. Uh, the main segment today is going to be known as the RMS Reveal. More on that in a bit. We got an incredible panel here, so I'm gonna go ahead and start going round robin, round the room, uh, counterclockwise from my bottom right hand corner. Uh, we're gonna start with um, Grant Leety. Welcome back to the program, Grant Leety. How are you, sir? I am doing great. All right, you've been sta chasing storms. Yes, I have. I actually got lucky and uh, was on that. Uh, tornado that was a strong ef4 out there west of kansas city so right here in my backyard wow you're the wow. only person i know that would be in an ef4 tornado and think you're lucky <laughs> <laughs> yes 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 and as we're moving backwards around the world we have uh from boyson technologies mr richard lorbieski has joined us good afternoon to you richard hello how are you guys we're doing great, and I'm glad you're able to join us, sir, and be with us on the program. From down under the thunder, Mr. Nicholas Morantes. Good day, Nick. Good day, everyone. Yes, uh, hopefully a good show today. I'm looking forward to Fedor's uh, announcement. So 
Yeah. Excellent, excellent. And to the left of Nick Morenti's, we've got royalty in the house, ladies and gentlemen. It is, it is Sir her. David Ladd, Lord of the Floppies. Hello, David, Your Majesty. Hello, everyone. I can't wait to see how the show goes today. I hope everybody's <laughs> ready for a great day. <laughs> oh, Christ. Not only have my ears uh, exploding, but uh, your enthusiasm yeah, no. is off the scale, David, which is wonderful to hear. No energy there. <laughs> yeah. Somebody wake David up. We also got we got with us a guy who's in this thing called the Retro Hobby. In the Retro Hobby, he produces some products. Some of those are tangible goods and hardware products. Some of them are soft goods and software products, but they're all good, and we love them. You know him. He's John Strong of Strongware. Welcome, John. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for being here. Somebody's creating a buttload of background noise. I'd like to kindly ask you to spread your wings and find a way to silence that noise. Thank you all very much. You're too kind. <laughs> Above John Strong, we've got a man whose name is so nice. We must say it thrice. It's Nick Maroda, Nick Maroda, Nick Maroda. Welcome, Nick. Good day. I want to say thank you for the introduction being uh, in half Canadian because uh, you guys are kind of hard to understand sometimes. Eh? <laughs> well, all right, all right, all right. Uh, th with this guy here needs a special round of applause real quick. Hopefully the soundboard won't fail me, but hold on, let's try queuing applause. Yeah, of course, the uh, freaking soundboard. But uh, the, na the man's <laughs> name is Mark Bosley. So let's all take a moment to give Mark Bosley a round of applause because he's been streaming the show for us. He's been our stream engineer. And if it wasn't for Mark Bosley, we would not have had uh, nearly as many episodes as we did. Let's try this button one more time. There we go. Mark Bosley, I cannot thank you enough for keeping the Tandy Flame alive. And, and, and have, the show must go on, and it has thanks to our group, to our community. So thank you so much, Mark. Now, now, when you're talking about the flame, you mean the dumpster fire. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And not only is he a celebrity in his own rights, but he's also what we call our celebrity booking agent. So, uh, Mr. Uh, Gateway to the Stars himself, the Timberman, none other than Rondell Vaux is with Hello. us. How you doing? Fantastic, fantastic. Our resident Apple guy, and he's a fan of elevators, Mark D. Overholzer is in the house. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm going to keep his uh, I'm going to keep his introduction short and sweet today because his credentials are numerous. But we know him and love him as the Coco Man himself, Jason Reichert. Hello, Jason. Hey, everybody. And since I'm uh, next to uh, Mark there, I had to get my Mark Overhoser hat. It's twins. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. From the Great White North, from Old Canada, the co-creator of the Nitrous Nine Project, the host of the Color Computer Games List website, it is none other than the curling iron man himself, L. Curtis Boyle. Hey, -o. Make sure you have the right soldering tip to curl your hair properly. <laughs> <laughs> and the introductions just won't stop. We've also got another man who's got an incredible amount of logos behind him there. Uh, we know this guy as Terry Steggy. And uh, not Terry Steege, right, Terry Steggy? That's right. <laughs> and I, I'm living proof if you use the wrong uh, soldering iron tip. <laughs> Before I went into rehab, that's what I yes, was Yes, uh, I, I see you have the same barber as David Ladd. Okay. So uh, <laughs> we have... Hey, hey, hey. From somewhere <laughs> in, the, in Europa, out there in... Uh, I, I don't, is it Denmark? 
But it's somewhere in yes. Europe, uh, somewhere where I think all the good drugs are free or legal at least, yeah. um, but maybe not. <laughs> oh, but sure. uh, but the things he rolls are just tobacco anyways, but we know him as oh, the no. madman, Simon Jonasson. How are you, Simon? Oh. You're not, you're not you're not in Amsterdam, right? <laughs> no, that'd be free to Okay, you're in Denmark, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm 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 American. I don't know anything outside of North uh, Florida, so <laughs> I couldn't find I couldn't find it on a map. So yeah. Um, moving around the room, we have his neighbor uh, and personal friend, and we'll get we'll get more into your introduction in just a little bit. But I'll make sure I'm pronouncing your name right too. You are Fedor, not Fedor, right? Nope. That's right. Fedor Stamen, correct? Yes, yes, you're correct. Yes, yes you, you, you explained that to me a long time ago, and I happen to remember that one small piece of information. I forget many, but I remember that. So Fedor is with us. Fedor is our kind of guest of honor today. Oh, boy. Uh, ne next to Fedor, a guy who buys things, uh, he, he might have what some of us call a problem, but we know him and love him as Brian Weasler. Welcome to the program, Brian. Welcome. Hello, all. Thanks for being here. To his left, a guy from the Glenside Color Computer Club, the man of reason. He's a photographer. He's a uh, he's a social activist, and he's just a damn good-looking guy. Eric Canales is with us today. Hey, Eric. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I may be giving you too much credit. You didn't just come back from a Greenpeace mission or anything, did you? No, no, no. Okay. All right. Well, he's still a decent human being. Above him, another special guest, a gentleman who we don't see on the program very often. Matter of fact, just, have you been with us before, Carlos? Uh, I have. Uh couple months back, yeah. Okay, well, well uh, from the Color Computer Store, from the Color Computer Community, uh, somewhere in uh, the New England area, we have Carlos Camacho. Welcome to the program, Carlos. Thanks a lot. Konnichiwa to all the Japanese listeners and bon dia to all the listeners in uh, Brazil. And I just want to say that um, I'm noticing there's a couple guys with the same haircut as mine, and I don't remember them asking me permission for. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you guys we'll did not get permission. Later. <laughs> uh, permission 101. Uh, that should be a host discussion at some point in time. We've also got a guy. We've got a guy who's made a game or two in his day. A couple of indie projects, uh, things like you know, uh, audio spectrum analyzer and popcorn come to mind. We know him and love him as Mr. Steve Bjork. Welcome back, Steve. Hey there, everybody. And of course, I got to be on the show too with my uh, Mark's <laughs> <laughs> unit too. I mean, you get these things when you get older. Trust me, guys. <laughs> yeah, those are just glasses for the normal people out there. That's uh, yeah. Don't that's I know it? And and last, they look great. They're wonderful to have. Last but certainly not least, a man with multiple N's in his last name. It's Rob Inman. Welcome, Rob. Hey now. <laughs> Welcome to the program. So we're here. We go ahead. What's a color computer? A color computer. Great question. Uh, I would like to uh, ask you to leave all questions to the end, and we'll get okay. to that in a section called "Nobody Cares." Um, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and make sure they're submitted in writing and in triplicate. In triplicate. That's right, and, and they need to have management approval. All right. So, a color computer for those of you um, who spell properly. So we're here. We have a panel. Um, there, a lot has been going on. Right. Um, the what what the real we're today is June 1st. Right. 
I remember it's been about a month since we were all packing our cars and getting ready to go to Coco Fest. It's only been a month since Coco Fest, and it feels like an eternity. Hasn't hasn't isn't it just feel like Coco Fest was so, is so far yes. behind us in our rearview mirror? I mean, it's just it's amazing how it seemed like it took forever to get there. And now we're just falling off the cliff at the speed of light, just moving, you know, way past it. So um, a lot of stuff's been going on. It's summertime. Um, you know, uh, I've had a lot of things with my family with graduations and, and proms and, and, and parties and all kinds of stuff going on at home. So I have not been able to be on the show as much. I would like to personally thank all of you, the community and the panel and this group of friends that we've gathered together because this show, in my opinion, has always been what's that old phrase where the sum of the parts is greater than the whole or something like that there's a hole involved here somewhere but um anyways it's 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 synergy synergy but it's bigger than all of us right and but it's because of all of us that it is this big and you guys have done an amazing job hosting the shows and broadcasting the shows and and keeping things on keel and keeping things even and, and balanced and fair and and everything else steve bjork you've done an amazing job curtis bull you've done an amazing job mark bosley for hosting the show for the panel for all of you for being here every single week and making the show worth being a part of and wanting to be watched and listened. i want to thank you all from the bottom of my heart thank you you're all too kind <laughs> you're welcome you're welcome mm. We had to keep the dumpster fire alive. Yes, yes. So we've done that. <laughs> Rob says this community is a big hole. All right. Well, I would have to say that's a sophomoric uh, response there, Rob. And I would actually like to, um, I would I'm like sorry. to suggest you spread your wings in a direction that's a little bit more mature when you respond like this in the future. Um, so Good we're here. Not. This is a highlight we're, of my week. Hang on. We're, we're 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 got a lot to talk about. But before we do that. Uh, well, we're gonna we're gonna just jump in. Uh, well, we we want to we want to Fedor is our main segment, right? I guess before we jump into Fedor, by by show of hands, how many people have a project update, product update acquisition or a little story they're gonna want to share? I have one hand, one, two, three, Me. four. So there's a few of us with some product updates. Richard, I can't see if you're raising your hand or not, but did you have something you wanted to mention as well, Richard? Oh, yes. Uh, well, I guess I can go first. I don't know. Where is the screen sharing on here? So. Well, I would need to stop my sharing if you're going to share your screen. You, you're going to share something? Yes. Okay. Um, okay. See. I have stopped sharing. You have my permission to share, sir. Okay. Well, I'm trying to figure out where, where I have to do the sharing from. And that's... It's a green button that says share somewhere. On the bottom. Bottom, bottom. Of the bottom center. Yep. Uh, oh, there it is. Okay. So there I am. Okay. Good screen can you see it yes we can now oh what is that oh that's just my no it's this right here looks like hardware yes hold on hold on hold on let's slow down let's take what am i looking at right now i'm looking at an l-shaped something it says boomerang classic 512k so explain yes. to me what that is, Richard. Okay. Well, anyway, I have decided. I actually I was going to release this during Coco Fest, and because I had some excess uh, inventory left over, and so I was going to. I was like, "Wow, you know what? Uh, this would be a good good time to go ahead and uh, sell them, sell these." And but uh, unfortunately, I was sick, so I couldn't make it. So anyway, I have done a uh, what they call a soft sell on. Um, 
eBay, but now I'm just going to, I made it official. It is available on my main website as well, you know, boysontech.com slash marketplace. But this is uh, basically a 512K board. I had redesigned it to where it uses CPLD instead of just the TTL that I originally had. Is there a drive wire in there too? No drive wire. Okay. Uh, the only difference between this board and my E2 board, because you could buy the E2 board and it's, it, it is by itself 512, but if you get the uh, uh, accompanying DAT board uh, with the wire and all that, uh, can go up to 2 meg. But this one is just 512 only. You can't upgrade it, can't do anything. Okay. And the reason I'm releasing this one also is there's a lot of people that own, own multiple Cocos, and they don't really want to invest a lot of money in you know, one of the, the other boards. So this one, I decided just to go well, ahead. When you say other boards, are you talking about one of your other boards or just other boards in the marketplace in general? So make sure no, we're clear. No, just, on... just my, I, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, okay. I'm my, my board. But okay. uh, it, it's what I wanted to do was I wanted a very low cost, uh, affordable board that people, you know, again, people can put them on their second Cocos or if they don't have a lot of money, uh, this would be a, a good option because, uh, honestly, the 512 is a must-have if you're going to be in the cocoa community. It's not. I would say it's not, the minimum. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the, the very minimal. I mean, it's it's. Uh, if you want to take advantage of all the cool stuff that's out there now, even in the past, you, 512 was was at least the minimum to go. So this is why I released this. Okay. Okay. And and what is the price of this product? It is fifteen ninety-five. Fifteen. Now, may I, let me ask you a question. Wow. How is that even possible? How is that even possible? Well, it's because I source out, uh, you know, one of the things when, uh, when I started at Tandy is, you know, I had learned about manufacturing and also sourcing. And so, you know, I have this ability to just source out inexpensive parts, you know, parts, quality parts, of course, but I'm, I'm just able to do this. And also, you know, the way I manufacture things. Uh, I just pass those uh, savings on to my uh, uh, to the customers. Is cheap Canadian labor involved in this when you say sourcing? Uh, no. Okay. So, so it's... sourcing is in parts only. I actually manufacture. Okay. Okay. So you're not outsourcing the labor. You are sourcing the parts. So you're basically saying you've got an in on getting inexpensive components. So since you can get the parts cheaply, you are putting together a, a economy yeah, product. If if right, I could yeah, be so bold to say. Perfect. Okay. I All right. Say I've been running that board for the last three weeks or so, and it's been, uh, okay. So this is a fifteen dollar memory board, which is um, uh, yeah, that's a great price. So nobody's going to argue that. And it looks like there's not a lot of stuff on the board because the top of the board had nothing on it. There's like three things on the bottom of this board here. I see two modules and a little other. Well, maybe yeah, not the, three the, things. Yeah, the very but... top here is it runs on three point three volts. So this is okay. your regular. This right here in the middle is your memory SRAM, mm -hmm. and then this bottom is the CPLD. Okay. Okay. Well, this will run cooler than the uh, candy or other. Oh, it'll run considerably cooler. Can because... I ask a compatibility question? Yes. Yes. Would this be compatible with the uh, 512K uh, label that the color computer store would sell? Yes. It, oh, is, it, is, it is completely compatible. I mean, if you put that 512K label on there, uh, it, it will work. Oh, excellent. It, 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 will not, it will not crash. Yeah. And it works with DK Remix, which I've verified. I haven't tried to see our games, but <laughs> mm. uh, it, 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 of contention. Yeah. It, it, okay. 
Yeah, I don't, if, I don't know if you guys can hear it, but there's like major thunderstorms outside my house. Okay, so we got a, We have a really economical 512K memory board. Very cool. You got? Is there more um, more uh, slides to show here? Uh, no, that, that was it. And, and if we if we have a tech segment later on, I was going to show you something else. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, but that's just something we can do. Okay. Later. All right, that's cool. So that was Richard Lorbieski of Voice on Tech. He's mentioning his new Boomerang Classic 512K memory board. And hit stop sharing whenever you're ready. And just a reminder, too, that there are other memory boards out there, too. Cloud9 Technology has their memory boards as well. I don't know what they're all cards called, so I don't want to misrepresent them, but... To be fair and balanced, there are multiple vendors that are providing products, and this was a picture of one of those products. Thank you. Uh, you're too kind, Richard. Um, Jason, did you have a – you mentioned you had an update or acquisition you wanted to share? I have a couple uh, acquisitions I picked up. Um, these came in while I was uh, at Hamvention, and I haven't been on from home for a while. But So uh, I, picked up, I picked up a TP-10. Ooh! Now this one's a little. This one's a little odd. If I don't know if it'll show up well, but it actually has. Eh, it's not showing up. But there's. It actually says MagTech MCAT printer on, and I haven't. Uh, that that uh, that uh, blue label there. I haven't uh, gone here to check and see if it actually peels off. But it does say it's a TP10 on, on the bottom. On the bottom, <laughs> sure does. Maybe somebody cannibalized two parts and put them together because they fit. I mean, uh, I don't know. The, the plastic yellowing's pretty, uh, pretty uh, consistent, but it does work. I got it. I got the self test running. Okay. Yeah, just leave it out in the sun. That should fix that, right, Ron? Yeah, um, yeah. that's correct. Uh, um, I'm sorry to interrupt real quick. I just want to put out a, a potential emergency call for assistance here. But Mark Bosley, would you be possible to maybe be a backup streamer? Because I, I'm seeing some dark skies. I'm hearing some thunder. And if I lose my internet or my power, this it will be a house. problem. I'm, I'm about to get one as well. Oh yeah. All right, so we're gonna do the we're gonna do the best we can with uh, within the you know what Mother Nature will allow here. Right. Yep. Um, uh, I'll be Mother Nature's just emergency. shocked at the low price of the boomerang board. That's all. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Okay, yeah. so so you got a new printer, and that printer uh, you got two of them. I got a I got a second one. I ended up bidding on two on eBay, and I got a I got another TP10 here in a box. And I also have a cat that wants to jump up in the window, but not happening right now. <laughs> so, there you go. Um, but I got the, someday I'll get this camera thing, right? I got one in the box. Um, okay. it actually even came with the, uh, the manual and it didn't come with the manual, but it came, it came with the receipts from Radio Shack. Someone from someone in San Antonio bought it. No one that I know, but, um, and the cool, the cool part is it's, it's in here, it's in here in the styrofoam and someone must've stored this in the styrofoam because there's a. Again, I don't know how well it's going to show up on camera, but where the styrofoam isn't, it was covering. The oh neck. yeah, it has and not discolored there. Yeah. Has not it's not discolored. What's it, called tan lines. Yeah. Tan, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tan lines. They both work. Um, now the one, the one, the one I showed before, the MCAT. You know, the, the the one here that was in the box. It came with your standard four-pin cable that you would expect from Radio Shack when you when you would pick up a TP10. Now mm -hmm. the one that was branded MCAT had this cable. It had the four-pinned in. And then a uh, a DB twenty five serial, so okay. yeah, some type of serial uh, connection. So I don't know what this was used for, or anything. But I picked it up really cheap on eBay. I said, eh, I'll give it a try. But I suspect under that MCAT label is the normal TP ten label. Maybe I'll uh, peel it off at some point. But that that TP ten or that MagTech label kind of sort of has the same color scheme as the old TDP labels. I'm saying. Mm. I have to wonder what that. 
I've never heard of that though. I don't. Okay. I didn't know if anyone else had heard of that. Okay. Nope. Um. I, uh, are Are you? Um. Is that the, the end of your? That's it. Uh, really, okay. and the, the one that was in the box came with paper, so I, I didn't. Okay. Even have oh, that's cool. Paper. That's cool. Yeah. Um. I I just thought of something that I I neglected to mention. So Carlos Camacho mentioned he had um five twelve k badges available at his uh, web store, um, the colorcomputerstore dot com. I think well, he's chewing, but um, I'm that, sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> I haven't eaten my lunch yet. <laughs> that's right. Um, okay. We've got 512, 128, two megs for the Cocoa 3, and uh, badges for stinking badges for the uh, Cocoa 1 and 2. Yes, okay. But where I was going with that was I want to also acknowledge that you are not the only provider of badges in the community, and there are other providers. I don't know if it's directly from Microwin or if it's directly from Cloud9, but somewhere between the two of those places there is another source for badges. So I neglected to also mention that. So it just came back to me. So. But thank you for also providing an additional source of, of things for us. Uh, so Jason had his update. He's got a couple of toilet paper printers. Excellent, Jason. Uh, who else had a project update or acquisition? They want Terry Steggy has something to share. This is show and tell time. This is great. I'm feeling well, really. I got, got a couple things. I'll go quick. Of course, uh, from our own Ron there, sent me one of those. I actually got two of those from him. So pretty happy Yay. about that. Oh, those are awesome. I, uh, I'm kind of trying to get into some of the software, um, original stuff. So that one's still in the, uh, Oh, wow. Radio Shack or green print utility, huh? Yeah. I thought I that was pretty CDP cool. 220, the color version of that exact same package, but I never had the black and white one. I had the color one as well, but I'd never seen the black and white. So I thought that was cool. And then kind of, as Jason was saying, I've got a few more TDP things. I got a modem. I did not know existed. Neat. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of now TDP branded accessories and products and software that I think a lot of us just didn't know existed. TDP voltage spike protector. Make <laughs> <laughs> sure you see TDP, TDP and label. <laughs> and that's the other two pieces I got after there. TDP, Polaris, and Microbes. Now, the catalog number on the book is different too because it starts with a 10 dash instead of a 26 dash. That's correct. So yeah. it's not just a different outer cardboard box. It's a whole re... Um, the manual's been changed, too. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of effort. There's Terry, a, do, um, there's a, I guess there's it? a cassette player as well. I haven't been able to find one, but I, I did see a picture of it. So Now, you bought... I forgot the gentleman's name on Facebook, but you bought the in-the-box, the TDP thing, right? This, it was did. a guy... Do you remember his name? Because it's escaping me right now. Me, too. Um and I apologize, but I'm old. I forget. Um, but yeah, so he had announced the whole, like, I'm selling my entire museum quality collection of all kinds of things. That was one of them. I, I really would have liked to have done. Number one, I already have one, so I'm lucky there. And number two, it was a little rich for my blood. I think he wanted $300 for it or something. I'm not, you know, yes. whatever you got it for is what, you know. But um, I ended up getting something else from him, which was a box of Intellivision cartridges. And we kind of play tested those the other night and went through them all and they all worked. So um, I, I won't bother with that with my acquisition. But yeah, so that was an in the community thing where somebody says, hey, I got this stuff. I'm cleaning out my closet. Here you go. And you've got an impressive collection, sir. I, I'm very envious of your collection, but I'm also very happy for you to have these things. Well, so, thank you. Yeah, I, I've got that one. I do have another one that, that didn't have a box. So I'm going to. Uh, I'd like to upgrade it, kind of like Ron did uh, with his. And I think 
Didn't you upgrade yours as well? Yeah, he you, did too. Yeah. Did. Yeah, and I had mine. Brendan Donahue added the Coco VGA to mine because I do not know how to solder either. So, yeah, so it's, that's pretty much all I had. Thanks. Okay. All right. So that was Terry sharing his uh, things. Uh, uh, Good job, Terry. I like how when you said, I don't know how to solder either, either and then Curtis just popped up on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the poster boy for not soldering. So Who, who else had a product update? I think David's hobbies mentioned in the YouTube chat he had something. But who else? Anybody as we're going down the screen here? That was Terry. I had a few things. Okay, okay, you'll be next, John Strong. John Strong raised his hand, but Brian Weezer spoke out first, so that's my decision <laughs> tie-breaking thing there. Go ahead, Brian. Uh, just uh, I got a couple books and a couple games that I picked up here. Uh, this is one that I was kind of talking to a few people at the fest about. It's kind of an interesting book. It's this Color Computer Applications. It uh, kind of goes through and just kind of gives some uh, different examples, again, of how to do some games and stuff, and then you kind of learn as you go. So that was kind of a... Kind of a fun little book. They spell color right. What's that? <laughs> yeah, so they. Well, it's kind of hard to see there. <laughs> they uh, kind of obliterated the R right there. But, yeah. Uh, with the the tag there, and then another one that's kind of interesting. It's uh, how to use your Radio Shack printer. Yep. Okay. <laughs> kind of interesting one there, and it, it lists all the the different various printers that Radio Shack sold, and kind of talks about uh, fonts and doing some programming and cables and different things like that for the different printers so it's kind of an interesting book jason may need to borrow that brian <laughs> okay <laughs> that one. and then uh, two other ones that uh i guess there's a, a third one it's a it's green but uh, this one's kind of interesting it's uh, the extended uh color basic un uh wow unravel there so that one's kind of a interesting yeah, book those are uh, awesome it goes through it and, it and it breaks down you know basic and it goes right into the whole uh right into the whole uh uh, version of basic breaks it all down and yeah, then also a complete uh, commented disassembly of the roms is basically what that series was for yeah there I you go first two yeah. books and then i also have the other one it's the disc basic unraveled there wow oh, nice. wow wow kind of a nice, kind of a nice yeah, the third one is a super extended basic unraveled which is the coca three roms and that's the okay. orange and, and i should mention that, also that, the extended basic used to have a color basic and extended basic as two separate books and then they ended up merging them together okay and does that one have a green cover? I think maybe. Might I haven't seen one of those in a long time. And then the just uh, one's orange though. Okay. And then just a couple games there. Uh, uh, in a pre-yellowed case there, the uh, is it coming through there? So, did you, so, did you so, say pre-yellowed? That's That's post-yellowed. There you go. Yeah, like Jason's printers there. They they came pre-yellowed there. So uh, pre-yellowed. Pre yellowing, yes, yeah. so. <laughs> no extra charge for the yellowing. Huh? <laughs> so yellowing nice included. Game. Yeah. And then, ones the that and then ones I don't have any uh, packaging for, but uh, I thought they were interesting. I've never played them before. Uh, well, the one I have, but uh, um, Demon Attack. Okay. Yep. It's kind of, and uh, I've never actually heard of this one. I just thought it was interesting, and uh, I like the label. I haven't even popped it into the, the, the Cocoa yet. Uh, Sylphid, yes. Yeah, another Sierra that. game. That's the uh, spiritual successor to Thexter. Oh, okay. Um, by Sierra and Online. They were both... Um, ported from uh curtis is holding something up there what are you holding up there curtis i'm holding up the uh, super extended unraveled book just so oh, okay. that's the coco 3 version yeah that's the coco 3 okay. version. okay that's the one i need to look for then so okay thank you okay you're too so, kind yep. okay 
Um, no. Dave, David Ladd has his hand raised, so he's got an announcement too, but I did promise John Strong he would be next. So, David, you are, next, you are the next next after uh, John Strong, so I have acknowledged your hand being raised there. Hello, Mr. Strong. Thank you for joining us on the program again. John Strong, do you copy? John Strong, you are muted. There yes, you go. I, I realize okay. that I do that on, during work days, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, you turn it off so the background noise doesn't interfere. Uh, we did show this last week. Okay. The paddle. I heard you talking about it, but I didn't see it. That's cool. Yeah, that uh, looks neat. Okay, we got the paddle. Uh the knob design is, is I've tweaked it so it actually looks a little better, a little better feel, prints better. And uh, I couldn't resist experimenting and going a little bit farther because I see a use to maybe using a, a potentiometer control to do some things with experimenting with sounds and new sound chips and stuff out there. And so the first one I did was really a, uh, just took that and did two of them. And so uh, think of it as a control board for uh, surface for using one of the sound chips, okay? So you can vary parameters as you go. Mm, so it's almost uh, like making your cocoa like an analog synth where you could uh, right. adjust this envelopes. Right, this the idea behind it. And Neat. I said, you know, I can't write the software until I have the hardware to play with to do it unless I want a joystick, but joysticks tend to move or Yeah, or exactly, you yeah, okay? they'll drift, yeah. And so this was kind of all kind of basic with the arcade buttons and the 3D, 3D printed buttons. And I got thinking, well, that's a little bit big. And, you know, out on eBay you can, or Amazon and stuff, you can get uh, some more uh, professional looking knobs. And so okay. I ordered these in. They're a little bit small in comparison to the buttons. And then... I ordered another batch in a little bit bigger and just getting size wise got both different just for a test to see what I want to look like. Um, of course, this one is a aluminum with plastic insert. It's about 10 times more expensive than the other one. Uh, either would work with that. Uh, but, you know, uh, hoping to write some software to do that, to use it to give the analog feel with experimenting with some sounds to see what I can get some sound effects out rather than just uh, pre-musical sounds out of the OPL and like the Mega Mini. Okay. And uh, so that's what I've been planning is getting those and getting, finding the knobs on, on the web to get some ordered in. And then did get a, another geek item. We got a CD duplicator. So that uh, I've got some of my products do come on CD, and okay. I have some other stuff that are probably going to be there. So it just speeds things up to have something to decide. So your current config of your computer is not messing with what you're developing. And uh, so that's kind of it for now. Okay, okay. And real quick, and I'm sorry to cut you short, but thank you. I wanted to mention something that Al Hartman said, and before it scrolls off the screen and evaporates from my short-term memory, I was pointing out where the TDP 100s could be picked up back when Terry was talking about it. Because I don't remember ever seeing them. I just remember hearing about them after I got back in the community. And where did he say it was? He said they were available at Kmart and Sears stores, which were some fairly big retailers at the time. Sears was huge. Sears is what launched Atari, if you want to think about it.
you know, the Magnavox and the Odysseys and the Ataris, they were able to be kind of like Radio Shack's dominance. You know, Sears was as big. So Sears was a was a launch pad for a lot of this new tech in the 80s. And so I, I'm assuming that was their motivation is like, hey, if they're selling this many Atari 400s at Sears, if they're, you know, an Atari 800 was like a $1,200 computer when it first came out. So they were probably thinking, these guys can sell a you know, $800, $1,200 computer at freaking Sears. Let's get our crap in there too and maybe we'll move some, you know? So, um, yeah, interesting. Sears RCA and Kmart. distributed it also. Uh, RCA did okay. too. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I don't I, remember I, the I, distribution. I actually had a couple of questions for John. Uh, for John Strong? Yeah, about the paddleboard. Uh, is that's just a prototype that you have the single the single uh, knob one, correct? Yeah, this is just my first prototypes that I'm building. They're very close. I've got a couple minor tweaks. Okay, I, I have plenty of the potentiometers in stock, and uh, these will probably be able to make these pretty soon. Oh, okay. So it's pretty soon. Do you have any kind of target price on that, and where can you get them if somebody is interested? If be put on a list or something like that uh again target price uh i'm thinking 20 or less you know i'm going to say 20 right now just to be sure that i keep you know enough in there to cover my time on it and okay. and nobody's going to hold you to that so this is your estimate yeah. of what you think it's going to yeah. cost the your mileage may vary on what the end product price is. But yeah, that's, so that's I've been looking at, you know, the product and stuff. I mean, you can actually, since this is a standard potentiometer, you can go and, you know, put whatever knob you want on it, you know. And, uh, you know, I've seen some nice-looking knobs, like 5 bucks a piece and some 10 bucks a piece, you know. Uh, this is really kind of nice and convenient because I have the, you know, little thumb notch in it and... I, I really like that, but I haven't really. Yeah, I, I think it looks awesome. And uh, so uh, I haven't decided on the color scheme. I'm actually thinking about maybe doing this knob in a, a two-color plastic, uh, but I haven't tried it with the new software yet. So still kind of development, but it's really very close. You know, it's only minor changes, and I could be shipping these. You know, somebody needed one right away. I could probably build some for them. Okay. Okay. Cool. Thank okay. you. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. All right. And I don't. And David Ladd, you're going to be next. And I don't want to. I'm not trying to rush people along. But we're going on 40 minutes. And and you know, with our acquisitions and updates. So does, after David Ladd, did anybody else have anything they wanted to share? Carlos Camacho does. Okay, you'll be next. Anyone after Carlos? I would just try to request brevity if at all possible um david ladd you have the floor sir you can put your hand down if you'd like and go ahead and share with us your project update and your enthusiasm no less all right well i am ready to go richard is going <laughs> to do a screen share for me since i cannot do it myself so <clears throat> um this is something that i've been working on for well i started working on last year but due to personal issues i never got around to continuing on it but the, the frying pan is what you were working on no actually this is part 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 of the the whole no. whole stuff um, for sale later yeah um so last year i thought about an rtc before the whole rtc crap blew up but um now when you say crap that is your opinion Yes. Okay. Yes. It's, it's, clear. It's, it's, it's my my okay. opinion, but you know, it's it really technically it's not crap. It's just you know, <laughs> it's just you know, 
I'm going I, off on a tangent. But I'm, I'm, um, I'm sorry. I'm being a bit sophomoric. I will let you continue. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So, um, but after talking with Richard, I decided, well, maybe it would be a good idea to do a surface mount. Well, my hand shaked, so therefore I was like, well, I can't solder surface mount. Well, I decided to get a crazy idea this last week. Well, I'll try a frying pan for a reflow oven. <laughs> <laughs> now, is this a nonstick? And is there a certain, uh, do we need like uh, some type of spray, like PAM or, or uh, canola oil, anything like that? Yeah, no, this is... This He's is a tea fall, tea fall yeah. frying pan, and it's yeah, actually for I, eggs. Yeah, I can actually jump in on this. I mean, usually when you do prototyping uh, or just like a one or two part surface mount, uh, people use what they call a hot plate or even a, a pan like this. Uh, this is actually a very inexpensive way of doing it, you know, especially just a prototype. Uh, if you go into small production, some people use a uh, controlled hot plate. It's a it's a surface that is temperature controlled. Uh, uh, this one you can't really control it that well, but it's it's a good way of, of doing one or two pieces. Okay, cool. So that's how you melt the solder, I take it. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and trust me, once I was sitting there watching it uh, because I don't even have the solder paste, so I pretend the the pads where the chip went, and it took me like just a little over five minutes just to get the stupid chip to sit on the pads with the solder because of my hand shaking. And then once I got it, I put a little um, uh, flux on it and then turned on the burner and I just sat there and waited for it to melt. And as soon as it melted, I pulled the pan off and I had a fan ready. And then and it blew across and cooled it. And then I soldered the rest of it up and tested it and i found a bug in nitrous nine imagine that um <laughs> hey, hey hey wait a second now this is your opinion you're stating no actually no, this is a bug because this is a fact, is a, bug, <laughs> this oh. is a, fact. <laughs> a flat fact a flat fact okay imagine but so, ima imagine that was your own uh snide uh, uh addition to the statement <laughs> yeah, I'm it's, screwing it's with you, just David. offhand right. slap. Yeah. Offhand I love slap. Nitrous 9, I know. I but, know you, you know, sometimes I like slapping things yeah. around. I, I, um, would, I would also like really quickly like to confess that when um, when I was in kindergarten, I ate solder paste. Okay, so <laughs> as you were. explains a lot. That explains a lot, yeah. <laughs> wow. Totally. Yeah, back but, then it still had lead in it. <laughs> well, actually, all of my stuff still has lead in it, so... Um, that's the good stuff. But, That's the good but stuff. after I, I, I finished assembling this, and um, I tried testing it with Nitrous 9 with the, the smartwatch uh, module, and of course, Nitrous 9 blew up. So I actually had to go back to the old smartwatch utilities that you ran separately using the software clock. And of course, those are not Y2K compliant. But I was able to verify that my design worked. So I was like, oh, I was so ecstatic. And Richard can attest to this. I was like ecstatic. I know. So, so yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're looking at a real-time clock chip that you have prototyped right now in a frying pan of all things. 
Yes. Um, and where does it go? How do I? How would I make this work in my Coco if I was that lonely? Okay, the original <laughs> smartwatch chips that the Cocos used back in the '80s and the mm -hmm. the night the early '90s, when people wanted what? a real time clock, is that oh, the smartwatch module went into your 28-pin socket on your floppy controller, and then your ROM would then go on top of the smartwatch. The, the, the floppy it, ROM. Yeah. Right. So it was a pass-through. Like yeah. uh, okay. Yes. And did it have to be on the floppy? Is that because how the ROM stack, like basic, extended, and disk, it has to be at the top of the stack? Is that like you couldn't put well, it underneath the basic ROM if you wanted to, or did it matter the order? Well, I, the, the ROMs on the Coco 3, for example, are soldered in, so it's much easier to do on the disk controller. Oh, so this was more of a convenience logistically than a necessity on as far as a pecking order yes. where how you layer and stack things in the Coco. Also, yes. that clock is accessed in the memory region of where that ROM is located. So if your drivers are written for one spot, then if you want to move it somewhere else, you have to have modifications to the driver. Okay, okay. But David, I, I have a question, David. Yes. Uh, Working with circuits like this, don't you have to worry about things being static? Well, the thing is, is that um, the stove I was working on is all metal, and it was grounded. And, of course, the, the pan is aluminum, which is, hmm, again, metal. So, therefore, um, and I, of course, when I was moving between my workbench and the stove, well... I was holding the pan by the metal. I touched the stove first to equalize the static, and then I put it on the burner. So I didn't have to worry about it. Yeah, but uh, you, said, you said you were ecstatic. He was ecstatic, yes. Oh, yeah. So, so, uh, so Terry Steen, creator of Balloon Fire, also known as Couch Killer, says, uh, so glad we're getting real-time clocks. At last I can sync my 200 Coco system with NORAD to play Puyan. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. so this this is a design in progress. So there, there are, will the design change? Will the design be ultimately produced and provided to the community? Um, well, right now um, I'm taking some um, feedback from Richard. Um, I'm also working on a design for the 2424 pen sockets, and I'm working on a. Um, I I asked Jim if I could borrow his design for his 2364 design, and I'm just going to um, take the RTC and put it in there, so there will be a 24 to 28 pin adapter with the RTC built into it. That will be nice. Okay, that went completely oh. over my head. Can you dumb that down for me? There, so you, I'm you sorry. One size that fits all the, like those different sizes of sockets, and basically you just get one, and you can plug it into 24 or a 28. Is that what I'm understanding? No, yeah. the there there will be a, one version for the 24 pin that you want to keep the original 24 pin ROM. Then there will be a, another version that's a 24 to 28. So that way, let's say that you want to go from the original disc controllers that had a 24 pin socket. And while you can't use the new, like, EPROMs that are 28-pin in that 24-pin, and hence there's an adapter that you can get that goes from 24-pin to 28-pin. Well, in that point, well, the smartwatch is a 28-pin, so you'd have a 24 to 28. Then you put the smartwatch on it, so that's a whole other stack of 
sockets, and then you'd have your ROM, which now goes way outside your cartridge. So if you build the, the, the clock right into a 24 to 28 pin adapter, well, now you can upgrade that floppy controller from, let's say, the original candy 24 pin ROM to something now you can uh, put a writable ROM into and then stick it in and up with, you know, a patch disk basic or something else. So and this then goes into a, a disk controller? Uh, disk controller, game pack, um, could it anything go that your, has a ROM side. RS232 pack. Could it go on your ROM inside your computer? Uh, that was just talked about. Uh, the drivers. It's hard to follow you, you there, David. I'm losing you, and that's fine. But, yeah, we're not all on your wavelength. Yeah. Um, the question was asked. I don't remember who asked that. But, um, yes, you could put it in in place of your motherboard's ROMs. Problem is, they're not socketed on most of the Cocos. So you would have to socket your motherboard okay. ROM. So, so it could be done, but logistically it might not be practical if the so if it's not a socketed ROM chip. Yeah, you right. have to do the same thing you have to do with the 6390. You have to, like, detangle. Yeah, understood. All right. Okay, so let's 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 move let's let's wrap this up. Do you got more to say on that, David? Um, so basically, there will be three versions of the RTC in the endpoint. Okay. So that's uh, okay. Pretty so, much so it. what are you going to call this? Is it an Australian name? Are we picking a new country now that symbolizes time? Um, um, we call it the well, the Chronos adapter, I, or I don't know because technically this is something that I've been working with. Um, input from Richard and I was going to just push this through Richard. So um, I leave end product product uh, naming to the person that's going to be selling it. So okay. pushing it through Richard sounds painful. I, ha I have a I have a suggestion. Can we call it the timeroo? <laughs> Oh. 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 Clockaroo. code for naming, Steve. It might be a dumpster <laughs> clock. <laughs> dumpster well, clock. The dumpster <laughs> clock. <laughs> I can't no, believe I'm, it's I'm not gonna, a real time clock. Some some really neat features to it. It's going to also um, keep track of star dates. You know, for you Trekkie fans out there. Okay. Excellent. Is it going to tell you when Coco Talk's supposed to be on? <laughs> yes. <it's> <laughs> and we'll and we'll and notify you. Good good notify you with the speed sound yet. pack, yeah. That's good the, luck on that the one. magic spoke. That's when Coco Talk starts. That's more of a warning, though, right? All right, Grant, were you saying something? I'm sorry, a lot of chatter here. Yeah, do we have a price point yet? No, not yet. No, this is a. a, a <laughs> Terry, Terry says pushing it through Richard will hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Lord! Uh, I don't think Richard is socketed yet. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't take well to having soldering irons subjected to my skin. Yes, 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 yes. All right, listen. I, we we have a lot of show in store, so I'm not saying we're going to end the show, but I'm saying we should probably take a break. It's going on close to an hour. We got lots to talk about, and let's just take a break. I'm going to go ahead and run two did commercial Carlos spots. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, Com Carlos. Did I get you? I apologize. I'm so ready to move on. <laughs> Not your fault. Uh, so. <laughs> I, I, I'm done. Oh, 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 let my thing go. Right. So, um, my I have got two announcements. The first is um, I'm going to get into hardware manufacturing, and I'm, I'm excited to announce. Uh, I'm going to show it to you. It's my new. Um, 
Woomerang card. It's a five twelve K for the Coco three. Woomerang at seven dollars uh, to undercut all the competitors. Woomerang. <laughs> but is it made out of construction paper? <laughs> well, it's it's that flat, right? Yeah. So it's, uh, no, it does run cool. So uh, as you know, uh, I love collecting uh, color computer books and all kinds of 6809 books. I'm uh, always adding to my collection. And the other day, I stumbled upon the most rarest color computer book um, that's ever been out there. Uh, so I plunked uh, $800 down on it. What the hell? Why not? Um, so it's uh, in terrible shape. Um, so I'm in the process of scanning it and uh, cleaning up the pages. And once I'm done, I'm going to be uh, posting that on to the archive. I'm really excited. Uh, I think people are going to go, hopefully, uh, uh, bonkers over it. And we'll, we'll see. Um, but basically, it's called, uh, what, what the heck was it called? Uh, yeah, Cocoville, uh, Half Turn of the Screw. So um, pretty cool book. And that's my announcement. All right. Very cool. So Carlos has an announcement. Carlos is coming out with the Womb. Is that W-O-M-B, Womb, Orang? The a woomer ring. Okay, so there you go. That was me uh, trying to be funny, and this is what happens when a middle-aged computer nerd tries to crack a joke. Sometimes they get sophomoric, and feathers are ruffled, and feelings are hurt, and posts will go out on the mailing list. So um, <laughs> there we go. Uh, the woomerang has happened um, with W O O M woomerang, and uh, excellent. So Eric Canales, did you have any product updates, project updates, acquisitions, show and tell? Well, no, I can't. I can't say I do. Uh, you guys have already uh, beat me to the market with my Zoomerang. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you can sell it for five dollars, there's there's. Well, uh, listen, there's an un, there's an unmet need somewhere. All these people working in their shops might need a broomerang. Maybe somebody can make one of those to help them clean up after these projects. So. Uh, okay. I don't know about Zoom ring. Shouldn't it be a Z Zeta ring or Zeta ring? Yes. All right. Well, I'm going to run a couple commercials for those of you who have been holding on to it for a while. You can uh, let it go, as the song says. So I'm going to run two commercial breaks. I'll give us about three minutes, and we'll be back. And we got lots to talk about. Fedor Stamen, you are on deck. We're going to play. This is your life. Who are you? Where have you been? What are you up to? And then we're going to hear all about this exciting RMS reveal after about two to three minutes. Thank you. More Coco Talk after these words. Hello, I'm David Ladd. Thank you for watching Coco Talk, the world's leading live Coco Talk show. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's me. It's Original Gamer Stevie Stroh. You know, gameplay. To get your copy of a Gameplay Goodness gameplay. Color Computer Gaming DVD today, gameplay. head on over to 8bit256.com. There you will find several DVDs featuring Color Computer Gameplay videos by the original gamer Stevie Stroh. So to get your very own copy of a Gameplay Goodness Color Computer Gaming DVD, head on over to the Retro Swag Shop at 8bit256.com and tell them the original gamer Stevie Stroh sent you. It's a Radio Shack Merry Christmas. This year, I needed to give a real family pleaser. Honey, please help me with this budget. How about a new game, Dad? Please. And I found it. Radio Shack's Color Computer 2. On sale for just $99.95. It entertains, educates, 
manages, it's expandable and affordable. Now that really pleases me. The Color Computer 2, sale price for Christmas, only at Radio Shack. Hey, have you got your Coco 3 yet? Hi, this is Rick Adams, author of Temple of Rom and Shanghai, and you've tuned into Coco Talk, the nation's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. What's going on, everybody? Original Gamer Stevie Stroh here, and if you're a fan of vintage computing and retro gaming, then you're going to love our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. There you will find custom designs by Instagram artist Joel M. Adams. You can get Ama Coconut, Coco Talk, and other cool video game images on a t-shirt, coffee mug, or mouse pack. So if you love retro, then head on over to the retro swag shop at 8bit256.com today. Tell them the Original Gamer Stevie Stroh sent you. Radio Shack TRS-80 put the world of color computing into your home. Instant loading program packs turn any color TV into an exciting game arcade. And there's more. The color computer is an educational aid, a home management tool, and up-to-the-minute electronic information service. The programmable, expandable TRS-80 color computer from $399 only at Radio Shack, the biggest name in little computers. We now return you to Coco Talk. You can get the 4K color computer for $399 or the 64K Coco 2 for $159. Oh, these, these were presented out of their timeline order the there. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> Unless it's called the Coke, you know, I'm being silly. Oh, so Terry Steen, do you remember in the auction they had that big giant clear screen that was for the custom super graphical Mac system and it was big and heavy. They couldn't give it away. It was on the free tab. I guess Terry Steen got it. He says he got that G4 display and his wife has decided that she doesn't want it after all and I've been already gotten started on the Cocoa Pie conversion as you suggested. So that's kind of cool. He's going to hook up a Cocoa Pie inside that clear screen, do a repack or something. I'm not sure exactly what he's going to do. Um, cool stuff. Well, we are back. We've got, we have 20 people on the panel. I don't even know how many people are viewing us live between YouTube, Facebook, and the multiverse, but I want to thank everybody who's here, both in the panel and those who show up every week to share this experience with us, this insanity. Uh, the fact that we get, can manage to continue to get together and still have something to talk about blows my mind. Um, and we're, we have a main topic now. We've got a special guest, Fedor uh, has been with us once or twice in the past. He's, a, he's an active member of the community. He happens to be a foreigner. How do you spell color, Fedor, by the way? Oh, in English, I use the British spelling, so that would be with O-U. Okay, so you spell it color. The proper yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, English is my native language. So, uh, all right, excellent. So, Fedor, what I would like, if you don't mind, if we can play kind of This Is Your Life here for, for just a few. Um, why don't you tell us kind of like what was your, you know, how did you, what did you do back in the day when 8-bit was new? What were you doing? And then fast forward to what you're doing now with the hobby. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's, been, it's been quite a ride, actually, because... Um, I, I really remember that uh, my parents were, weren't that very rich and they didn't really understand all this computer nonsense. So I couldn't even get a small one of those small LCD uh, 
games either. They just thought I was nonsense, you know. They didn't want to invest anything into it. So I, I was very lucky that uh, one of, one day my sister showed up with a uh, with a Coco One battle, you know, battle gray. Uh, you know, one of those big ones with the chiclet keyboards, and um, then from then on, I had a computer, and that's when my Coco adventure started. So, uh, and it, it has it had only 4K of RAM. So, uh, and by that time, I got the computer. It was already a bit outdated because I went to the, the nearest Tandy store. You know, we had we didn't have Radio Shack um, where I grew up. Um, Actually, I didn't even mention where I grew up. I grew up in the Netherlands. Actually, you know, you probably know more as Holland. So okay. um, that's where I so I'm Dutch. So there may be some things I need to clarify. Uh, <laughs> yeah, about the, the, the drugs thing. You know, Denmark, that's some other country up north. You know, we, okay. we don't have much to do with those guys. Okay. But I, I moved to Denmark like um, 20 years ago. To live with my wife, and uh, but uh, but I grew up in the Netherlands or in Holland. Okay. Uh, so uh, so anyway, in Holland we had these um, these um, tandy stores. So I went to the nearest tandy store because I wanted to play some games, you know, right away. And uh, I told them, you know, they asked me what kind of system you've got. And, oh, it's got 4K RAM, and they said, no, that's gonna be right. You know, we, that doesn't exist. A 4K color computer. We have got 16K. So um, I thought, no, it was 4K, I was sure of it. So, so then I, I bought a game, and it was my first game was Pengon. I think you tried it on, on the show for many yeah. years ago. and Yeah, and of course it didn't work, because I had 4K RAM. Ah, okay. <laughs> went back to the store and said, you know, this, this, something's wrong. So, and then he referred, and I have to tell you, Stevie, because you've got a channel called I'm a Coconut. Yes. Yeah, because the, the Stanley store guy, he referred me to the local uh, Dutch... A color computer club or the club for the uh, for the color computer and dragon mm-hmm. and the channel is called i am a coconut right but that's actually plagiarism because you know they were first this is this mm. is the official uh you know you stole oh it. okay so i stole it i stole yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. okay hold on first, i'm slap i'm slapping myself on the wrist <laughs> okay so, so uh, anyway, it's called the Coconut Club. So they helped me with an upgrade. And from then on, I just, um, yeah, I was just having fun with my Coco. So there was and, a Coco, your first 8-bit machine? Yep, it was, yeah. What did you upgrade to? Uh, 64 with extended color basic, yeah. But I was, I was, I think it was like 11 or so. It wasn't very, uh, 11 years old. So, but I quickly discovered that the, you know, Coco was, I, I really loved to, you know, working with the computer, but I didn't have too much, the graphics wasn't uh, really great compared to, you know, Commodore. And I, you know, I got picked on by kids in my school because I was the Tandy <laughs> boy. They played me up outside after school and they were, you know, hey, Tandy boy. Tandy boy, <laughs> wow. Tandy boy. <laughs> Wow. They had a Commodore 64. So, okay, well. Yeah. Did you have a unit yeah. everything? Yeah, but the Cocos graphics weren't that very interesting, especially because, well, I discovered when I looked into the Rainbow magazines, I just couldn't understand, you know, the color schemes in some of the screenshots because they had black and white and blue and red. And I was like, what is that? That's amazing. <laughs> you know, because, because we had the PAL signal, you know, 
we just had these garish colors. So. Uh, oh, you didn't get the composite, uh, the composite artifacting. Yeah, the composite artifacting. There was yeah. So, uh, but uh, a few years later, I discovered, you know, the Coco 3 came out, and then I uh, just started saving for. Um, I, I took a paper route and started saving up money for color computer three. Uh, you know, ordered from the U.S. I didn't realize I wasn't. You know, I was still very young, so. I didn't realize you have to get a special monitor because of the signal and you have to get an adapter for the currents. You know, if I if I knew better, I would, would have ordered one in Australia or something. Ah, I, yeah. I even had family in Australia back then, so they could have easily just you know, bought one for me and send it to me. It would have been much easier. Mm. You know, I didn't have internet back day, so uh, yeah. So anyway, I had a lot of fun with my Coco. Actually, I got a little picture from back in the day. <laughs> this is me. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you got you to turn on your screen sharing. We don't see you yet. Sorry. Yeah, I'm going to share my screen for a moment there. Can you see that? I remember you posting this, or you were yeah, commenting how the girls looked like they were completely bored, and yeah. you were you were totally into it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So, and this yeah. is some kind of, I don't know, what, it looks like an IBM, actually. It looks like an XT or an XT clone, but it's based on the yeah. chassis looking there, yeah. Yeah, and I, th I look like, I think this was before I got a Coco. And I was just, you almost had a fro going on there, bro. Almost looks like a young Nick Mayer. Yeah, Mayer well, Rankies. I had hair, but uh, kind of lost those curls, you know. It's, <laughs> I don't know what happens. So, and uh, oh yeah, this is by the way, this is a recent picture. Hey, yeah, this is this is the computer I started out with. I still have one in a cupboard somewhere over here. But I went to the computer museum in, in the Netherlands. In, in uh, there's one in, uh, in the east of the Netherlands called Bonami. Your picture is flipped. Break, break keys on the wrong side. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah you're, that's, that's, the label's on the right. That's Europe. Oh, right. Oh, that's yeah. right. You're, it's, this, this is European. So everything's oh, backwards. I drive on the right. I drive on the left. <laughs> and there are bricks on the right. Yeah, my videos are for, of a camera. I, 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 you know, I, I messed with the camera settings. So now ah, okay. Okay. Well, no, that's, that, that's, that's the, this, this is the special yeah. one-of-a-kind left-handed Coco keyboard. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> reverse too or what no that's no. fine yeah, that's it? fine so your screen sharing is reversed somehow i don't know that's weird yeah that's all right that's yeah. interesting so anyway uh welcome you know 90s and you know coco was in decline and i started you know studying at university you know started uh, didn't study anything technical technological i started biology so yeah uh so and then i kind of went into the pc world for for like many many years and then I moved to Denmark to be with my wife. And then I started thinking, you know what? Started browsing on the internet. And then I discovered I was working at IBM at the time, you know, customer support. I, I was doing some night shifts. And uh, it was very quiet. And that the whole time in the world, and just started Googling. And I thought, oh, oh my God, there are people making emulators and, and doing stuff for the cocoa. And it's still all alive. So actually, 20 years ago, I already started, you know, you know, being interested in the cocoa. So. Uh, and uh, here I am now. <laughs> and you're here, and we're glad, and I'm glad we're glad that we have met you in this community, and we My appreciate wife. appreciate you having here. You are a member in good standing. I just uh, just renewed your membership recently. It came up, and there oh. was a vote, and uh, we said, yeah, we'll let you stay. Uh, uh, punched, oh. I punched your card, and and yeah. you you can stay for another year. So uh, good to know. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Deep I breath. <laughs> do we do we validate parking also? Yes, yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> our membership actually, Steve pays us. <laughs> so, so what are you going to show us today, Fedor? Well, I'm going to show 
uh, I've been doing some digging and uh, you know all about the there was this uh, very interesting chipset described in the uh, well I learned about it in the, the book you know the underdog book yes yes this book very great very good yeah. book really yes and uh, you know what? I uh, I read about it and I thought, you know, there's something, there's something not r quite right about this whole thing because Motorola developed this thing that you know the, the very advanced video chip was actually ahead of of Amiga. Well, it was developed at the same time as the prototypes for the Amiga. So I don't know if someone has been spying one way or the other, but and then it kind of fell on the floor. And I thought, well, that is, I think a lot of us feel that, you know, that would be, that's actually a bit of a shame, you know. So what happened to that thing? And, 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 and nobody, you know, everybody assumed that it was just dead. So I started Googling and Googling and Googling and tried some magic. And then I did some very interesting discoveries that are really, really, I've been, you know, burning up inside to show you guys for the past few weeks, actually. I've been, been knowing this. So I hope you're ready. We're ready. But uh, I like to torture people, so I pre created a little PowerPoint. Uh, Ooh, PowerPoints. That's a sign of a professional show when you've got PowerPoints, when slides yeah, and charts. Here. You know, chart, fasten you know, your seatbelts, everyone. Yeah, fasten your seatbelts. Do we have to sign an NDA before we see this? <laughs> Can you guys see this? or uh... Not yet. Okay. Yes, it's working. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Yes. No, no, I need to move these uh, guy. raster memory systems. So this is where RMS comes from. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, what I, yeah. And the Microbox 3. Okay. Well, are you ready? Well, okay. So as I told you, you know, there was this, uh, this graphics chips to, designed by uh, Motorola with all these cool capa capabilities. You know, it's, yeah. it, was, it was meant for a successor to the Color Computer 2 that we now know that would be the Coco 3. And uh, it was because you know, of these two chips, the MC68486, or the raster memory interface, and the 68487, called the raster memory controller. And I, as far I'm not very technical, I'm not much of you know, a hardware uh, uh, buff, but I'm kind of get a superficial understanding of the hardware of the Coco and all of these things. So it's kind of uh, the the inter most interesting chip is actually the 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 second one the 684087 that generates all the, the graphics and the 486 that generates the addresses the the the, uh, the video memory addresses so uh, and uh, from the book it already describes it could display 64 out of 4096 colors very much like the amiga and it was actually supposed to be compatible with this with the coco cpu and it could even emulate the Coco's graphics and, and uh, memory management, or uh, uh, the SAM and the VDG chips in any case. But mm. unfortunately, this, 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 this very, very interesting piece of hardware was dismissed by Tendi. And there are several you know, opinions or memories on that. Uh, one guy, uh, Mr. Mark Siegel, he said, oh, yeah, it was incompatible with the way uh, memory was managed by OS9. Now people, if you've read the book, you 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 get more details about this kind of a run-up. Uh, and a circle Chatham, he said it was too expensive. Tenny thought it was too expensive to you know to put in the cocoa. 
And there are also rumors I keep on hearing, I don't know if they're true, but that they didn't want the Coco to become too competitive with their other lines, especially the, the 10D PC Junior that would later become the 10,000. But yeah. you should, you, you have to stop me or correct me if, if anything, this is completely uh, bogus, but this, this is kind of what my understanding is of the whole situation. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So then someone, I don't know exactly when this happened, but the, 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 they, they actually found out that someone found out there was a raster memory system manual the, uh, written back in the day. Was it Carlos that dug that up or um, who, who found that? And when was that discovered? Was it, wasn't that Carlos Camachos? I wouldn't or, say I discovered it, but uh, yeah, I found it somewhere. Yeah. And I posted it to Internet Archive. Okay. Phoenix, Arizona. And that is, yeah. And that is, and that is that 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 oh, it's called the the restore memory system, not the management system. But you know, but that actually has these these you know you know very very interesting features like sixty four six forty by five hundred, huh? Yeah, and sixty four by five hundred. You know, when you about the the, the 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 resolution of the VDG, you can easily imagine what can be how it can be. It's those those graphics modes. You you broke and, up you on know, hey hold on Fedor Fedor real Fedor can you hear me Yeah Okay you it's, broke up just a little bit we got we had a little bandwidth break up on the air there yeah. so I think we caught the tail end of the resolution you want to just repeat the last part of your resolution statement Yeah well uh, uh, yeah I can easily imagine how you calculate the uh, the Coco EG modes you know with these these kinds of resolutions. Uh, so it could in any case uh, emulate those two chips that we know from the Coco, and it was supposed to be directly compatible with the, with the uh, 6809 and the 68000 for which it was actually originally developed. And it had all these, uh, it, it could hold uh, characters in ROM, you know, custom characters you could change, uh, sex and text modes. All other interesting text features, and uh, I don't know if these are like sprites, but you there's something called user definable characters. So that's to me sounds like sprites in any case. And uh, collision, you know, game, gaming, gaming oriented attributes like collision, detect, color offset, all of that. And also, you got a large virtual screen with smooth scrolling. So, very, very interesting. In, indeed, and there's even a brochure made, uh, which, which which describes all these neat features. And it is a bit of a shame because it sound, really sounds like this could have made the Coco into a very very early Amiga if this you know had gone through. If there weren't these problems with the with the memory management or with the price or you know, mm -hmm. yeah. If things have gone otherwise, if you know, we could make an alternate history. Uh, maybe I'll make an alternate history video about that uh, myself. That'd be interesting. Bruce yeah. uh, Bruce Moore had a series like similar to that. So yeah. Yeah, you mean Coco yeah. Forever? Yeah, I loved that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, I listened to all of these. But um, yeah. So, so what happened to the RMS? And now it starts to get really interesting because I, you know, I found some discussions like five years old, older even, but 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 but. Kind of mysterious and then i started discovering that it actually has been mentioned a couple of places uh not only in 1984 which would make sense you know if they created a chip and they started marketing it but they you know didn't put it out into production yet you know just trying to 
check the field to see if there's any interesting customers. But I keep on finding references to it as late as 1985, 1986 even. Um, like for instance, in the left, it says, um, this is from the um, uh, Radio Electronics from October 1984. And they, they very clearly state that, it, that the raster memory system uh, is is with all the specs that that it's supposed to have is out there and it's 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 being sold for about twenty dollars. Wow! So that is a very very clear confirmation that that something has been going on with that. That it's not just disappeared. You know, Motorola mm -hmm. just didn't drop the whole project out of spite because they didn't want to have it. And even as as late as as nineteen eighty six, I uh, found some very uh, you know. I found some German textbooks on, on informatics and you know, electronics, uh, engineering, the Zukunft der Informationssysteme. As late as September 1986, they're still talking about the arrestor memory system. Wow. It has been known at least to a very small group, you know, academics, engineers, you know. Okay. Yeah. Not, not the big public, but but it's it's being mentioned again and again every year. So I started digging even more and started modulating my search terms and trying different, you know, combinations. And then just keep on finding more and 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 more. It just all it's more and more confirmation that people, you know, this this actually has has existed. Wow. Journals and conferences, you know, articles in journals that mention it. There are textbooks mentioning it. 1986, 1987, 1992, as late as 1992, they're still talking about the RMS. Uh, I haven't gotten hold of all of these, um, all of these documents yet, but but I'm working on that. It's kind of, it's it's a bit, you know, a lot of these are a lot a bit obscure and, and hidden away in, in, in libraries all around the world. By the way, if anyone can help me uh, digging those out of the different libraries in US and Canada and in Europe, you know, that would be awesome. So, because they're not that easily available. Actually, I can even do, show you, I've got a list here. And this is all these tabs on my Chrome here. These are all, uh, this is very frustrating because you can you can find with Google, you can find, you know, actually they put a little, little screenshot of, of the document they scanned in. Oh. It because it's copyrighted. It's, it's, ah. So, uh, so the mention in, in this one, this is from the uh, this is from the uh, yeah the uh, the Institute of uh, from the IEEE. Wow. Uh, yay. Uh, the IEEE. Uh, yep. Yeah. Not, mm -hmm. not a small organization, I'd say. And this is the electrical design news. So you can see it. Then it's in the sixty-eight four eighty-six raster memory system. And this one, it's mentioned here. The the raster memory system. This is from nineteen eighty-five, and so on and so on. They keep on mentioning it. So. So if so many people mentioning it, it must exist. You know, someone must have used it. So I just, but I couldn't find any system that used it. And so I kept on searching and searching, and then I found it. I really found it. And it was called the Microbox Three by Microconcepts. I found it in a journal, uh, a British uh, journal, engineering, electronics journal. And they had us had an article about the, the the British rival for the Amiga, as they call it. And this was, uh, uh, um, I think, that was in 1985 or six. Let me just check. Now I'm getting a bit. Uh, 
I got a kind of the year wrong. I, I was I kind of I don't remember this this article was in 1985 or 1986, but there they they very very clearly describe that this is a microbox tree is a color of graphics computer designed around the 68000 and Motorola's raster memory chipset with with the, the the same resolution, the same colors, reusable sprites, virtual screen, you know, for 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 horizontal. Mm -hmm. Check all the specs. Check out, you know, they, they even call it the same thing. So, I, so I thought this must be it. And you can see a very grindy, very frustratingly grindy little picture over here, which 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 shows the board itself. So, and uh, this was uh, this was uh, many or this was produced by a or distributed actually by a small British company called the. Um, Called Micro Concepts, originally in uh, Cheltenham. They've moved to Cambridge now, and uh, and I just you know I took a hold of this little machine. I just kept searching on it. The annoying thing is that uh, there's a lot of things out on the internet called Microbox because it's a bit of a generic name. Okay. Very very hard to find more information, but I did track down the original uh, creator, um, the original developer, the man who. Who created the, the, the prototypes, and he, his name is David Rumbel, and uh, I wrote him a very you know very polite mail, and and he and he, uh, he, he uh, responded very politely back, and he's been giving me a lot of stuff, and he told me, first he told me yeah well we only made prototypes because what happened was that. They made this. They want to make a, a successor to the Microbox 2, and some of you may have already have heard of the Microbox 2. The Microbox 2 was a bit like the Coco 2. It was also a single board computer, like the 3, but was built around the 6809 uh, 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 CPU, like like the Coco, and it ran Flex and OS 9, and um, it had a, a NEC uh, 7228 graphics controller with some neat graphics features. But uh, and the Microbox 3 was supposed to be the successor to it, so they started developing it. Uh, Micro Concepts started marketing it. In, in, there are several ads I could find in the same magazine, in the same British magazine. And uh, and but uh, as as David told me, they 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 were only at the prototype stage because uh, what um, <clears throat> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what happened, but but I'll just just a little bit more about the system itself. Uh, uh, it, it ran Flex OS nine and something called Tripos that they developed themselves. It had the RMS chipset, and it was cancelled. And the reason that it was cancelled was that they were uh, developing these, these prototypes, and Motorola sent them uh, the 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 uh, prototypes for the RMS chipset. So they sent them prototypes chips of the 68486-6847, so they could, you know, start developing the system. And then when, when push came to shove, Motorola ditched the chipset. Wow. So, you know, make a U-turn, and then uh, and David, he wrote to me, then, then, they told, then they developed some a completely different system, because now they no longer could use the chipset. So they made something also around the 68000, but with a different uh, graphics chip. And they call it the Image 10, which, by the way, is also a very, very hard search term on Google because there's a lot of things called Image 10 on the internet. So, but David, first he told me that 
Unfortunately, he lost the prototype when he was moving. Okay. Move. And then I said, oh, well, yeah, it's a shame that you know, these things happen, but you know, at least we can, if you can you know, send as much documentation as you can about this whole system so we can learn about it, recreate it, you know, see what happened to this chipset what originally distant for the Coco. And then he wrote back, from, you know what, actually, you're lucky, I did find one. So are you ready to see it? Yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> I'm holding my breath. I'm out of slides. See, this is the last slide. <laughs> you tease you. <laughs> to be continued. Yes. No, I'm just kidding. There you go. This is a photograph of the Microbox 3, that same thing that was probably in that grainy picture. Yes. And I'm okay. zooming in. Look what I'm zooming in on. Okay, this it's is the 6846 chip. Okay, what yeah. was it? Was the forty six the 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 memory the gra the graphics memory or, the, or there was two of them? Yeah. One of them well, was the. Well, let me tell you, this on top of here, and yeah, I cannot uh, use a pointer here, but on the bottom you see the XC sixty eight four eighty six. So that's the rest. Okay. of the That's for the uh, uh, above that one. Um, there is this is actually you cannot see the markings, but this is the sixty eight four eighty seven. Okay. The problem was, and David wrote, they, he told me, it, you know, as far as he could remember, that it was a bit glitchy and it was a bit, you know, it, uh, they had to do some, some, uh, uh, yeah, how do you call that? They had to do some solutions to get some, it to ha some hackery. They had to hack it. They had, they had to, to hack it. it. Yes. Okay. On top of that. So that is why you cannot see the marking. But, you know, David confirmed this is actually the, the X, the, the 68487. Okay. So, these chips, they, they have been produced, they have been sent out to developers, and they, 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 they are exist. And at least two of them, or you know, at least one pair pair exists, and, and, and it's in, in David's uh, Rumble. So this board. is a recent photograph he just took, meaning yes. he still physically has possession of the prototype yes. board. Yes, he, he said, he, I still have it. Wow. So, and then what, now to the right there, what was the processor? 68,000? Was that the CPU yeah. for it? Yep, Baker sixty eight thousand. Sixty eight thousand. Okay. And this, um, and to the left you got some of the ROM. This is called the Tripos ROM. Low and high ROMs. Okay. Yeah. And let's pick up more here. And there's a See real time clock look? over there. There's a boomerang card on the top right. <laughs> <laughs> and this, I don't know exactly what this is. MC68681L. Yeah. I don't know what that is either, but it's a ceramic chip. Yeah. So just tell me where you would like Eight. me to zoom out. Just do it. What is this? Oh, yeah. There's another Motorola chip here. Crystal. Oh, there's an L semiconductor. MC68230P. Yeah, interesting chips here. Yes. Wow. What about probably an MU of some sort? Uh, what so that thing that says Dallas, is that the clock in there, the Dallas chip? Yep. One is a duart, the dual. Dual uart. Yeah, dual uart. Dueling uart. Um. Yep. It's a clock. I've got some more. I've got more. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. Now, how much would you pay? That's the bottom of the board. Wow! Look at all those traces, huh? So you know, someone wants to recreate the PCB, though, and you know. Try to get some off-the-shelf components. They might 
have a go at it. <laughs> wow, wow. Share these things, but they, there's a now, lot can you tell us the general area where this person resides? Is he in the United States or is he somewhere else? No, or? He's in the UK. He's in the UK. In the and UK. Uh, oh, that's right, because this is a UK. Um, oh, this is the manual. Yes, yes. Oh, I'm not even started, Stevie. I'm not even started. Don't get me started. You're oh, just, man. You just, you just saw the pictures of the prototype confirming that it's real. Now you, you know, not getting the, the, the gist here. This is the manual, and it's got everything, the specifications, the hardware configuration, how the system, you know, the, 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 the video, the memory maps and everything, and the program examples, you know, how to work the, the raster memory uh, chipset. Wow. Everything is here. So, and I've been holding on to this. I just barely couldn't contain myself because I really wanted to share it with you guys. Oh my God. I wanted to, you know, have a kind of a, 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 a very, you know, coming out moment with this stuff. So this is just, this is just candy. It's everything is here. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is. So this has gone, this has gone from a Bigfoot sighting to like DNA evidence that Bigfoot exists. I found the Bigfoot or the Microfoot or you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. Got so many things here. Oh, wait, there's more here. But yeah. wait, there's more. Yep. So you're, you're, uh, I said, I'm not a hardware guy. I'm a Google wizard at best. I'm actually an evolutionary biologist, but uh, that is my forte. But I am ready to upload this to the Color Computer Archive. or Absolutely. Community, so you're just going to have a field day with it and just try to figure this thing out, maybe make an emulator, make an FPGA. I just can't wait what you guys can come up with. That this is something else. Glancy, I really thought this was interesting. This is some programming examples showing how to use the RMS uh, in, in assembly. So uh, it's 68,000 assembly. So it's, it's all in here. And I've got more here. There's a spec sheet. Yeah. This is just more of a bullshit. Oh my God. There it this is. This is candy. 68487. Okay, so this is going to explain what all the chips are and what they do and how the, the logical yeah. flow. Yeah. Processor, this actually says 68010, by the way. So I've got, you know, David Rumble has been so kind to send me all this stuff. And I uh, just, I just, I was, I was beside myself. This is so, this is such a big thing. Yeah. Does it, Does it explain uh, what that gold chip was? Uh, yeah, let, let, let's, let's put it side by side here. Just a moment here. Uh, well, got the, the gold ship. This one down here? Yeah. That's the Duart. Duart, that's the dual UART for controlling serial ports. Yeah. Uh, here. 68681. One port. 68. It says ACA. Yeah. It says ACA here. Hmm. One port configurable as RS-232 or TTL serial keyboard input and serial yeah. printer output. One port RS-232. So there's two ports. So there's two serial ports that it controls. Yeah. Okay. Stereo sound synthesizer. So it had a sound chip. It had a sound chip. It had sprites. Oh. It had graphics, oh. hardware scrolling, and a sound chip. And a real-time clock with 8K of battery back. Range. But you, but yeah. but realize this is this is something that an entirely different company. <laughs> Yeah. Put together. This was this was nowhere within the scope or vision of what Tandy would have wanted to do. It's but they could the, have. They could have. They could have well, had access did, to. Well, why didn't Tandy do it? Uh, hold on, I might have a song for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, you guys can't hear it because he's sharing, but the audience heard it. So, um, bored and tested. So, here were some prices, huh? Yep. 650 uh, funny-looking L things there. <laughs> um, <laughs> pounds of what? You went under yeah okay and yeah, back uh, then probably was about a, a pound was what 220 or 230 back wow then. dual 3.5 inch floppies I've been a little more expensive than the cocoa yeah yeah <laughs> but this would have been like an amiga contender you know and put and if if produced and marketed well it could have been an amiga killer Absolutely. um, um i don't know i just go ahead Nick. put something in for around uh, fedor uh, it's uh, the operating system is Tripos. Yeah. Uh, Tripos is also the one that's used on, that was used on the Amiga. So if you look up Tripos, there's a wiki on the website. Uh -huh. It tells you about it, and it was used oh. on the Amiga as well. Whoa! Interesting. Well, there you go. You sure it's not? You sure it's not the Trip OS? Well, the the Amiga was a <laughs> was a Motorola machine, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Motorola processor, but did the Amiga did the Amiga use a Motorola graphics chip or did it have something else? No, it had their own. Nah. It? Had their own graphics chip. So I got I got a lot more. This is actually something about the the uh, Image Ten that came into place because okay. Motorola they ditched the the uh, the RMS. Okay. So, so they made this one instead, which had um, doesn't say exactly what chip it had, but it had. Um, this is the one that had the 6809 and the NEC video chip? Uh, hmm. It says 6810. 6810-8286-Graphics-Display-Card-or-something-Dual-RS-232-Centronics-which-would-be-parallel-interface-we-got-DRAM-we-got-static-RAM-we-got-Winchester-Disk-Controller-Wow-Transputer-Ports-okay-
Because yeah. this is a funny thing actually to mention because my, my background is in evolution, evolutionary biology and, and paleo, paleobiology, paleontology. Wow. Fossils. So this is actually a bit, you know, for me, it's like digging out the fossil. So some way, this is actually my, my expertise. Wow. <laughs> if we can get a, a working prototype, uh, uh, people could start making an emulator for those chips. Yeah, yeah exactly. Can wow. those chips be um, unraveled, so to, so to speak? I, I wouldn't know how. I guess so. Um, so I, I'm in contact with David, and it's been very kind. <laughs> Terry Steen says we should mate them and raise more chips. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'd like to remind everyone. Uh, that has something to do with our policy, doesn't it, on here? Yes, yes. Well, at the top of the show, we had a disclaimer that the opinions expressed by the people in the panel and those in the live chat are their own. But uh, that's just funny. I don't care what you say. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, God bless you, Terry Steen. Um, we'll have to put their, uh, the baby the chips on an, on an island somewhere. Yeah, because in order, in order for evolution to really be studied, if you they have to be isolated. Um, so the whole Galapagos. This is their older here. Microbox 2, it looks like? Yeah, the yeah exactly. Yeah, they got a lot of stuff also on the Microbox 2, some schematics and some of the source code for uh, for, uh, for for the Microbox 2. So, uh, you know, a lot of very, very neat assembly stuff here. You, you guys hey, guys, I out? just posted a link to the chat room that has um, a gazillion files for the Microbox 2 schematics, uh, disk, cool. you name it. Yeah, I've got some here also. Um, this is directly from Dave. He sent me. I haven't been able to uh, check this out, but uh, there's no. there's a lot of stuff also from the microbooks. Oh yeah, he tried to. Yes, yeah, as a fun project, he made a, a VHDL um, uh, version version of the microbox to himself, and that is what he sent me. So we've got a v, VHDL uh, source for the microbox two. So what does, that, what does that mean, VHDL? Uh, you know, uh, that's... Um, it's a language for FPGA. Yeah, for FPGA. Oh, okay, gotcha. You can make this into an FPGA if you want. You can, you, can, you can put the Microbox 2 into an FPGA. An interesting thing to ask him would be if he still um, has uh, information about the Motorola people that he worked with, like engineers' names. And so if we can get a hold of uh, engineers' names at Motorola, they could still be around. And so we could next go to bug them. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I've, I've been, you know, I've got some, some final thing here because I've been scouring the internet because I thought there has to be something about this, this, um, this, uh, uh, the, the, there must be some other of these prototypes hanging around because now, I have a different search term, which is the XC68486. And actually, I found one site, <laughs> one website, a Chinese website that mentioned these parts. It's a Chinese website. And it looks like it's like it, it's been dead for like six or um, 10 or 10, eight or 10 years. Uh, but they. Um, Trying to get a good. Uh, sorry. And for those who might be listening later on, not seeing this, we're watching Fedor attempt to use Chinese Google. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I downloaded it, so I, let me see here. Isn't there a tariff against that or something? 
Hey, I can read Chinese. The, you, the, problem, the, the problem with using Chinese Google is 15 minutes. You got to Google it all over again. So, uh, hello to the NSA. I like scouring the internet. Scouring the internet. Yes. The internet's pretty dirty, so you're gonna need you're gonna need some extra scouring pads. Yes. I don't know where I put that. That could be. That's an unmet need in the community. How about you work yeah. on the scour roo? So. <laughs> oh, I found it. I found it. Yeah. Yeah, the XC part of that, that's uh, Motorola's internal yeah. uh, numbering or, or uh, how they would assign prototype or first generation uh, chips. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So here you go. It's it's this is a this is a website, a Chinese website that um, sells uh, different electronic components, you know, related to wireless technology and other you know mm -hmm. technologies. And they actually mention these part numbers, but this okay. website this website is like eight or ten years old. It doesn't look like it's been maintained. It doesn't look like it's alive anymore. Okay. But it is uh, they do have an, a, a Canadian office, uh, and I tried. I sent them an email actually, but I didn't uh, get anything back here. This this is their um, yeah. This is the website. I, I, I saved the website just in case it you know they pulled it. I wrote an email to this woman called Sereni Sereni Uni at, at gmail.com. They even have a phone number that I didn't dare call myself, but somewhere in China, there's a warehouse full of RMS chips just sitting yeah. on the shelf. So now, one thing I did notice on that chip list you had there, they had the 68647, but they didn't have the 86 chip listed. So like they only had That's half. Right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Al Hartman okay. says, "You yeah, order part. You order parts from the Chinese website. One from column A, one from column B. Nothing yeah. like Chinese restaurant humor here. So uh, um, <laughs> probably, probably that website. And this is kind of common in China. They that what they do is they they yeah. go out and they get all these part numbers and yeah, and, and they get people that oh look yep. they got these uh, uh, rare chips and they order them. Basically, yep. they're relabeled. Exactly like so the TP ten forty. Yeah." So they it might be a red herring then. It might it might be a red herring. Yeah. 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 A heron? Herring. Yeah, he touched it. He touched the heron too. Yeah. So yeah. No, herring. Red herring. Yes. Yeah, so and, um, and, and uh, many Chinese people actually migrated to Canada back in the the nineties. Um, yep. And, and set up shop there. We know anyone who lives in Canada? That were uh, very good electronics and and programming side mm -hmm. at uh, at my old job. But yeah. Cross with that. I'm sorry, Carlos. Go ahead. Do we know anyone that's in Canada? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> if only. <laughs> if only. only we knew. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but I'm still I'm still working on this, but my, I haven't hope lost lost hope yet. Well, it'd be that's, really interesting uh, to see if he has if his power, his prototype that he still has if that can actually power up and if he can take it. Yeah. Video, that would be cool. Yeah. Right. And then uh, get a digital uh, uh, what do you call it? logic meter on it and start poking around on it or if we can at least see some blue smoke come out of it <laughs> yeah. no at this point i'm almost afraid that someone... no, or at least a logic analyzer um yeah that's what i meant yeah yeah 
Yeah, cool. That's very cool. Th Fedor, I can't thank you enough for not only sharing that with us, but holding on to it. Yeah. So you had a time where you could join us because, yeah, you and uh, Simon, you're both in the kind of the, the UK time zone. So you're about five hours ahead of us, right? So Yeah, yeah but it's yeah. okay. Yeah. But, but I might have to log off in a moment because I got a, my friend from Holland. He's on uh, visiting me and he wants to start driving, uh, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. But I want I I want to thank you and 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 um. So yeah, you I'm sure you know how to uh, reach the uh, Guillaume in the Color Computer Archive to send that stuff. If you want yeah, to send yeah, some yeah. stuff to us, you could share it with us on Google Drive or you could email it to Coco Talk at cocotalk.live or whatever oh, and post it on Facebook and in, in the file section. Yeah, this is really neat. Um, it is like you like you say, it's kind of like uh, archaeology and finding a rare fossil uh, from tech history and. And and it's a distant, it's it's a relative that we could have had, you know what I mean? It's almost like it's finding the missing link from uh, Neanderthal to Cro-Magnum yeah. or something like that. You know, it's just like yeah. uh, you, really interesting. You know, you know, Stevie. You know, I've got this YouTube channel that I, you know, not really do much with at the moment called Frenomythic. Yes. Alternate history videos, and I've actually been writing a scenario for you know, also inspired by Coco Forever. Yeah. Tandy actually did make the color computer into a very early Amiga, you know. Yeah. What could have happened? <laughs> Absolutely. What if, Tandy, what if Tandy beat Microsoft and Apple? That's what I'm going to call it. Yeah. Well, if you get it to boot, see if it runs uh, Conway's uh, game live. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see if it'll run Doom. DK <laughs> <laughs> Remix. Yeah, DK Remix. Yeah, DK Remix is the benchmark to make sure that it's a quality product. So, uh, excellent stuff. Very cool. Thank you, Fedor. But please hang out as long as you can. But if you have to go, know that you're always welcome back. With check, with check. yeah, that was yeah. excellent. And actually, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to make an executive decision. I'm going to grant you a club membership for an additional year in the Coco community. Yeah. So not only are you covered from 2019, <laughs> but you're pre-approved for 2020. Okay, including uh, the free parking. Uh, we will not validate your parking. <laughs> <so. Roadside laughs> <system>. Yes. <laughs> and, and we will not pay for mileage. <laughs> you get a special cheers. badge. Cheers, cheers, cheers. And I did want to mention something else because uh, Fedor brought up the uh, the coconut thing. And, and of course, uh, Stevie runs I'm a coconut. We did our newsletter for our local computer club was also called Coconut. Started oh, in April of 83. So we'll have to figure out which one came first. Yeah, and Nick Marenti's had a book too called Coconuts, right? Yeah. Oh, that was in the late 90s. So that's way too late. Stevie, did you ask permission to use the I'm a coconut? Uh, I did not. And, um, you know. Nick. We did a whole set of these things, which I have to scan and put in the archive yet, but uh, there's about 12 or 13 issues we did back in the day. Coconuts were found by um, Columbus in 1492. When he sailed the ocean blue? <laughs> Correct. But he right. forgot to file the copyright and the patent on it, so it doesn't yeah. matter. Oh, my God. That is amazing. I'm not sure how we're going to top that, but we will. Yeah. Um, with, 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 you know, with all the, the things about... Things you can smoke in, in the Netherlands or Holland. Oh yeah, so is is uh, Denmark, by the way, it's, oh, it's, really, yeah, it's Holland, where it's tolerated, but it's still illegal. So, oh, so it's tolerated, but it's not technically legal. It's very smart because you know if they break the rules, if you got hard drugs or hard crime involved in these places, you know they can just crack down right away. Okay. Yeah, it's toleration, illegal. sort of like what we do with Stevie here. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they don't have uh. 
Well, God bless you, Fedor Stamen, and we appreciate you. How about we take another commercial break? Do we need to take a long one or will a minute and a half break be good enough for everybody? And does anybody have a, a, a really need to, to relieve themselves? Or are we good with a minute and a half break? I'm good with a minute and a half. minute and a half. All right. So when we come back, uh, I'm going to start a segment. Not even a segment, but I'm going to have a little um, uh, uh, speech or talk or whatever on a section that, uh, that I'm going to call airing our dirty laundry and we're going to go ahead and talk about some things that um, uh, have happened on our own show here we're going to look in the mirror and um, and shine a light on and, and confess some of our own sins if you will on things that may or may not have happened on this show and uh, and some observations that people have shared with us via feedback some of it some of it constructive some of it almost defamatory but in any case uh, uh, some things have been brought up and I feel uh, responsible to uh, res- sense of responsibility to kind of share some of these things and talk about them in, in a civilized way and um, and just be completely transparent uh, about stuff so after this break we're gonna have a little section that I'm just making the working title is dirty laundry all right so after this folks we'll be right back uh let's see what do we want to run for a commercial here you know what i feel compelled to run a coco deer commercial so that's what we're going to run here always room for coco hi there this is mark overholzer and you're watching coco talk the world's leading weekly talk show where you can join in hey come watch us and see what's happening in the world of coco coco talk is brought to you in part by placebux dietary supplement placebux we think it works so will you What's going on, everybody? Stevie Stroh, and I want to say thank you for continuing to watch and listen to Coco Talk. We love doing this show. We think we've put together a pretty good show for you, but this show could be better with your help. So if you would like to send a feedback, a comment, a suggestion, a show topic, or maybe even your own little segment or bumper, then send it to us via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. This show would be nothing without you. Love to hear from you. Un ordinateur couleur qui a de la personnalité, le Coco 2 de Radio Sac. On solde pour Noël à partir de 149,95. Coco all right well uh real quick actually before we we get onto the whole uh, other thing i mentioned right before the break I, I was just reminded um that was actually we've got a new little uh, uh this is a professional show so the things on here are professionally produced so here's a a new little segment new little video uh on something that we like to call or we are now going to call uh coco Thoughts. So enjoy this, boys and girls. And now, Coco Thoughts by Samuel Gimes. If you're using your color computer in Quebec and it stops working, is it now a Coco won't do? <laughs> Oh, that is terrible. There you go. Uh, there you go. 
This is it a Coco won't do? Oh my oh, god, that's my funny. goodness. <laughs> I'd like to provide some feedback on that. <laughs> <laughs> Send all complaints to we don't care.com. <laughs> I invite you to go into the Discord channel, hashtag why you are wrong. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, this is the working title that I'm just going to call Dirty Laundry. I think there's a good song about this, too. Uh, and this is more kind of like a, another song, uh, Michael Jackson. Take a look at the man in the mirror, if you will. Shimon. Um, and uh, and so we're going to just talk about things that have happened in the course of the show in the past. It's been two years. It's been 110 episodes. As I mentioned in our new disclaimer uh, when we first start the introduction, this is a live and unscripted show. So anything can and will and usually does happen. And, um, you know, and every now and then things have happened that maybe uh, could be considered either questionable or uncertain uh, areas of boundaries or, or whatnot and what have you. So I'm going to open the floor here and just talk about a few things that I know for a fact have happened that I will completely agree with that we're let's just say crossing some lines of of a higher level of civility but um we you know we do we are this is an open forum and people have opinions and people will speak those opinions and and one of the precedents i want to make sure we set and be very clear and define and, and follow from this day forward is that if we're going to share an opinion let's just make sure we're civilized about it and I, and i we did have we had an issue one time I, we had an episode where we did talk about addressing drama and we kind of all agreed then and stuff like that so so in the past people have made comments about other people and other projects on this show and those comments weren't always the nicest comments right and so just to be fair and to name names i'm not going to refer to him as some old blowhard but the gentleman's name is steve bjork and he has mentioned a few things about a, uh, let's say another uh, a Coco celebrity and some of his products and some of his software and, and maybe musical capabilities. And it wasn't necessarily completely polite. While he expressed his opinion, it wasn't maybe the sweetest thing to say, but he was being honest. And to his credit, he did not, uh, he wasn't uh, ambiguous about his statements or his feelings. Now, um, that happened a while ago, and to be completely honest with and, and actually Simon was here too, and there was a couple times where Simon kind of got poo-pooed upon, and I wasn't completely happy about that either. But, um, you know, what's in the past is in the past, but you also have to acknowledge, what the hell you got there, Fedor? You're, 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 you're stepping on my toes right now. Um, what is that? Dirty laundry, sir. Dirty laundry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. We got the dirty laundry. So, 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 yeah. There, there has been some, some, some things that have happened, and I'm going to acknowledge. Yes, they happen. I'm also going to say that I was not comfortable with them, and I also didn't address or say it. So I kind of ignored things. Although I did kind of touch on the subject in a very high brush stroke. So yes, that has happened in the past and, and we want to acknowledge that, you know, and I'm not saying anybody has to say they're sorry. I'm not demanding apology. I'm just acknowledging that Steve, Steve and I have spoken about this. I don't know if you want to comment Steve on it any further on, on that one issue. I don't think there's much need. Okay. We, we talked about a great deal. Most of the people in Discord, uh, Discord knows what was going on behind the scenes too. 
Okay. So, so to be completely transparent and, and self-reflecting, sure, there, there have been people, and, and Steve's not the only, we've all probably dropped an opinion that maybe was a little too harsh. Um, because what's happening here is we are real people. We're adults, we're human beings, and we're having conversations. And in conversations, things are set. What we don't have the luxury of is we really don't have a safety net. We're live, right? We are, we're not scripting things. We're not recording segments and then editing them. So things are going to come out and sometimes they might not always come out the, the right way. Sometimes they might not come out. Uh, you know, if you had to do it over again, would I really have said that? But this is the reality of human behavior and human conversation. I would say with probably 97% accuracy, we have been completely civil um, in all of our discussions. And every now and then it happens. And, and to be honest, it will probably happen again because of all the aforementioned things. So um, I feel that our show has been completely um, non-biased in its representation of this community. Um, I don't think we've held back. Uh, I don't think we've intentionally omitted a vendor or a product. I think we've been very fair there. I think when it comes to how we've reported on issues, there has not been a slant or a bias or an angle or an agenda. Uh, if we have something to say, we're saying it and we're not saying it to raise one thing or lower another. I think we've been completely balanced there. My opinion, and of course, that's a little bias, but you correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, some things have happened. Now let's talk about another thing that was just re that was just mentioned recently, and then I'll let you guys um, go on. But um, you know, there's uh, there's there's some things going on right now which we're going to address in a subsequent segment on the show after news. Um, but there were some accusations made about the show uh, about the show being kind of um, I don't even remember what the words were, but basically raunchy. Let's just say we're being accused of having a raunchy show having a show that featured women's beasts and um, having, uh, which was a typographical error for women's breasts. And then, you know, just having a bunch of guys who are just, uh, you know, rude and disrespectful to women and, and generally offensive. And, and if somebody, and, and so that was one person's point of view that was presented in, let's just say, a less than civilized manner and was not completely, it was really taking things out of perspective in a way to kind of defame and discredit the show, or at least, share their opinion of the show. And listen, we're all entitled to our opinion. Now, and for a while, I was thinking, what the hell is this guy talking about? When have we ever showed women's beasts on the show? And then it dawned on me that we did. And it was, uh, and so now it's time to throw Simon under the bus. No, but this was my, I chose to, to show the uncensored version of Simon's demo. And, and in that demo, um, there is a scene, albeit a brief one, maybe three seconds, where there is a nude model. This is a, a person who, it wasn't like somebody's picture was taken against their will or without their knowing, but it was an old picture from the 80s of, of a nude, topless female model. Um, and, and, and this is where it's not a question of what's right or wrong, it's what's your perspective on this. Some people could view this as, well, this is kind of inappropriate to have on a show. This is a public show, whatever, family show. Uh, some people could say, you know, it's not that bad. This could be considered art. I'm not here to say if it's right or wrong. I'm here to say that people will have different ways of seeing that. What I, I'm not going to apologize for doing it because I said I, at the time I didn't think it's wrong. I still don't think it's um, wrong um, that we did it, but I can see how not everybody would agree that would have been the best thing to say. Now, on top of that, 
there were comments made, right? So during the time that the, the picture was scrolling up and down, people were putting in comments, rude and vulgar and offensive words like boobies. And so the word boobies was mentioned once and twice and boobies and more boobies. And so, yeah, we're a bunch of immature, perverted, geeky old guys. And we saw digital pictures of a, of a nude woman and we said the B word. We said boobies. Now, uh, it was pointed out in feedback and pointed out what I consider to be highly civilized and constructively where somebody sent me an email saying, you know, um, you know, women have been kind of objectified and things like that and, and are still kind of treated unequal. And so he, 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 he gave a valid point that, yes, you know, this could be considered disrespectful or, or shameful to women. Uh, and I respect the fact that he expressed that opinion with me. And thank you. Um, I'm, I'm going to say that, yeah, was that the nicest thing to say? No, but I, I don't consider that raunchy. I consider it to be maybe a little edgy and sophomoric. But, yeah, uh, I'm not going to try to defend that. And then the, the next thing that happened, now Simon Jonason was talking at length on how his um, – Taurus rotation rotated and it was a very long technical discussion and he mentioned hey I'm gonna flip some nibbles and me being the uh, wisecracking guy I am uh, trying to in inject some comic relief I said oh is that what that picture of that woman was too with some flipping nibbles right because this is geeky computer humor here so yeah we, we dropped off the flipping nibbles a couple times again uh, I want to address it acknowledge it was it immature? Absolutely, and intentionally. But was it raunchy and disrespectful towards women? Not intentionally, and I'm just going to say from my perspective, I don't think it was disrespectful, but I respect people who bringing it to my attention, and we will definitely make a better and more conscious effort to minimize things like that in the future. Um, so what I'm doing here is basically saying, hey, we haven't been perfect. Yes, we have screwed up. Um, but we are a bunch of good people. I think we've got a great show. I think we've been a tremendous asset and service to this community. And I'm just going to be a lot more proactive and conscientious that when we do mention things, we're going to be fair and balanced. We're not going to be omissive or anything else. And if, if we're omissive, it's because, hey, I forgot to mention, oh, yeah, somebody else makes that board. We're talking about Bob's board, but you know what? Fred made that board, too. We might forget that Fred made a board, but that doesn't mean we are intentionally... Uh, trying to stonewall people or blacklist information. So I've said my piece. I've aired my stuff. Does anybody want to chime in on any of this? We've got a lot of people here. Feel free to express your opinions. Uh, Nick, Mar uh, Nick Marotta is raising his hand. Go ahead, Nick. I have to say, yeah, that really did speak to me. The um, At first I was like, oh, it's not a big big deal. It's, it's just a silly word. That are, but um, And between that and another, another incident that uh, I got some positive uh advice from Steve Bjork as well during the week that I've also taken to heart. And uh, I I want to be part of a show that I'd be proud to have other people watch, anybody on my life. At least my part of it, I can't control what other people do or say, but at least my part of it, what I contribute, I want to be of a certain, um, I don't want to say level, but yeah, a certain standard. So uh, I myself, I've, ch I've challenged myself to... Uh, to uh, hold myself to a certain level of standards that make me happier with who I am. So I am really grateful for the feedback that we received from this incident. And uh, also, Steve Bjork, thank you for... Nick, can you be specific? Because I think we're talking about um, we're talking about two different things. Well, we're my thing the, was off the, air. But... The family show, and we're talking about some of the uh, back and forth. 
No, the family uh, show aspect. Arguments. The, 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 the comments, the objectifying, the, the, the language, uh, just in terms of how I want to conduct myself. So um, just in terms of like the level of, okay, you know, so. And now will part of this corrective measure be the withholding of the ukulele? That will never happen. Because <laughs> as, as we said, that is the winky of the audio world. So we, I can play ukulele after anything, and it makes it all smooth. It is a winky, and winkies make everything okay. Okay. So, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, all right. So, so Nick Morota uh, said you, you are going to you know, make a more conscious effort to be less sophomoric and uh thank you for doing that it's not absolutely necessary because listen part of part of talking for four to five hours is we have to be able to balance geeky nerdy text stuff with some comic relief and so part of my disclaimer at the top of the show is too is have an open mind have a sense of humor but i also want to encourage feedback and if people feel we have possibly crossed some lines or have gotten close to an edge of uh some borders of acceptability i do want to invite you to to submit that feedback and we respect your opinion simon jonathan go ahead and you're muted by the way Uh, steve bjork had his finger up too go ahead simon there's a reason i censored the bouncy girl and coco first and it was what was the reason <laughs> there's obvious <laughs> reasons right to be the standard uh, uh anything else to that or just a statement yeah that was just a statement there's a reason i censored that at coco first but it was not censored when i made it so right right I, right I so it, i did it for a certain reason right because it was in mixed it was a mixed company and it was a respectful thing to do in that environment exactly because i did not know what the action would be because if i was like in a bunch of if it was a demo party with a bunch of guys who are demo seeing whatever, um, it would be different. Right. If it's just the guys. Right. So. Fair enough. All right. Ron, uh, Rondoville, you'll be next. But Steve Bjork was also pointing a finger and a, a polite finger, I might say, too. So Yeah. Well, what I was going to say in defense of Simon, too, is that over there in Europe, they don't have the saying of hangups we do with um, upper nudity of women. Puritans. Mm-hmm. so uh that that's you know the americans have a little bit of a hang-up how we conducted ourselves when we saw the picture that's a different story right right without you referring to the is, chat chatter that was in, in defense of simon uh it's art not nudity well it's nudity it's art it's not vulgar it's nudity exactly. is nudity so yeah okay Okay, I'll go. I'll, I'll go along with that. Right, but one man's one man's art, uh, you know, one person, you know. So there, so that becomes an opinion, and I don't want to define the right or wrong opinion. One person can say the fact that we showed a, a picture of a nude woman on a public forum to be an indecent act, even though technically nudity itself is not indecent, and I respect that person's point of view. Somebody else can say, well, it is a, it's an art piece, and it's it's kind of okay. And so I see two sides of that, and I, and I want to encourage this type of civil discourse where we can, uh, uh, you know, communicate opposing points of view as long as we're not going to get nasty about it. Or, or let's mm-hmm. just, how about we just don't be a jerk, right? Okay. So, uh, Ron Delvo, did you have something yeah. you were going to say? Yeah, um, I have a solution, and uh, I'm willing to be photographed or whatever and have Simon do myself as the male aspect of the up and down. <laughs> 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 now those offensive these the, the, now this is just, and balanced I, yeah 
so, so, so Ron DelVoe is willing to show upper body uh, male nudity as well to balance out the uh, the the thing that I, that that is that that is very gracious of you, Ron DelVoe. Yeah, I, I want to thank you. It, it's not going to balance. You're going to get Fabio. <laughs> <laughs> now, Fabio. what I, what I'll also say too, I'm I. I, I've admitted to the fact that I did it, but I also did say at the beginning of the show, I said, listen, we're going to show the demo. The demo is going to contain a nude scene. And if that yeah. is uh, something that, uh, um, you know, if that's something that you're not comfortable with, we will let you know and, and give you time to not have to see it. So I made that uh, disclaimer at the top of the show. I also mentioned it again when we went to run the demo. Now, here's the unfortunate part. I had to end up running the demo three times, right? Because it locked up twice on my computer, and then we ran it on a VCC. So, for those <laughs> for those who are completely okay with seeing um, artful nudity, it wasn't a problem. For those who found that offensive, well, they were ended up becoming offended three times. And again, two sides of the same coin. I respect them both. Um, but I did say we are going to show an uncensored demo. I did disclose that female nudity would be exposed, and I did give people a chance to cover their eyes. So um, I think I did as much of a diplomatic thing I could do, um, but I also respect people's um, concerns for the content of their show and any possible message or, or stigma we might be associating by doing these type of things. Uh, anybody else? Well, as Steve Bjork mentioned, it is a cultural difference. I mean, European culture is much more open to that kind of thing than we are in North America. And as is mentioned, I think they were. <laughs> Terry Steen says, make sure to double warn us if it's Ron. <laughs> uh. Warning, warning, male nudity is about to happen. <laughs> now, uh, sorry, go ahead, Curtis. <laughs> no, I was, I, was, I was basically finished. It's a, it's, it's a cultural difference. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, what I find ironic is that some of the uh, some of the people, at least one or more of the individuals who are pointing out that uh, they showed women's beasts on their show, these were the same people that were really okay with uh, testicles bouncing around on a screen. Nobody questioned male nudity or an inappropriate placement of a person's actual face on top of a pair of walking testicles. Nobody had an issue with that uh, as far as the ones who are now calling us out for our sins. So it's interesting what some people find acceptable. Testables are okay with this camp, but women's beasts are not. So I'm not here to judge what you prefer to see or what you <laughs> consider acceptable. Just an observation on my part. Um, anybody else have anything they want to chime in on our sins and our indecencies that we've transgressed so far? Well, since this segment is called Dirty Laundry, I, I, think, <laughs> I, have, I think I have something for this segment. <laughs> and um, here it is. Oh, now is this product placement? Uh, is this a biased, uh, agenda-forced segment? Yeah, you, you use whatever laundry detergent you want. This is just what I had laying around. I guess okay. I should face it the other way, label away. Okay, Brand X cleaning. If, yeah, if, brand, if Brand X laundry detergent <laughs> for your dirty laundry. How much are you selling that for? It's super rude. I'm not selling it, but I'm sure Brand X laundry detergent is available in your town. I'm going to I'm I'm going to open up a competitive spirit here and have a half full bottle that's called some for 50% less of what you're selling yours for. 
So, Are you doing a product placement? I certainly am. He's selling all for $5. I'm selling some for $250. I am going to own this market. Um, <laughs> I'm undercutting this. So, okay, excellent. It's if you want some of your clothes clean. <laughs> Partially clean clothes. It's somewhat clean. Excellent. Now, I, uh, I, will add, I will add one thing, and it's based on what Nick said. I think it's a very good statement. If I, I do like him. I want to be proud of the show that I could show anybody in my family. Yes. Friends. If, if you could feel you're comfortable showing this to your kids, yep. comfortable showing it to your mom, that type of thing, then I think that's the right standard to have. Absolutely. If you would and, be thinking twice or embarrassed about it, then maybe double think. Okay. And, and fair statement. I agree with you too, but no, no, let's, 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 uh, let's do a, an average here. We have done 110 episodes. What percentage of these episodes would you say were anywhere where the where the episode could be completely classified as something you'd be embarrassed for somebody to watch. Oh, very few, a very few. And we do have the Art Dark show. If you want to get into risque humor, <laughs> Richard says 110. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, Chris. <laughs> well, we have the After Dark show, and that one we've advertised ahead of time. That is a more risque show. Yeah. So that would be the one that I if think... you want to do that type of thing, go right ahead. We've the whole show is based on that premise. Whereas this right. one is be informative so this one i think should have a higher standard yeah but well, but again i'd like to balance the informative part with some some comic relief so infotainment oh yeah, yeah. if you will and then again one person's funny is another person's sophomore so go ahead eric canales yeah uh well i think your, your some of your laundry detergent needs to be all covered if you're gonna sell it <laughs> you're, so there's some exposure there is that what you're saying it's too much it's too much exposure but okay. uh, I showed, uh, you mentioned it on a previous show, I think. I showed my parents the uh, uh, Cocoa Fest wrap-up uh, show. Wrap-up show. Because yeah. they wanted to see what the show was all about. And they loved the show. They, they thought it was funny. They thought it was, you know, just fine. So, and that was the show that, con that uh, contained women's beasts. Prob probably. They probably saw the demo and we didn't even think about it. It, was, mm. it never crossed our mind that it was an inappropriate demo. No, uh, they, didn't, they didn't go the three hours, though, did they? No, no, we, we cut around, uh, <laughs> but we watched a good chunk of it. That's I cool. Speaking, I was speaking specifically more not towards the demo itself. I had no issue with that. Just more towards how we were reacting to it, like you know, saying the word over and over. Like, yeah, it's the fact, the fact the word boobies was mentioned. Like, we, we, were, we were literally 12 years old all over again. Because if you saw that picture yeah. when you were 12 on your Coco, those would be the words you would say, boobies, 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 boobies. So we yeah. were being the sophomore 12 years old reacting in a very human way and trying to be funny and trying to lighten up the show and, and add some stuff. But again, That's I, I, I really... We Go just ahead, Rob. did it again, and we just did it again. We just did. We said, but <laughs> over and over. Boobies as a word is not an offensive word. Boobies being said while a woman's breasts are exposed is a whole different thing. So I'll say boobies all day long, and that word in itself is not a bad word. Um, uh oh, here Terry Steen says, my daughter. Uh, no, ner knows nerds can be nerdy. Doesn't mind anything so far, but some people are a little higher in standards. Fortunately. Uh, Amish are most likely not watching. <laughs> sorry, is your daughter watching right now, Terry Steen? And if she is, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so uh, what else? This is a good discussion. I feel good. I feel therapeutic. I'm, I'm healing. Uh, anybody else? Uh, Terry Steggy. Well, I would just say part of the draw to the show and what brought me to it was it is entertaining. This is our hobby. It's, it's something we all want to have fun with. 
Um, it's not, you know, monotone and this is the only thing we can do. I, I enjoy that with this and I don't spontaneous I don't that format, but yet I, I right, right. it does um, is questionable. And, and that's, we've all felt that I think, and I, I'm glad we're responding to that. And from this point forward, I think we're going to be uh, a lot more sensitive to those things, but we can't completely change the show. And no, uh, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Exp- I wouldn't ask that for a reason. You got to be you. You got to do you. But you, th- we can have fun. We can crack jokes. But yeah, we, we, we've. I think we've, there's always been a, a a level of consciousness to what we're doing here. We're trying to be above board, and I think most of the time we are. And occasionally, you know, your mind or your mouth slips into the gutter. Because listen. We're guys. This is what guys do. We're middle-aged computer nerds. We're excited about talking about a 30-year-old computer. We're sure as heck going to be excited about seeing digital nudity that's, you know, low, low, low resolution bouncing up on top of the screen. It's just, it's just who we are, right? So, um, except maybe if it's well, Ron's well, nudity. Well, except other, for Ron's nudity, yes. Well, the other thing, I mean, you touched about the, the being the live show and spontaneous, but also, you know, we are also like sarcastic and comical and we crack a lot of jokes and and the problem with comedy yeah. or, or the downside with comedy is you're going to say something that may be funny to most people but it may be offensive to another person absolutely so yeah, yeah and, and and uh you know it, it's it it is a good thing that we are at least going to try you know it you know do our level best to try to try to at least be aware and conscious to try not to be offensive, but I mean, but it's good. It could happen. It will happen, but it's it's usually not going to be intentional, and it wouldn't yeah. be intentionally mean spirited, even if yeah. interpreted and, yeah. that way. And like and the, the other like thing the comments is, about my body, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, and uh-huh. and the other thing about uh-huh. that is, um, when uh, you know, when we do these comedies today, who knows? Six months from now, it may be offensive, deemed offensive. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, yeah, standards change. Yeah. Well, yeah. Standards yeah. Bit, bit yeah. And, and, is always going to be funny and yeah. double entendres are always going to be funny and being clever about words and how words sound. Yes, absolutely. It's going to be funny. Yeah. And, you know, Matchy pointed out, you know, I was talking about bit fiddling in the chat being a, an actual programming technique, which it is. It and is. Matchy pointed out that a nibble is half a bite. A nibble is and half a bite. Both, these are these programming are terms. Things yeah. that are, that are, also hilarious yeah <laughs> and we're saving all this stuff for our future yeah yeah so yeah when somebody says fiddling nibbles I, the the comedian in me could not resist you got you there boom there's an opportunity this is what my mind does this is a that's what she said moment you know what i mean it's just boom you got to do it that's that's where i go because i'm a wisecracking jackass and i have it no shame funny. in admitting to that dirty right. to you yeah. it's in your head yeah, comedy is like volleyball. I mean, you get it set up and, and someone just puts it up in the air and, and you're just like, oh, my God, I got to spike this. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And that's what she remember, said. Comedy is based on conflict. A comedy does not work unless you have something that kind of twists your mind a little bit, like something inappropriate was said. It doesn't right. have to be you know, sexually inappropriate, but it's just inappropriate to the situation that you're describing in the comical routine. That's right. what causes comedy. The juxtaposition between the two things. Also... Right. Also, uh, comedy doesn't work when comedy is explained. 
<laughs> yeah, you, yeah. When, it when, doesn't work if you have to explain it. Exactly. Right. Right. It's like when you when you when you follow up your statement with "You get it, you get yeah. it," <laughs> you fail. And there's dead silence in the room. Yeah, they didn't. <laughs> now you see, there's this port on the back of the cocoa, and it's yeah. nicknamed over thirty you know, and, years. And, and again, right now, now ignorance of uh, ignorance is not um, is not. Uh, I mean you're in it does not also tie into innocence now i honestly didn't think there was anything wrong with it but my but my ignorance to that does not make me innocent of the fact but i will say that who was on the show that day well tony pedraza was on the show and you know tony's a very outstanding member of the citizen he goes to church on sunday you know he's a respectable guy he didn't comment on it and he was there so it didn't either he didn't see it or he didn't it didn't bother him or maybe oh, he just he saw it he saw it well he, he didn't i don't know i don't know if it bothered him or maybe he just or he liked didn't, it Oh no! Come on, let's not go there. That's, but that's oh. that, that's that's being comedic. But it, it, if it did bother him, he didn't mention it, and maybe it was just like I don't want to disrupt the show. I don't want to, you know, I, I'm not comfortable with this, but I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to hold my peace. That's possible too. But he was yeah. there, and I did not get any read from him that he was upset by. Do you have any, uh, Ron? Do you think he was upset? No. I, John I Strong's ring is in his hand. Go ahead, John, John Strong. Str okay, you know. Uh, my background, very conservative, and some of the stuff does at times offend me. But I try not to force my opinions or the way that things are on the other people. And it's good that you're talking about it because I'd like to be at any time that my wife could walk in here, there wouldn't be anything offensive on here. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's things that concern me. You know, what you guys do in your time, okay, that's what you, you deal with it. Uh, and I'm not, you know, only bringing this up because you've asked a question and uh, I was offended by the things on Facebook that you talked about but okay and, well give me an example what were you offended by well the ones you talked about their members and stuff the guy doing the game that offended me I kept my mouth shut so hold on we, I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to beat you up I want to be clear on what you're saying well they did posted the video with the game sequence and animation you're okay. talking about the uh, the, uh, the the men's body parts. Yes. You were offended. You were offended by that. Yes, I thought okay, it was but... very. I thought it was in, inappropriate mm -hmm. in a public forum that should be available to all people. Mm -hmm. But did okay. you did you mention that in your comment? I didn't. Did... I, I kept my okay. mouth shut. Okay. So so out. so you saw it. It wasn't for you, but you just scrolled past it. You didn't you didn't say, hey, this is wrong. You just stayed silent. But you're saying, people yeah, I were saw. People already commenting and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I'm not going there because uh, sure, sure, I'm not sure. trying to force there. I, you know, right, right, right. This right. should be like you guys are saying. You know, something that people could come in and they can walk in. If you had kids or my, you know, our grandkids or friends, walk in and see, and you know, not be intentionally offensive. Exactly. Yeah, and, and that's I the goal. The intent. The intent is really the key there. Yeah, and so it's the intent. And sometimes you you see things going away, like okay. Uh, you know, how far it is, you know, you go, you know, uh, the Facebook stuff, I seen it only after it was coming, you know, they were talking about it because I'm, you know, admin, you know, level on the Facebook group. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they already had their opinions and blah, blah, blah. And then the things came up, there were some ads. And now suddenly people who weren't offended by that were offended because they were old ads that would feature ladies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they're showing uh, magazine advertisements from the 80s with women in their lingerie posing with computers and stuff like that. 
Yeah. And, you know, to me, you got to have respect both ways. Absolutely. You know, you got to, you got to respect, you know, uh, in all ways, you know, make this, you know, if they want to have this stuff, make a group for it. Okay. And those who don't want it, we don't have to, just don't show it to me, you know? Right. Uh, It's like, you know, uh, you, you know, I'm a dog, you know, I, I've seen that stuff. You, sure. know, you can't help but seeing that stuff in this world. Sure, sure. It doesn't mean I agree with it or mm-hmm. I'm approving with it. Right. But, you know, sometimes it's not the right time to make a point, okay, that this has gone too far. Because if you make your point wrong, it, it just makes the situation worse. Sure, sure. But you're, yeah, yeah and that's fine. Yeah. And, and so, you know, it's, yeah, you know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to stay there, but, you know, it's, would this be acceptable work with your boss walked in, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great that's a great that's a great way to look at it. If your boss walked in on your computer screen and there was a black and white digital picture of a topless woman bouncing up and down, even if it was for just three seconds, would your boss be okay with that? Would you know? Would that be a call to the principal's office, or would that be like, a, what the hell is that? Oh, this is what it is. Okay, I get it. That's fine. Or you know what I mean? That's a great question, though. This is somebody who just walked in and saw that. What would they think? And then, so that's that's the kind of the thing, you know. And like I said, uh, you know, I didn't see that. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I seen it in the Facebook men, but you know, I didn't know what was going on there. But you know, you don't. You know, I'm not trying to do my viewpoints on somebody else. And, and Tony, sure. maybe the same thing. It's like, okay, they did this. Uh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe the, yeah, it could, it could have been he not, wasn't, he might not have been comfortable with it, but he didn't say anything, to be fair, which I want to acknowledge. Yeah. You, which you don't, sometimes there's times it's not the time to speak. Sure, sure. Just okay. out of professional courtesy. I don't like I don't like what I see here, but I'm just remaining quiet just to not you know, disrupt and, the show. Know, yeah. And there's, there's times, you know, that I hesitated going on the after dark. Uh, and times I would drop off because things were like, looks like they're heading away the way I'm not comfortable with. And that's fine. And we respect you either way. And, so. and, you know, but the idea was, is I'm not trying to dictate to you what you're doing, but if you ask me, sure. my feelings, and, and this is the I'm, perfect time to, to and I'm going, you know. I'm going to speak out and because that is the appropriate time you've asked, you know, it's not like mm-hmm. I'm preaching to you. Yeah, hey, exactly. And, you know, hey, I've been through it at work, you know, I've, I've had co-workers who did things that it should not be done. Absolutely. In and, the, and in the and, office. Yeah, and I want to, uh, oh, you're almost done, I'm sorry. And so, you know, I, I've seen it. It's not that I'm comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you asked, yep. why wouldn't somebody that's uncomfortable with it not speak up? It'd be like, okay. You, you know, don't want to make waves sometimes. Yep. Yeah, sometimes it's not the appropriate time to say it. Right. We've got a very short comment. Go ahead. Um, we've had excellent, I think we've had excellent series in the past, like uh, the assembly language series. And the thing today was really interesting that uh, that we were showing. The RMS. So yeah. I would just hate for that to be overshadowed. Like if I well, I honestly, and I, I agree with you 100%. And I don't think the incident we're talking about right now qualifies as something that actually could overshadow literally anything except maybe one episode. I don't think it can overshadow the legacy of this show. However, unfortunately, there are people in our community who do like to discredit things and and are just basically 
t twisting reality to serve an agenda to try yes. to bring someone or something else down. And that's exactly what those comments were. And I saw them exactly as that. But I respect people's opinions. What I don't respect is just basically twisting facts to paint a picture of this show is a total freaking raunch fest because it's, it is not and it has never been. Yeah, go ahead. That's a good segue because I think that's that's where we're heading. It's yeah. not about one person. You know, I think John Strong, uh, you know, handles himself very uh, admirable, admirably. Drops off when he whatever when he feels uncomfortable. Uh, you know, joins when he when he wants to. Uh, that's the show. The show is open to everybody. Anybody who wants to join, male or female, we've invited um, uh, some of the female members of Jenna. Oh, yeah, Facebook, Jenna, Jenna, all yeah, one of them. Yeah, no. her on. <laughs> um, <laughs> you'd think I'd be able to remember her name because she's the only yeah. one. Yeah, but so. uh, but I think I think what you're leading to is these 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 statements that are said uh, in order to to take down the show, and you know, and now we're having you know an hour conversation about. Uh, a demo that you gave a warning in, in advance. Of, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's to me, to me, to me, it's this is this is an issue worth talking about. And I believe we are human beings. We are we we are flawed. We will make mistakes. There's a difference in number one, what you did versus what the intent was. Of course, people are not people have no way to know your intent. Nobody can judge you on your intentions. They can only judge you on what your actions, right? But uh, the intent of this show has never been one of defamatory, derogatory, um, disrespectful towards gender, race, religion, or any of those things. That's that's never been the intent. That's never been anything that's happened in this show. But people have brought this to our attention. I think it's worth talking about. What 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 we you, listen and by, and at the end of the day, you can't change the past. But what but what we are talking about here too is being conscious about what we do to make sure we can be better as people be better as a show and be better how we represent ourselves, this show and this community and just civilize human relationships. And if we're all making that conscious effort to say, yeah, we've done it. Yeah, we screwed up. But we're not bad people, but let's try to be better people. I think that's the best case scenario you can have in this situation. And, and that's what I've committed to do. That's what I've done my whole life is always to try to be a better person today than I was yesterday. That is my life. It's a journey of hopefully evolution and self-improvement and i am also capable to look in the mirror and say oh yeah i'm kind of embarrassed i did that in the past i was kind of dumb or whatever and i'm gonna make sure i sure as heck don't do that in the future that's my life that's 52 years and counting of me having making mistakes regretting them and hopefully learning and becoming wiser moving forward you know this is what the show's about the color computer there you go yeah. ron yeah, Way to bring it people. back to perspective. Yeah, we don't care about the people. The people we don't care about the people. Yeah, the people. People come and go, but Coco is forever. Rondo vote. Just put it I want to add something. Uh, like, uh, you know, we were talking about posting uh, these old ads on Facebook. I found a, an old ad in one of my photography magazines from 1947. And it, it shows a picture of a secretary uh, who, is, who is a woman in this picture. And it says, like a perfect secretary... Uh, Neko, which is a projector, is smart, quiet, and efficient. Oh my God! <laughs> oh my God! And the people who liked it and laughed at it, they did not agree with that message. So, so it allows us to experience history and well, see where we've gone. That's that's part of evolving standards we've been talking yes, about too. Yeah, evolving standards. And and the definition of comedy is tragedy plus time. And so the fact that it is tragic 
that oh, people goodness. actually thought and, and, and believed these things in, you know, 50 years ago, 60 years ago. In fact, we can now look about it and say, oh, my God, that is so that's so pathetic that it's hilarious. Back in the yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was like the cigarette ads that you saw back in the 50s and 60s. I mean, yeah. you had doctors smoking and saying, yeah, this is great for your health. Yeah, yeah and the Flintstones. Yeah. They yeah. stop well, making the our computer. <laughs> Run. <The> juxtaposition. <laughs> they stop um, making our computer, man. <laughs> 92. Mm. 92, it's gone. Reel it man. in, Ron. Reel it in. You, you, <laughs> come on. You can, do it. Do? you can do it. You can do it, Ron. Come on. Um. Uh, well, women, women uh, in the you know in the early uh, days of uh, the computer industry were assigned to do all the software programming because everything was done in hardware, and hardware was the male dominated. That was the man's world. We're gonna that turn our big world. wrenches, right? So. Yep. And so women did all the programming. They got us to the moon. Uh, you know the the, the IBM mainframes, etc. I think. Uh, I and we're sitting wrong, here going, think, well, what's going on, man? Where'd yeah, they, yeah. And so, uh, Why aren't there women so, anymore? <laughs> right. Well, and I'm going to say this. I don't, I don't condone or support or believe or agree with objectification of anyone or anything. But the reality is we are human animals. We are here on this planet because we procreate. And sex is a part of who we are, what we are, how we got here. It's a part of our life. And throughout history, sex sells. So like you're going, so the, the ads of women in negligees and nightgowns standing next to a mainframe, this stuff has been going on. These women were, were you know, nobody said, listen, you need to pose for this picture and, um, and we're taking advantage of your sexuality. These women are models and, and we're doing something to be sexy and to get paid for it and say, hey, I'm pretty, I'm, you know. And honestly, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I wish I had nude photos of me when I was 20-something because I'm a fat, ugly slob <laughs> right now. I would gladly post nude photos of my younger, healthier self because there's only that one time in your life when you looked that good. I'm sure those women now are looking at those pictures and they're saying, gosh, I still, I wish I could fit in that dress the way I did back then. Well, well, but there's a difference from somebody who's posing as a model doing, uh, you know, edge, you know, borderline risk case stuff to, to use what was a common, it is a common tactic from, you know, from dawn of history today is sex sells. And it's a difference from taking advantage of a person because of their sexuality or somebody actually exploiting their sexuality to catch your eye and then make you look at the computer. Oh, by the way, there's a computer behind that girl in the nightgown, you know? Well, well, even look at this uh, previous Cocoa Fest uh, in, in Neil Blanchard's uh, booth. I heard that he had two females. Uh, yeah, booth babes. He had little booth babes who were wearing T-shirts that said booth babes on the shirts. Right. So these, these were women who voluntarily objectified themselves. And right. so uh, I believe that we would be completely free to, and I don't think we ever said anything disrespectful. I remember live streaming and walking around with, when they were there. I said, oh, booth babes. I'm like, listen, you guys would be babes anywhere, not even in a booth. But I didn't make any coy remarks or any mm -hmm. disrespectful female derogatory humor. They were attractive women, and they owned up to, hey, we're babes, and we're in a booth, and we're wearing these shirts that say booth babes, you know? So uh, Yeah, yeah and it, was, it was one of those funny you know it was one of those good things you know it was not a derogatory or it wasn't a slam on anybody and yeah i don't think anybody objected but again that, but, that might, cheek, I might yeah that might be offensive 
six months from now or next year or something like that. It could have been offensive then. There could have been some people there who did not appreciate uh, women presenting themselves in that light. But listen, if a person puts themselves in a situation voluntarily, they're not being exploited. They're not being objectified. They have put themselves voluntarily in a situation. You can agree with it or not agree with it, but you cannot claim that there's un, you know, that there's advantages being taken in this situation. You know, does this change anything about after dark or anything? Uh, Well, no, after dark has been pulled off the air um, due due to some snowflakes. Um, So no, 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 we'll have we'll have after darks, of course. Oh, okay. Um, All right. Uh, What else? Anyone? Anyone? I think I mean, it's. Go ahead. Again, you were heading in the direction. I feel like we've gone and looped back around again. But the direction of you know intentionally taking something uh, out of context and using it to bring down the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, okay. You know, I think that's um, as uh, Ken Reichert said earlier in the chat that uh, there's some insincere complaints being made about the show. Oh, absolutely. And that's fine. That's fine. People, you know, haters gonna hate. Um, all right. How about we do this? How is, is anybody else? I, does anybody else have any sense they want to add to this? If not, we'll say we're gonna put a fork in this one, and it's done. I really have enjoyed um, looking in the mirror, owning things, talking about things, having these types of this. These are the discussions that friends should have. These are the discussions that people in a community can have. We don't have to agree, but we can talk about it, and we can talk about it like civilized people, right? And I think we've done a great job. And 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 on, to that same note, the last two to three shows that I have not hosted that Steve Bjork has done and Steve and Curtis and Mark and all you guys, the show is all of you. But Steve has done an incredible job um, setting a standard to be the epitome of non-bias, fair, balanced, no comments, no opinions. He just did it. Not only did he do it well and kept it going, but he set to me a standard that I hope that I can live up to. Now, I hope I can live up to the Steve Bjork standard of the show because he was, as far as my, my opinion, the best show, we've, the best host we've had so far next to Grant Leedy, of course. Um, <laughs> so um, anybody else? And we'll take a break and we're going to come back and we're going to do some news. So, Curtis, have you got news queued up? I've got some news queued up, yes. All right. So... Who's that? David Lay. David. David Lay. Hold on. I think I have a sound bite for that. MC10. Hold on. <laughs> oh, my David God. Lad. Lad. All right. Go, <laughs> go ahead, David Lay. So, um, at Coco Fest, I had a couple people that asked me uh, on the show if I've been pick, picked on too much. And I thought, thought this might be a good time to also cover that because it would be, um, you know, falls in this kind of a category, I think, as well. Okay. Um, because the fact that when people are picking on me, yeah, there's been times that, you know, and I've said this after the show that, you know, the picking did go a little bit too much. But normally it's in fun and I, you know, in... 99% of the times, it doesn't bother me because it is part of the humor or, you know, friends picking on friends. Right. Um, so those that have asked me, I'm going to say it, 99% of the time, it is in fun and I don't have a problem with it. There's only the 1% that's been discussed and has been taken care of. Yeah, Absolutely. Can I, can I speak from the 1%? 
Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, David, I'm not your friend. And, <laughs> and, and all this time, I thought we were really meaning this. I didn't know it was a joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, alert. it's all a joke. Well, David, I, I want to say a couple of things about that. I want to say, number one, thank you for bringing that up. I want, I want to say to whoever... Whoever asked you that question, that is a person who is genuinely concerned for your well-being. They may not have known if this was if you were in on the joke or what the intent was, but somebody else was also concerned for you. And I want to say thank you to that person for being concerned about another human being's you yeah, know, well-being. So I want to say thank you for, for, for mentioning that. And, and we had mentioned both privately and publicly that yeah, we realize, yeah, we were kind of whole, taking the whole David Ladd joke thing too far. And we did self-correct. But to be reflective and transparent and look in the mirror, absolutely, um, we, we got to own that. Yeah, we, again, it doesn't matter what the intent is. It's the action and the result are the only thing we can really judge. So what, even though we didn't mean it, if it did upset you or if it did go too far, it wasn't our intention, but the result might have been that. So I believe we've all addressed it, but we'll do it again, too. Um, you know, for the 1% of the times it bothered you, I apologize for the fact that it bothered you. But 100% of the time, it was all tough love. But the key word there is love because we do love you, David, and you know that. Um, uh, anybody else want to comment on that? Yeah, well, I mean, we, we did thing. talk to Dave at the time because uh, I, I think a couple of us realized the one show we went went too far with the David Ladd jokes, and and we kind of apologized to him both publicly and privately. But I think we all realized ourselves that by the end of the show, like I think we did we did go too far. So, am hmm. I joking around that I've done for David? I could never do that if I didn't like him. Exactly. Well, not exactly, but I'm glad you're saying that because some people yeah. maybe could. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. no, it's just the it, to me, it's like we're good friends. We really care about each other, and uh, David really knows that. We've had some conversations privately, and you know there are things that I've seen happen to him that also get my dander up, um, boiling mad. So it's all part of that strong friendship and one of the ways that we let off the steam is we joke around with each other we feel better so david's made me feel better by letting me joke around with them which i really appreciate yeah and most people when they joke around with with certain people that that they usually like them uh with my exception is with uh, stevie i <laughs> it's genuine it's genuine no. It's, there's I, one other person that hasn't been mentioned that has uh something against our show and well, who would that be, Ron? Mr. Brain. Oh, Jim Brain. Well, he's not here. So Jim I Brain's know, not here. So He seems to have a, just a little bit of an opinion. <laughs> and, and everybody's entitled to those opinions. But yeah, yeah I agree it's, with you. It's, it's kind of like a dumpster fire. Yeah. But here, but if you you know you don't want to get all psychological, but you know when somebody says something and you're like, oh, I'm just joking. But the reality is if you've thought something and you said something, even though you're saying it in a joking way, we we mean the things we say, you know. So you know, if you if you walk up to your friend and say, "Hey, man, your hair looks like crap today," ha 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 ha, right? And you end it with a laugh and a winky. You still meant what you said, but you're trying to be funny about what you said. There there wasn't like, you know, I didn't mean it. No, because you said it. You and whether or not people realize that or want to admit to that, you mean what you say. 
And so, um, or you wouldn't say it. Nobody, you know what I mean? So it's just a, this, a subconscious thing that's going on. So, hey, hey, Stevie, this is a great show. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget, don't forget to wink, Richard. We can't yeah, see wink. it, but you got to wink. Wink. That's a great, that's yeah. a great comment, Richard. You didn't say yeah. it was your opinion. Wink. Yeah. Oh, my opinion. Yeah. Wink. 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 Okay. And another um, example of this is, is Nick Morenti's and me, you know, chastising each other for, for the nitrous nine versus RSDOS. We do that all the time. It's Absolutely. The Simon Jonasson, you're muted, but please speak up. Yeah, seriously. I mean, uh, has, 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 uh, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm lost for words. Has, has Nick not also been the, the subject of, of such Banto, uh, calling him Nick Marinitis, stuff like that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. At the, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, um, it's all too easy. It's all too easy to 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 take somebody and to to uh, make fun at their expense. You know, um, and and uh, we should we should be subjective and, and look inwards and say, okay, well, if I was the brunt of that all the time how what would i feel like yeah mm -hmm. yeah look in the mirror yeah but that's just that's just in defense of david at the end of the mm -hmm. day yeah yeah and and usually um uh, and to be really serious about this you know there there's there's some people you know that i don't joke around it doesn't mean that i don't like them i do respect them because they sometimes get easily offended and so that's when i usually you know i try to read that if if it's okay i think mm, i might yes a little too far with that i think i just need to back off because there's some people that i really really like that i don't joke around with because i i, I am mindful of you know that they um may not take it as a joke Right, so, so you're not sure of the of the thickness of their skin, so you're yeah, playing and, it and safe it to unavoidably it reflect on their character as sure, as, sure, as, as, yeah, if they're weak or, or or bad or anything like that. Right, 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 right. We are all different people, and yes, I mean you are you're absolutely right about that. Um, I learned Richard really loves me. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, Brian Weasler, you've been muted the whole time. Is there anything you want to say? And I don't want to put you on the spot. If you're kind of good and just sitting back, you're fine. But if you have two cents, feel free to. No, I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. I mean, I'm I'm not an advocate of political correctness, and I don't think the show should be dictated by political correctness. I mean, the show won't. is what it. Yeah. The show is what it is, and it shouldn't be judged by just a a snippet of time. I mean, I think the work that we put together and all the people have put together over all the episodes is what is what the show is and mm. um you know i mean i don't think we should be judged for for one little piece i mean I, I i i do agree that yeah we some things could be reeled back a little bit but when you look back and you look at the whole show you got to put it in context and mm. uh, but yeah but sensitivity has to be there too we can it's all e too easy to go too far sometimes and we've all been in those situations so i agree yeah sensitivity needs to be there but I don't agree that we should change our direction or how we do the show just because of one. No, no, we're not going to change. We're not going to change direction. Yep. I just think there needs to be a, a slightly more committed consciousness yep. to what we're that's saying. What Other than yep. that, it's it's the same old show. Yep. Yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. So yeah, I agree with a lot with a lot of our discussion here. I think this has been a good discussion, and yeah, I haven't really said too much because uh, as people are. are uh, 
people are saying things, I'm kind of agreeing with it in my head and saying, yes, exactly. So Yeah, nothing, nothing is going to change except for the dumpster fire is going to probably right. burn a lot brighter. I mean, if anybody here, I mean, the, the, for me being the primary host of the show, I probably get picked on more than anybody. Uh, you know, can't get past level one. He talks too much. He's a crappy host. Anybody else is a better host. Can't wait for the show to be over. I the best one. part of I the show. One. And, that, and yeah, all that one. is true. <laughs> wink. wink you forgot to wink. wink wink yeah go ahead rondevo i have an opinion uh okay uh, it's probably yeah. wrong but go ahead well yeah. no you you enjoy saying rondevo rondevo i do i do what it, is that it you feels know? good okay. to say it feels I'm not good even french I'm part of French. And it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. And, and, and we saw Timberman, and you look like you look like you know we could put on one of those uh, lumberjack shirts on you, and and you could be the Timberman. <laughs> hey, Rob Emmons has a good suggestion. Rather than you know criticizing the show by one by one section of it, if you want to complain about the show, you should have to suffer through all five hours of it like the rest yeah. of us. <laughs> <laughs> and then you are totally entitled to complaining, and I would agree with you. Yes, Nick Morota. <laughs> I was just going to say, you know what I get picked on for a lot. I'm just going to leave it at that. Being Canadian? No. Uh, <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, don't make him play. <laughs> he's got a new song he's been practicing. Tell him. Oh, God, it's between that oh, ukulele I have and been the, practicing the rap. The ukulele is like the accordion of the string instrument. He's got a new song. Do I? I don't know. Through the oh, God. That's not new. Oh, let's... um. I know one thing I, I tried to do somewhat, too, to help if, if, if I've been joking a lot at, say, David's expense, somebody else's, I'll do some self-deprecating humor, too. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. That but lets people Canadian, know that I, can, that I can take a joke because I can do it to myself. I'm sorry. We're sorry, Chris. We're sorry. Let's everybody say we're sorry. We're, we're sorry. Okay. On the, okay no, on let me the, go curl my hair with a soldering iron. I'll be yeah, right back. Really all right. So sorry. I'm going to count to three, and on three, yeah. we're all going to say, right. and you have to say sorry. You have to say it Canadian, yeah. okay? So <laughs> one- Two, three. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. There we go. Right, that's going to go in the soundboard. Um, perfect. All right. So we probably we probably can put a fork in this one. Um, Good. Just, yeah, we won't just have to so, have this show ever again, right? Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, uh, this, well, no. Listen, we need to be able to self-correct. We need to be able to reflect. And if we're getting off course, we need to be able to correct. We need to be able to course correct. And you got to be able to look in the mirror and be honest about it, and discuss things, and be open about it. And 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 I believe uh, I believe this show has done that its its entire time. Uh, this show has maybe gotten off a little bit for a few segments here and there, but I would again I'm going to go as high as saying about 98% of the time this is a Puritan program that even the Amish would enjoy. Um, so other than that, with a few transgressions, this is a damn good show that I am 100% proud of, of 100% of these episodes. And that's just me. And yeah, I'm biased, but I also believe it and I feel it and I mean it. As uh, Fedor well, can probably, you know, uh, summarize himself because of what, uh, field of work he's in, uh, the show evolves. We, we self-correct, we, you know, figure out some things work better than others and the show evolves. Yeah. Well, right. in my know? opinion... In my opinion, it's all gone downhill since episode 36 when I popped on here. <laughs> I can't argue that. So, uh, Greg, you know. come back for the next one there. Yeah, yeah, Simon, <laughs> Simon. Nothing wrong with self-modification. Self self-modifying code. That's what we're doing here. Self-modifying no, code. we don't code. do 1609 self-modifying code. <laughs> we don't do that. 
We have done lots of self-modifications to this program, both real-time and uh, behind the scenes. So. I guess my Coco Talk tattoo uh, applies to that, doesn't it? So, yeah. yeah. I think with all that said, uh, the next person who offends anybody, uh, we're gonna we're gonna start acting like Hollywood, and you're just fired. There you go. There you go. Uh, there's there's one other little thing that comes up now and then that doesn't bother me real bad, but all you guys are programmers, and I'm just like a user, and there's really no problem with that except on occasion i feel a little left out but i still don't have the urge to do any kind of programming is grant taking a leaky again grant are you what are you doing <laughs> sorry i was cleaning out a bowl cleaning out a bowl that's what that's what he calls it is cleaning out the bowl yeah, yeah. so on, on that note by the way <laughs> he's on, washing on his note. hands of this show <laughs> <laughs> yes grant leaky yeah, so no more peeing jokes, no more elevator jokes, and no more sex, uh, what do you call it? changing okay, sex okay. surgery. Sex change all, all operation right, jokes? Thank you. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll probably grant you two out of three. I'm not sure we're going to be able to drop the elevator, but I'll, I'll, I will refrain from mentioning that you've had uh, gender reassignment I... surgery. Um, oh, thanks, Stevie. Which is, which is of course, is only now anyway, so we don't it's, have to worry it's about. only my opinion. I don't have any fact. I did not check downstairs to be sure. Uh, heavy breathing alert. Heavy breathing alert. Uh, um, okay, so we will. I, I can almost guarantee the elevator will never die. Um, but yeah, we'll, yeah. we, we will, I will make a conscious effort to reduce the amount of times I make urinary jokes and, and, and at your expense. And, um, <laughs> I'll probably stop the sex change accusation too. Most likely. Okay. Um, <laughs> I could care less. It's all in good fun. <laughs> when is he, when, hey, Stevie, when are you going to start making good content? Uh, <laughs> listen, listen, wink. Um, wink. um, no, I, no, just going back to that other thing, I'm just afraid that someday somebody's going to approach me since this whole Greg thing has stuck for two years. I'm afraid <laughs> that somebody might come up to me at Cocoa Fest and say, how was the surgery? <laughs> the hey, well, the sur you, had, you had surgery that changed you from Grant into Greg. So <laughs> had a couple letters in your name surgically altered. So... Uh, um, all right, let's take a commercial break. When we come back, uh, we have some news. Now, we had another segment that we were also going to get into some stuff. And, and based on the panel here now, that final segment, do you think it, we should still touch on that or maybe save that for another time? Or maybe have we diffused some of it here now with this segment? Um, Is it like a lynching? or there's no. Been no, no, there's no? There's been no diffusing. I think that you can't have one subject without the other. And that's my opinion. I agree. Okay. That's yes. okay. Okay, so I just wanted to give the give the uh, this is a democracy. Richard, uh, you want to still continue with our final uh, final host discussion when we're done with news? Uh, that's fine. It's it's up to you guys. Well, okay, all right. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a break and we're gonna come back with some news. And L. Curtis Boyle, our roving reporter and our anchor man extraordinaire, is gonna tell us what's new and exciting in the color computer community. What commercials have we run so far? We've done the Coco Dieu. We have done Rick Adams, and we've done... Fletcher. We did Fletcher. Fletcher, yes. Where is it? Here we go. All right. We're going we're gonna to be back after Fletcher, which, by the way, was slightly objectified in the 80s in this commercial here. Hello. This is Grant Leedy with Coco Talk. Got your Coco 3 yet? From the makers of the Switcheroo. 
Celebi cable, Color Computer 3 Dual RGB cable. Get yours today at cocoman.biz. Fletcher, I don't need that report tomorrow. Great, JT. I need it tonight. But, JT... Fletcher saved $300 on her office away from the office. Radio Shack's revolutionary Model 100 computer. It's a word processor, phone directory, and dialer. It even communicates with the office computer. Fletcher, how's that report? Fletcher. Radio Shack's Model 100. Save $300 and put it to work. You'll go far, Fletcher. <laughs> You'll go far. We now return you to Cocoa Talk. All right, Fletcher has gone far, and I know Rondovo is still working on getting that uh, interview uh, locked down with Fletcher. Um, but we've got news to to uh, reveal. I will stop sharing audio in case Curtis wants to share his screen. Before we get into the news segment, I've got all kinds of cool, groovy sound bites that Curtis Boyle has put together for me. Let me see if I can find one of them up here right now. Good. All right, L. Curtis Press Boyle. On the panel there. That was from my silent period. Um. <laughs> Number nine. Number nine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the first one here, and this is actually one I missed last week. I was going to mention it, and I, I just kind of skipped over by accident. And let me ask you: Are you going to share right now, or do you not need to share? You're just talking. This first one, I don't. But after okay. that, I was no fun. No problem. Um, basically, when we were doing the discussions of um, uh, Bill Pierce's scrolling, he was doing that scrolling sample that he yep. did with 512k mm -hmm. uh, part of the comments there later on had uh, referring to alan decock had made a thing called uh, custom basic and uh i'm i'm embarrassed to admit this i mean alan worked with us with nitrous 9 for years and i never knew he did this this is pre-nitrous 9 years he'd released it in 1988 and uh, it had a whole bunch of extra features added on and then uh, nick marenti's uh, correct me if i'm wrong but you actually tried this right yes so did you want to give a very brief explanation of some of the enhancements that Alan had added to basic? Oh God, I haven't got the, <laughs> the paperwork in front of me. <laughs> I can't remember. remember. Basically, I, it, it doesn't work on a Cocoa SDC for starters. So the only way I could get it to work was that when I replaced, <clears throat> made it boot to a standard disk basic ROM, then it worked. So I didn't pursue it much further than that because... Uh, I always have the Coco SDC, and I just left it at that. But it has got a lot of good good commands, which would have been wonderful if um, there's is that the uh, instruction book. Yeah, yeah, if you want to just quickly explain some of them, just yeah. So he had a bunch of things here for the Coco three enhancements. Um, he had you know setting the clock speed with a set command, and then uh, allowing stuff to be lowercase or uppercase for your commands. Use supporting the 64 column, supporting reverse video and true lowercase enabled that the T1 VDG enhancements to the gimme actually allowed to on reset go to. So if you hit the reset button, your basic program could trap that and do something with it. Um, disabling the break key on and off, uh, restoring line numbers for data pointers to specific parts of your data statements, uh, high res joystick interface joystick extensions so that you could actually read the high res interface with the joystick command. Um, Enhancements to HPaint, enhancements to HPrint, H screens, which you could actually do like uh, Steve. You've experimented this with Cosmic Aliens, where you could do your P mode with different pages. Yeah. Okay. Allowed high res pages that you could flip between in basic. Oh wow! Wow. Um, 
up to 50 of them, it looks like. Holy crap. Uh, each color, he had some stuff for doing patterns instead of just straight colors. So you could do painting with patterns, etc. H copy, which is another one you would have used because it actually does the copying between your high res pages. Okay. Kind of uh, like a P copy. Yeah. Uh, he had uh, fonts that you could actually load multiple fonts at once, if I understood this correctly. So you could actually switch between fonts on the fly in your, in your wow. basic program. Um, loading and saving screens, pattern buffers or fonts was built in. Uh, palette animation, which actually would rotate to the palettes in the background in basic itself that you wouldn't have to do it by hand. You know, trying to do it, so you just set it up, you know, rotate these four colors through and let it just keep running on uh, its almost own. Almost like a, like a routine, huh? The background yeah, task Yeah, it's like a language background routine, but, but yeah. basic could be multitasking in the background, so you could set, you know, Rocket Flames animated. And now, this was this was an OS 9 version of basic? or nope. uh, this is basic, basic. Like, wow. Like color basic. Um, list file name, which, I mean, if you're used to OS 9, that's quite handy. You can list a text file to the screen just with list, quote, file, and quote. And then L list, of course, you want to send it to your printer if you had documentation files from something you downloaded or whatever. Um, supported uh, 42 80 column screens, fixes some bugs that were in basic. And I, like I said, I, I'm kind of embarrassed because I worked with Alan for 10 years on Nitrous 9 and I didn't know he had done this originally. And uh, as Nick has pointed out, because it's such a big extension to the basic, it doesn't work with SDC DOS, but it does work with disk extended basic. So if anybody is, wants to try to patch this to work with SDC, I think it'd be a great thing to have. Is the source available? Alan was going to look for it. He thinks he still has it somewhere. The, okay. the, down, the executable download is on the archive. Okay, so there's a binary for this. Yeah, and then the doc file that we're looking at. So as it could be it. disassembled, but we have no comments and stuff. So. Yeah, but Alan, I think he said he thinks he still has it on one of his floppy somewhere. He's going to oh, try wow. to. Oh, wow. That's cool. So, yeah. It was, uh... You think this would work on HDB DOS? I do not know. Yeah, don't know. It's worth a try. I haven't got HBD DOS. Yeah, or RGB DOS or some of those other ones, or YA DOS. Well, YA DOS is, I think, is pretty big already, the one that uh, Red, yeah. Red worked on. And now, for some reason, Zoom just disappeared my share thing. So, how do I. You're still sharing, as is he? Yeah, I can see that. So. Yeah, I want to try to. S- change the share here but for those listening later on this is the sound of curtis sometimes i feel like i have to do uh, audible closed captions for some of the uh, visual portions of the show so <laughs> <laughs> we're in the mind I'm sorry, eh? I mean, he's sorry curtis is sorry okay <laughs> oh yeah I w- i'm glad you caught on this because i've gotten the notification so um marlon lee is probably the godfather of retro videos and he's done a ton of coco stuff and yeah i've gotten notified on a few i'm glad you've got these to show off curtis thank you you're too yeah. kind <laughs> so uh, yeah marlon lee who is is returned i mean he he's had a job the last few years that has kept him incredibly busy working a ton of overtime so he hasn't had much time to do videos at all i think he's released maybe three or four in the last three years but he did come back and he did mention that it sounds like his job is actually starting to lessen up a bit. So he decided to come back and he did Moon Shuttle for the Coco. So I'll just play a few seconds of it here. I'm going to play the whole thing. And I don't know if my system sound is being shared at the moment. That does not seem to be. No? Now, when you go to sharing, go to advanced and also, and also include system sound or something like that. Okay. Let me see if I can... now, Stevie, you did a video on this on uh, May of 2016. Of uh, Moon Shuttle? Yeah. 
I may have, but like- uh, but uh, if you if we want to sit here and talk about dibs, who's who was first to the market when it comes <laughs> when it comes to this, there is no there is no disputing that Marlon Lee. Um, was one of the er- earliest um, retro video. Uh, video makers, especially featuring Coco stuff. And I have mad respect for this man Absolutely. and his legacy. And he's in Florida too, isn't he? I uh, no, he's Canadian, I think. No, I no? think he's from Florida, if I remember correctly. No, no, I don't know. Well, that's a great he question. He definitely doesn't have a Canadian accent. I'll tell you that. Okay, he's got a very distinct uh, voice and style, which hopefully we'll be able yeah. to hear. And he's been doing Coco videos for at least, I think, pretty close to a decade now. And and most of the time, too, they're pretty legit being recorded on the original hardware of, like, analog captures and, like, you know, recording them to VHS tape first and then, you know, capturing that to the PC. So there's been some really um, period-correct technologies used in the production of these videos. Yeah. You still trying to figure out how to share with sound yeah, there, it, knucklehead? There's an option for me to do it unless I stop the share first for some stupid reason. Okay. So. There's usually a checkbox that's also include system audio. There's a checkbox if I stop the sharing and then do a reshare, but if I do just okay. try to change it after the fact, it's not giving me the option. So. ...version of an arcade game. Sound now from it came yep. out in 1981. Uh, I really yeah, wasn't familiar with this arcade game, and I didn't even realize that uh, Datasoft had released it for the color computer. So it turns out that... Uh, I don't know near as much about the color computer as perhaps I thought I did. <laughs> and I am still learning about the color computer, which is a pretty nice thing. Anyway, I won't play the whole thing, but you guys can check it out now. Yeah. Back and- I, lo- I love his voice and I love his style. He is, he's, he's just cool. He's a one of a kind. He really is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Marlin- and we were talking here earlier about... Um- you know, TDP brand and stuff, and obviously uh, Terry's already kind of said this on the show here, but last week we covered several things like the cartridges that have been found, et cetera, and then he mentioned today the uh, surge protector and the modem, and I'm just wondering how much other stuff was actually branded as, and resold the TDP 100 brand, because I didn't know about any of this stuff except the TDP itself until the last couple of weeks. So. Oh, we also had a comment, which I just now saw, but Explorer VR, that's our friend uh, Ben drakes the vr guy he says personally i enjoy seeing you guys tease each other as there's clearly no harm intended i saw you reveal the nitrous nine commercial to nick on the best of coco talk dvd it was very funny and 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 he's british and british are very um sensible in their um in their humor they're very civilized they're much more evolved than us americans so i'm very python's proof of that (laughs) (laughs) thank you ben drakes Explore he's VR for the for the kind words. What's that? He's from Wales. He's from Wales. I'm sorry. I did not mean to offend you. And again, I'm an American. I'm an idiot. I couldn't find Northern Florida on a map, and I live here. So um, <laughs> this, this isn't a Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Salvador Garcia's here. As Salvador, you missed the whole segment, but you're gonna have to watch the replay. We we did a whole dirty laundry confessing our sins segment, uh, Salvador. So he's back. Ed Snyder. Um, is up to something in the Mad Labs. That's actually that's a trademark. Simon had dibs on that. But in his laboratory, Ed Snyder is up to something. What are we going to see here, Curtis? Well, he released a new video this week showing the actual laser etching process um, of his new keyboards. And basically, from some comments that he did a little bit later, because we're wondering why he didn't set up a table to move back and forth. He actually has to manually position the keyboard for every five keys that he's burning in. And he has the laser going on low power, 
So you can see where it's going. So you can center it properly. You can see where it's going to be imaging onto the keys themselves. Once he's got it in the right spot, he hits a key on his computer or whatever that's controlling the laser. Then it does the actual burn-in of those five characters. And then he has to readjust it. Uh, but basically, uh, because of the he's way the key targeting laser. Sorry, what was that, Mark? He's got a targeting laser. Yeah. It might just be the power, because that's what we used to do, too. We used to do a low power. You could guide to see where you're going, and then you'd increase right. the power to do the actual etching. That would make sense. But in this case here, he's mentioned that because of the sculpting of the keys, and the keys are slightly different heights, uh, depending on which rows and stuff you're in, the, the laser has to be very focused to burn in. And we had that issue, too. Like, if you moved a couple millimeters up or down, it wouldn't work properly. So that's why he has to do this all manually. So he gets a table that can go up and down as well as left and right under very concise measurements. So I'll just do a little bit of a demo here. Where you can see where the five keys are, he's flashing through the image and he's kind of adjusting with his finger there exactly the position he wants. And he actually fires it up and actually starts the actual etching with the higher intensity. That's pretty cool. Can you lower the volume on it, Curtis? It's really loud. Okay. Actually, he's you. not talking, so we don't really need it anyway in yeah. this case. Um, but you can see it's a pretty painstaking process of having to do this all manually, unless mm -hmm. you had some table that can control you know, the X, Y, N, Z, or Z axis. Mm-hmm. And there you can see the actual etching going in, where the laser stays on target on the specific spots a lot longer to burn it in. Did you say stay on target? Yes, I did. Oops, wrong button. I've got that somewhere in my soundboard, too. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, that's just basically a demonstration of, of how this thing works. And then you go ahead and cut it as a video. So it takes him literally about 15 minutes to do one keyboard, as it currently stands. Because he has to do it all by hand, as far yeah. as moving position. Right. I bet we can automate that with a Coco. You know the position. Yeah. It's just if we need a table that can go up and down as well, that's a thing. And if, if you look at the very beginning of the video, he's actually measuring the height from where the laser uh, is mounted down to the keyboard and getting it very precise so it actually etches properly. Well, I, I, and this has actually got actually caused me to think about something right now because you know some some of the um, the discussions going on right now there, about uh, height there. sorry, go ahead. Okay, some of the discussions going on right now about competition. One of the things they mentioned is, listen, if somebody's going to provide a product, they're going to make a, they're going to make an investment into producing that product. And here we can see where Ed Snyder clearly has. He's made an investment into this freaking laser. He's got a freaking laser <laughs> to um, to burn things in here. But uh, and, and so yes, he's made an investment. And and guess what? If um, you know, if there was a twenty five dollar eBay knockoff Coco keyboard that came out three months later. Um, would he be upset? I, I would say probably. Would he be entitled to be upset? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, um, the other side of that argument is, is nobody said, hey, Ed, why don't you go out and buy a laser and make these keyboards for us? Nobody asked him to, right? He did. And while his keyboard is probably a, a really well-designed product and is going to be worth the hundred-something dollars he did, if somebody else was able to make an economical keyboard, um, as much as it does suck for Ed that he might not sell quite as many, um, the fact that there is the high end 
key model and that there's a cost-effective model available, these are both good things. So I do see both sides of this argument that this guy has made an investment into what it takes to make a product for the community. And yes, he will be rewarded for his investment because his reputation and his products and his quality speak for themselves. And there are people right now who are probably ready to pre-order this. Um, but I don't see another keyboard in the market necessarily being a bad thing either, especially if it's maybe not as well designed, but it's a cost-effective keyboard replacement. I think there's, there's, there's a place for both of these things in our market. I agree. Um, let me interject that when you say well-designed, uh, because there are people that may be working on other keyboard projects, and they, they do also have a sizable investment in it as well. It's just that, you know, they, they know, again, it goes to what materials that they use. And also, the other thing is many people owe, own several Cocos. And so buying several of Ed Snyder's keyboards may not be practical or right. even possible because it may break their bank. Right. So that's, that's the, other, the other flip side is, hey, well, I, I can get the other uh, alternative. And that's where I've always advocated with choice because um, if if one doesn't really fit your needs, then you or got budget. the other. You have you're know, not you're not stuck with one option. Yeah, you're not stuck with one option. Yeah, and I'm not knocking Ed's. Uh, oh, absolutely not. I, yeah. No, and I wasn't either. But no. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I I'm gonna probably buy one or two of them. Yeah. Well, well they're just awesome. If all these uh, manufacturers uh, are making the, these keyboards with different switches, they're all going to feel differently. Right, so there, right. Preferences there. There might be preferences. And, yeah, yeah, again, people buy things for a lot of different reasons. Some people will buy it just because, you know, it, I, I, it's made by Bob, and I like Bob. Bob's been around forever. We're going to buy it. We're going to support Bob no matter what he does, and that's fine. You can make a loyalty purchase. There's nothing wrong with your decision there. Some people are going to say, I'm going to buy based on a feature, or a price, or does it work for me? That's why there's 10,000 models of cars in 9 billion different colors, you know what I mean? People are gonna buy certain things because of personal preference or taste. So there's other factors that will influence purchasing decisions too. Um, so I would like to go on record as uh, wanting the scratch and dent sale, like if he messes up on that. And the other thing, when, when we talk about, <laughs> and I call it capital, capital expenditures, uh, with, like with his laser. Now, there are other lasers out there that are more expensive, and there's some that are less expensive. When you say laser, you must say laser. Laser. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, 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 the, and I'm going to call it the Alan Parsons Project. So, uh, anyway, uh, it, it is based on his choice. And if he says, hey, look, I invested in this laser, mm -hmm. uh, and I spent $50,000 on it, uh, well... That was your choice. That was I his mean, choice. Nobody forced him to buy that laser. Laser. And, yeah, and unless somebody's made a contract with him to say, I want 500 of these and I'll help subsidize the cost of your laser. Yeah. Then, yeah. It's, it's well, a, and, well, the other thing is uh, when, when I do make capital expenditures like this, I also try, and this is how Tandy was very successful in the manufacturing, is they used stuff in other uh, manufacturing processes uh, so like for example the coco uh, 2 if you notice the coco 3 keyboard or, or, or the cases were the same or practically the same same thing with the keyboards 
they they made interchangeable parts for several yeah. of their models and that's why they could they could buy on huge volume but also when it came to equipment they would buy equipment that would not just for one purpose and one purpose only that it was for other things right a single use machine seems to yeah, be sing- uh, yeah, uh, like- a, a, a not a, an unwise investment right i mean when i when i bought uh, you know, I do a lot of repairs and soldering and stuff like that. And I actually went out and bought a very, very elaborate and expensive. And of course it was used soldering iron, but it's something I use all the time. And that was my choice. But of course there's other ones that are much, much, uh, cheaper that I could have mm-hmm. bought. Right. And you, and you made that yourself. Yeah. And I made that choice. <laughs> Matchy says the keyboard maker is a character. <laughs> oh man! Nick, oh, Nick, Nick Marotta says he got Nick Marotta says he got bounced off of Zoom. Can somebody check the waiting room to see if he needs to get back in? I'm actually back in. Oh, you are back in. Sorry about that. Okay, time delay. All right, that's cool. But listen, I mean, I, I'm and and Ed's not. This is this is what this is my perception of Ed Snyder. A couple of things. Number one, his quality is outspoken. I look at Ed Snyder. He's kind of like the Apple of the cocoa community because apple is a company that says you know what we're not going to ask people what they want we're going to tell them what they want we're going to release this thing people didn't know they needed it until they saw that it existed the iphone's an example you know all these things so ed brings in things that we never knew we wanted but now they know they exist we're like take our money right so so ed's got a, a a track record of doing that um his his quality um speaks for itself his prices are fair uh, he's an outstanding member of the community. He has never um, been uncivilized to anybody in this community. He's, always, he's been completely professional, above reproach in all of his dealings with this community. So Ed and Snyder he's never is been a, on the show. He's and a gold well, star it, member. Well, he also has excellent support, too. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, so, and uh, he, he does well with the disagreements. I mean, I mean, even even with uh, Nick Morantes and real-time clocks and he pushed back saying, no, uh, we didn't add a real-time clock. You know, it was a design decision, not uh, not an, a, uh, a missed opportunity to okay. the uh, Mega Mini MPI. You know, they, they had a nice uh, back and forth about okay. why he chose. But it was, he chose a, was it a civil discourse? It was. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's what you would expect from someone in the community is whether or not, um, you know, if you're gonna if you're going to exchange with people, trying to be civilized about it, right? And that's yeah. not so always Nick easy to do. With, but, uh, yeah. When you're talking to Nick Morentes, it's not always easy to be <laughs> No, <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, honestly, Nick really shouldn't be talking about hardware. But that's okay. It's a whole other story. <laughs> like it's just hard because I'm always right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all, it's all, uh, Salvador Garcia says, I bought so much from Ed Snyder, I'm thinking of renaming my Coco the Zipster PC. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good times, good times. All right, what what else you got going on there, Curtis? Oh yeah, the next one here is actually from Tim Lindner, and it's uh, fake hardware. Ooh, fake. And he's Ooh. created a uh, a Mame Basil artwork of the CM8 monitor, including a door. Oh, oh, a, 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 a CM8 with door. That that's worth at least an extra fifty dollars in the auction. So, yeah. uh, uh, but basically, this is a front end layer. Of, uh, that you put on MAME so that actually when you run MAME, you actually have the CM8 surrounding the yeah, screen. Yeah, do me a favor. Scroll up and get the name of the guy who helped them because I can't remember the guy's name. Um, 
does he say who the photographer was? Because he's, it, I, I wish no, I could remember the guy's name. He's new to the community. He was there last year and this year. He was running around with his little notebook and asking a lot of questions. Really nice guy, very enthusiastic guy, learning about our community. His name is escaping me right now, but he was an awesome guy. But that's the guy, because I was talking to Tim in Discord last night, that's the guy who took the pictures for this that was turned into the artwork to um, use. Oh, I for, didn't even know about that. So Yeah, yeah. And his name is mentioned in Facebook. When they posted this in Facebook, um, they said, thanks to Tim Linder and Person X, uh, we have this new bezel. That's the guy who took the picture. Um, Tim mentioned that last night when we were chatting in Discord. Okay. Well, if somebody um, else wants to look that up, we'll throw it in at the end of the news segment. Yeah. Ex yeah. Explain what this fits on or how it it's an it's an overlay for the emulator you know kind of like how you have your cocoa pie artwork when on this on the borders oh, this is if you're if you're running mame uh with the cocoa it would overlay this where right, it looks like you're running the cocoa inside the screen gotcha yeah can you get oh, that this out the door can you get right. one of out the door? This is more realistic, right? Let's get, let's get one of a banged up door hanging half yeah, this down. this is obviously fake. The door's still on the thing. Yeah, spider webs inside it. <laughs> Could have made the little light on. Okay, this next one here is um, Mike Ware is taking a survey of which models of the Raspberry Pi that they should port OS 9 to uh, for the hobbyist market, which they've been you know, telling us about the last couple months. So there's, uh, you know, people you know, have been voting on this so far. The uh, Raspberry Pi 3, all models, is definitely in the lead over some of the older models, um, even though it's, you know, slightly more expensive. But uh, if you're interested in running the you know, modern OS 9 on, on Raspberry Pis, then maybe contribute your vote to this so that they kind of know what direction to go. And as I mentioned before, the Raspberry Pi 3 is definitely, it's outpacing the others by more than three to one at this point, so... Cool. So what's what's the what's the Pi Raspberry Pi three? Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Why is this not clicking here? You got a Canadian mouse? Oh, this is uh, Jim Gary, who's you know just cranking out the stuff again. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's <laughs> like week. it's it's like it reminds me of Forrest Gump. Yeah, I went to the White House again, and I met the president again. again. Jim Gary cranked out 100 new games this week again. There's <laughs> <laughs> these two new ones today was In the Woods and then Warlords, which is actually a port from the Coco game of the same name um, from T&D Software. And this is along the lines of if you've played like Viking or Erland or okay. Castle Greymoon or some of these you know simulation things. It's, it's, it's one of those styles. It's not the Warlord arcade game we've been talking about with John Strong and the paddles and stuff just to make sure that's Okay, great. gotcha. So I won't bother playing the videos because, I mean, just go to Jim's page and he's got sure. hundreds and hundreds. I think now time Nick Nick and I looked, it was like over 500 videos. Wow, of that's just, that is done. commitment. Well, that's another gold star member of our community, just cranking out quality content, not ruffling any feathers, not stepping on <laughs> any toes. Yeah. Uh, gold star Jim Gary. Yeah. But that is only because nobody else wants to develop for the MC10. <laughs> the true colors might be shown if that was to happen, huh? <laughs> Okay. I thought we, we do have a couple more, though, now. He's not the only one. That's right. Davey Mitchell, our very own Davey Mitchell, I must say in full disclosure, is also a patron of the show, but we love you nonetheless. Uh, Davey Mitchell. Yep. So this is actually from Davey Mitchell, and this was posted in Discord, um, I think, yesterday. And this is a uh, Dragon Unique game called Droids. And we were mentioning a few shows ago about the fact that we should start getting a lot of, we should start porting a lot of these Dragon games. So they had a lot of unique games we had never seen before. Now, this mm -hmm. isn't like the cream of the crop or anything, but this is one he just posted a video for. With a nice semi-graphics intro screen. Yeah, very cool. 
requires right joystick, and they, at least they tell you which one too. Yeah. Stop I'll fast forward this a little bit. Well, unless you want to read it, but uh, he holds the screen. Stop the droids, removing the lead shields, the lead shields from under the trioxton bombs. Well, I can't read when all three bombs have been dropped. This is why I don't read manuals because I literally can't read. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's uh, it's uh, Steve Bjork's favorite color set. <laughs> you need to lower the volume, Curtis. You're killing us. You're killing us. You're killing me, Smalls. Um, oh, that sound chip. <laughs> If I had a dollar for every game Steve Bjork developed in this in this palette mode, <laughs> but we could change it now. Yes, that way. Actually, I mentioned that in the comment room in Discord. You know, with Coco VGA and the Coco Three, we can do the reset palette thing. But when I gather this game, though, there's all these little bricks that are holding bombs back from falling down at the bomb. Oh, the bomb. I see, and that's what they're doing. They're pulling the bricks away to drop. Oh, so you oh. have to. You have to shoot the aliens, prevent them from moving the bricks to drop the bombs. Ah, neat. So kind of a reverse on, um, like, Polaris a little bit. I yeah, think it's of. based on an arcade game called Cosmic uh, Fighter or Cosmic Alien. Okay. Oh, copyright infringement. It's, it's pretty well done. Uh, pretty well done. I, I haven't seen this arcade game myself, so if it is an arcade clone, uh, It is. It's cool. So that was cool. And uh, hopefully somebody can, you know, port that over to the Coco pretty quick because it looks like it's all joystick-based, which we shouldn't have to change any code at all. Just copy it over and away you go. Maybe change the palettes. Nick, you can add it to the next version of our... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This was mentioned in Discord today, too. Um, Uh, And I think we should be fair and balanced and say that there are more than one vendors on the market that make Atari joystick adapter converters. And if you'd like to know yeah. who those vendors are, you can go to imacoconut.com. Uh, I was just going to mention the fact the hardware itself here, because this is a, you know, it's not done for the Coco community specifically. It's basically an adapter to use modern Bluetooth controllers with a retro computer if it has the Atari DB9 connectors. We have several right. of those for the Coco now. Um, you know, from Neil and Boysentech, and I think there's a few others too. But basically it allows you to take these controllers for various other platforms, modern platforms, and then actually run them on retro platforms. And do you, you have are, the do you have the music video that uh, that he did? And if you do it, you need to mute the music because I'm sure it's copyrighted, but there was a really cool kind of half cheesy, half well-produced video of a whole family playing with the joysticks on the thing. I saw that Discord. I didn't put that in the link. It was in Discord, yeah. It was really bottom. cool. It was really cool. It was like a high-budget, homemade uh advert for it you know Curtis, if you go down to the the bottom of the article the, oh go down to the bottom of the article you. yes you're too kind um, thank you link says retro mo and then click there and then um i think you get right to the video and just just mute the volume before you play and it now the the title is a could be offensive if you view it in a uh double entendre uh, it's a uni joy stickle uni joy stickle <laughs> That's right, and that's only funny to you if you have a mind that would think that it's funny. Okay, so uh, when you hit so play, make sure you drag the down the volume. Yeah, okay, but it's really cool. So it looks like the whole family got in on making this video here. You, it's not in English, so we wouldn't understand it anyways, but I'm concerned the music itself is copyright. Um, this is a Commodore game. Uses yeah, Jumpman or something? Yeah, modern Bluetooth gamepads in retro platforms, right? So uh, use smart TV remote controllers too. Yep. Any Bluetooth uh, HID, I don't know what you call them. HID, human interface HID. device, HID, HID compliant. Yep. yep. Suitable for all ages. Yeah. 
So would uh, this help me with Popstar Pilot? Maybe. Well, you would need to have a Coco to to Atari style adapter because this is for this is for the Atari style adapters. But it, but instead of being limited to those nine pin vintage controllers, it's letting you Bluetooth enable modern controllers. Yep. And now you will not be able to 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 use mice um, unless you it does support mice, but only for the Amiga and Atari ST, which use a different. Oh, that's the Ion IK thing. That was a pretty cool little cabinet thing for the iPad. Yeah. Yep. Mouse support for Amiga and Atari ST. Cool. So you got different modes where you could use one controller as two joysticks or all kinds of stuff. So yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of stuff going on in here. Um, and 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 again, we were talking about markets and, and competition and <laughs> developing products. I'm sure there's been more than one product to Bluetooth enable a nine-pin joystick adapter, but this one looks like they've added some cool, unique features to you know have different yeah. modes and things like yeah. that. You know. By the way, I will it's add it. The word unicycle, by the way, because yeah, that's a whole unicycle. different thing. We, we'd have to have a whole show on their unicycle uh, product, but uh, but anyway, I will add this to my um, Atari DB9 attachment PowerPoint that I yeah, and you can even get about. it as a kit here, as they're mentioning too, and there's your your parts and stuff. So neat. All right, just don't just don't ask Curtis to solder it for you. That's all. <laughs> Not if you want a working one, anyway. No. And then the last one I have, and I, I'm going to preamble this one a little bit, and Simon, if you're still here, you can kind of chime in on, on your experience. But uh, was it a year or two ago you found that Commodore 64 that had the ants? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now Paul Shoemaker has found the equivalent with spiders on a Cocoa 2. Ooh. So this Ooh. is what the outer case looked like when he found it. I remember lots of comments on this one. Oh, Ermagerd. Wow, look at that. <laughs> Wow. I will be opening my computers outside the first time. From <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's, a little, it's a little, uh, what would you call it, degraded, uh, dirty? Something. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. This looks like, by the way, when you drive in Florida, the outside of your vehicle looks like this all the time in the summertime. <laughs> so, uh, um, debugging. Yeah. That, uh, was in that oil. Uh, yeah, you got stepped on, Carlos. What did you say? I was going to say, it's uh, it's not as bad as that uh, Commodore VIC-20 that was in the oil. That 8-bit oh. guy who uh, restored it. Yeah, yeah, mm. that was rough, the 8-bit guy. <laughs> but that anyway, uh, I did see comments from Paul later. He actually made a little video, too, because he actually cleaned the board. He took the circuit board out, put it into a brand new Cocoa case because he didn't want to touch the old case. <laughs> and rightfully so. And he powered it on, and it actually worked. But then he started running the diagnostic cartridge, and then it failed. Mm. So he's, he's still got some work to do on it, but it did actually power up and it did actually bring up, you know, the basic prompt and the cursor was flashing and the whole bit. So it's, it's, it's borderline working at this point, but uh, Sorry. I think they'll be able to restart. It's almost he like to some, listed for one ninety nine. He needs to do some debugging on it. Yeah, exactly. It's probably <laughs> either a RAM, it's a RAM chip or the SAM that's probably screwed up. I suggest you just play spider side so we can get rid of all the spiders in it, but... Uh, yeah, I say burn it. Takes a licking, but keeps on taking. <laughs> yeah, fire. that's one of the grodier cocos I've ever seen. So, grody. That's yeah. it for news. That's a perfect word, grody. Okay, and again, because this is a live broadcast and some things are beyond our control, there has been some derogatory, vulgar language posted in the live chat by what is known as an internet troll. So these things are beyond our control. 
And uh, if there were children at home or anyone else of any age who was offended by that inappropriate language, we do apologize, but that was um, not within our power to take care of. But the uh, potty mouth person has now been banned from making any further uh, inappropriate comments. Uh, Cool stuff. Cool, cool stuff. Curtis, thank you for your news segment. Thank you for... Um, for everything you've done for all these years, and especially for these past couple of weeks, all you guys, how you've come together. Um, when you guys talk about, you know, is this a show you want to, could, would you feel, would you be proud to show your family members? To me, this is a show I am proud to be a part of because of all you guys, because of what you've made it, because of what it is, is because of you guys. Right now there is, um, well, there was 20 of us in the panel. We're now down to 16. So a few people uh, fell asleep, but We've had 20 people in the panel, and, and just on YouTube alone, there's been you know upwards of about 35 live viewers for going on three and a half hours. That means that of the 20 people here, at least 15 of them were not us that are still watching. Um, and they've been with us for five hours, so they haven't been offended. Um, they have not commented that anything is unacceptable or vulgar or any other thing. So, so to everybody who's been a part of this from the inside, helping us create the content to those on the outside who've been supporting us on this journey, I want to say thank you to you all. I am proud of the show. I'm proud of the people on the show and I am honored that people watch it and thank you. You're all too kind. Thank you. Yes, you're uh, too kind. And thank you. Yes, you're too kind. I just, uh, to your point about about being proud of the show, people at work, you know, I tell them what I'm, what I'm up to over the weekend, and every now and then they ask for a link, and I know they're I know they're not going to watch the show, <laughs> yeah, but I give them the link because I'm proud of the show. Yeah, uh, if they want to see me on the show, they can they can watch. Yeah, I mean that you could tell if they did watch the show because Monday they would be laughing at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's a community around. There's a community around the show. We actually talked during the week. And again, yeah. I'll bring up how Curtis and Nick helped me upgrade the RAM in my computer. And like, it's been a valuable resource. Well, yeah, I'm mean, sorry we couldn't help you with your pop star skills, but at least yeah. we have. Well, you know, the game only has one level anyway, I'm pretty sure. So. <laughs> <laughs> do you still have a dead Coco? Oh, I do, but I've got, I've got a Coco 2 um, on uh, possibly another Coco 2 lined up. Uh, on the way? But not in a way. It's it's. I have to. We have to arrange final payment stuff. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Nick, try to, have, try to make it to Coco Fest this next year, and we'll get your other Coco fix. So you have a backup. Yeah. All right. Uh, is Carlos still here? Or did he leave? No, he's still here. I see. Yeah. He's muted. Uh, but... Well, Carlos, I see you yeah. put some bullet points here in the um in the Zoom chat. Are these things you wanted to say? Is the things you want us to say, or is that an internal uh, monologue there? No, just. Uh... You know, my thoughts uh, just for the guys on the host. You don't have to go through them. Well, that's up to you. These are your words. I think you did a good job in, in, in expressing different views on the, uh, the topics. That's cool. Okay. And we're going to have one more opportunity to do that after the break. Are we done with the news, L. Curtis Boyle? Yes, we are. All right. So let's hear some more Curtis music here. Let's pick a different track here. And this completes the news segment, boys and girls. All right, all right, all right, all right. So um, we're going to run one more commercial, and then we're going to have a host discussion uh, before we complete the show. So uh, let's see. We have a chance. We have a choice of commercials here. We could do the Coco Forever. We could do a Boomerang commercial. We could do the OS9 Forever commercial. Nick Marionettes. 
you want to you want OS nine? OS nine forever. Uh, to Nick Varentes, by the way. Okay, and and I'm perfectly okay with that. Uh, <laughs> and here we go, boys. So we'll be back in about a minute and a half. Wait for it. Wait for it. It's going to happen. Let's try this again. It was OS nine. Here we go. Hi, it's Chris Boyle, part of the uh, Coco Jack crew of people. Hey, everybody. This is Bill Noble co-author of Nitrous 9, you are listening to Coco Talk Live, the leading live Coco Talk show. Good day, mates. This is Nick Marionettes, author of such color computer titles as Donut Disaster, Rupert Rhymes, and Rockstar Pilot. And I am here today to tell you about the world's most fabulous operating system, OS9. OS 9 and its current incarnation Nitrous 9 is the most advanced operating system ever created. And what makes it so good? Ease of use. I find OS 9 so incredibly intuitive that I haven't once cracked open the user manual. And yet I've been able to create such incredible games faster than the time it takes to sing Walsing Matilda. Using OS 9, I expect my next game, Funstar, will be done this weekend and distributed exclusively on ROM cartridge. OS 9 forever. Any resemblance to actual events to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Radio Shack has a great gift idea for the whole family. Fast action TV games, and they're on sale. Get this six-game model for $29.95 or the four-game model for $21.95. With rising entertainment costs, that's a real bargain. You play hockey, tennis, squash, and more. Easy to hook up and great family fun that lasts all year long. The sale price TV games. Only at Radio Shack. A Tandy Company. We now return you to Cocoa Talk. How do you rate that Aussie accent, Nick? Nick, do you copy? Uh, it's not quite accurate, but it's funny. <laughs> he didn't say crikey. Crikey. He didn't have any of that classic stuff. Yeah, crikey. That's right. Yeah, that's I, right. give it, I give it two that's and a half Vegemite it. sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's missing the winky at the end, though. Oh, winky. so you're fat. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> In my opinion. Oh, uh, there we go. That, that In my opinion. You know, with rising entertainment costs, Coco Talk is a great value. It's a real value, yeah. <laughs> Six rising games, they're all incredibly time. different. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna embark on a host discussion. Hopefully, I spell this right. Uh, we are going to uh, discuss an issue that we will call uh, Memory Gate. And this issue is going to is going to touch on the topics of competition, and um, what we will consider to be um, acceptable, if I can spell right, behavior. Okay, I don't know if all these things are going to come up here, but let's have the let's see. Okay, there we go. Host discussion. It is called Memory Gate. It is about competition. And it is about acceptable behavior, which got cropped off, but it's okay. All right, so um, 
as we've already started off the show, we've aired our own dirty laundry. Have we made some mistakes? Absolutely. Have we said some things that maybe we aren't proud of or maybe we're over the, over the edge, cross the line? Absolutely. But we're human. And what's more important was, even though you can't be judged by your intent, is what was your intent? And I could say with, uh, again, with 90, high 90% of the time, our intent has always been completely honorable and beyond reproach um, as far as how we present ourselves as a broadcast medium and how we engage with our community as a community service. Um, so I can, so I just want to establish that that's what I honestly feel we have done in, in our in our history here in the 110 episodes in the two years we've been doing this. Um, and there's an issue that's come up. And so we have looked within, we've, we've confessed to our sins. And part of another thing I want to do on this show is um, if we are going to truly report on what is truly news and we're going to really talk about things, we need to talk about things, even if they're uncomfortable truths. Um, we need to talk about what's going on in the community and what is what is more of a bigger picture than a piece of the picture because everybody's going to see a piece of a puzzle and say, well, what's this person talking about? Why is this person th that person? When you put all the pieces together, there's a bigger picture. What I need to make sure we do when we do this is that we are completely clear we are completely transparent. We're completely honest. We need to state what is a fact, if it's a fact. And if we're expressing opinion, we need to say, in my opinion. And we'll express it as our opinion because we are all entitled to our opinions. And for me to tell you to not have an opinion, well, that's censorship and that's, uh, that's trying to stifle free speech. So I want you all to express your opinions. I want you to be open. I want you to be honest. But I would ask respectfully when you're expressing those opinions, please do it in a consciously civilized manner that sets an example of, a, you know, how, how a community member should speak on behalf of themselves in this community. Is that fair enough? Yes. Okay. Yes, yep. So what's the issue? I'll go ahead and read off a little prepared uh, synopsis as, we, as I tried to distill what's going on. But we're going to call this issue Memory Gate. And this isn't the first time an issue like this has happened, but this is the current one. And we're going to discuss it and we're going to talk about it because it's what's going on in our community. And this is, this is real news, okay? So what was the issue and when did this start? Well, right before Cocoa Fest, there was a product announcement from Cloud9, which, in, which introduced their new 2 meg memory board, which was... Uh, talked about last year, but did not reach the market till this new year. When when the advertisement was made, when the declaration was made, well, they were they were talking about the features of their board, and they made comparisons against the Boomerang board. Now, unfortunately, even at the initial time of posting, when these things were posted, the comparisons and the and the data was outdated. It was inaccurate. And to be fair, he probably based these decisions based on the information that he knew previously, but the boomerang board was already in the process of being updated. So uh, it could be an honest mistake. Hey, I reported facts based on the facts as I knew them at the time. But the problem was, is that people tried to speak out and correct the facts. And these people were getting their hands slapped. All right. So um, and at the end of all of this, during Cocoa Fest, because the, the accusation was Boomerang does, excuse me, but Cloud9 does, Boomerang don't, you know, Boomerang doesn't do this, Boomerang doesn't do that. Well, guess what? The Boomerang um, 2 meg board with the Rev2 of the DAP board, it does everything that Cloud9 board does. 
it it does everything that their advertisement says it doesn't, which now means this advertisement is inaccurate. And Mark Barlett himself went over to Richard's booth, ran his own independent tests on the memory board and said, yes, this board does exactly the same thing that my board does, which now completely invalidates the ad and the comparison chart, but it's still there. And no, but there's been no amendment, there's been no correction, there's been no redaction, so there is now false information being um, there. That is the opening statement of what's going on. Now, here is what I going to say, in my opinion, are some issues with this and also be mentioning some facts in this case that have been going on. Well, the first thing is if somebody just comes across this advertisement and says, oh, well, Mark says his board's got all these green check marks and Richard's got a couple of red ones. Well, I'm going to say, let me buy Mark's because his is the better product. Well, it's no longer true. So people could make a purchase decision based on misinformation. So I view that as an issue. Um, what I think is a bigger issue is the behavior surrounding all of this. And this was a word, I'm going to be honest, I didn't know what it means. I had to look it up, but vitriol, vitriol, is that how you pronounce it? Vitriol? Vitriol. So vitriol behavior has been ensuing around this issue, very acidic behavior, uh, some very anti-competitive behaviors, some very unpleasant attitudes and tactics are being exhibited by people who are related to this product. Um, now, and anybody who tried to speak out, anybody who tried to correct it or have a contrasting point of opinion, opinion, well, they're being met with contempt. They're being met with mockery. And in some cases, they're experiencing various levels of personal intimidation, which I am strongly against. Okay. Uh, during coast, as I mentioned, the board was proven to be was to be uh, compatible and exactly the same. So, but there are witch hunts going on uh, around this. Even now, even after, hey, listen, you wanted to have your moment. You wanted to promote your product. It's a big, a big Cocoa, uh, Cocoa Fest moment. Boom. That time has come and gone. You had your moment. You talked about your product. You sold your product. But guess what? There's misinformation here. That hasn't been corrected. And the behavior, this witch hunt behavior has not ended. You know, a month later, it's still going on. And, and this includes um, attempts at defamation of character, uh, personal discreditation, at, at our show, saying our show is vulgar being one of them. Um, and that should have all ended the minute that the test was proven that these boards are the same. Mic drop, the case closed, right? So it's still going on. Um, so what's happened now? Well, the, the, like I say, the, the, the drama has continued. The conversations are being made in public forums. I believe this, and I believe this is what I believe. And I think, I, I think I'm not being anti-competitive, and I want to, you know, this and the other. And then came the paper. The manifesto came that was supposed to prove this point, that competition is bad. I'm going to tell you why competition is bad. Here's my paper. Well, most of us read this paper. The majority of us don't agree with the paper. Not only did it not validate what I consider to be unacceptable behavior, it really just, in my opinion, I'm going to be honest, this is my opinion, and I'm going to speak freely on it. It's just enforcing what I consider to be completely biased and unacceptable tactics on, on approaching people of the community. And that's all that paper did to me was continually further um, show this person's bias. So that paper was done. Um, and and I'm, what I'm seeing here are patterns of anti-competitive behavior there is a sec there's a segment of the market that is trying to make strong efforts to control um, uh, competition in this market, to chastise, discredit, and even silence those who are speaking out about these behaviors. 
and um, and the people who are doing it aren't just the casual people. These are people who are supposedly prominent members of the of the community who should, in my opinion, act a little bit more responsibly and be a little bit more open-minded about things. Um, so there's the issue. I've stated facts and situations. I've injected some of my opinion on there. I'm setting the tone for what we are going to discuss. There you have it in a nutshell. This is me in a nutshell. Look at me. I'm in this crazy nutshell here. So now uh, I'm going to turn this over to the floor. And I, again, I want you guys to speak your opinion. If you want to cite facts or things you saw, things you know, make sure you're speaking facts and make sure if you say when you have an opinion, this is your opinion. Who wants to go first on this whole memory gate issue? Well, I guess I should be the one going first since uh, I am I am Richard Lorbieski. I'm from Voice on Tech and I am the one that produces the, the boomerang. Now, one thing I do want to correct uh, Steve about what you're saying, that it was Boise who came up with that first paper but it wasn't it, his his case. His point was duplication of hardware. It wasn't. Uh, he was trying to make a case of saying we shouldn't be duplicating hardware. It because steps on people's toes. Uh, it, and uh, other people pointed out, you know, duplication of like this can also waste resources. You know, there there's also uh, expenditures that uh, that uh, do occur. And, and those are valid points. Uh, but I'm in the other camp where I believe in, it's not just competition, but it's also choice. Um, when you are in a market and you only have one player that's providing something, uh, those prices can be artificially high because people, you know, they're willing to pay for that product. And I'm not saying that that's it's it's entirely wrong. It, this is just part of capitalism to me. That's what it is. So when another person comes in and says, you know, and this is where I came in and said, you know what, I could do this a lot less money. And and of course, when that happens, um, innovation happens as well because what Mark did was like, oh wait a minute, he's going to come in. I'm going to come up with a two meg board. Now, when I started with the 512, uh, one of the things was, and, and I had other people help me with this, uh, and I'm, I'm going to be uh, upfront about it. Uh, but one of the things was brought up was like, you know, the Coco already does support kind of two meg. It's already built in. Nitrous 9 already supports it. So why don't we also do a two meg? And, and my decision was, let me concentrate on the 512. And I came up with a TTL version of this. And, and I wanted to come it out before CocoFest. And this is CocoFest 2018. Um, and again, this is where Mark then accelerated his to two meg. Now, I decided, now at CocoFest, we had a price war going on. Um, he dropped his much lower than I really anticipated that he would do this. But I decided, well, I think I need to expand my, uh, you know, I guess my, my product um, memory options. So I green-lighted the 2 meg. But the other thing I did, uh, one of the things I believe it was a mistake, is I was very open about the 512K project. But when I did the two meg, I did it in complete secrecy. 
there was only three people that knew that I was working on this, and none of you guys knew what was going on until the day of Coco Talk when I just said, hey, look what I got. And you remember that day, right? Mm-hmm. Boomerang Mania began. Yeah, it was just like, oh, my God, what's this? You thought you guys thought it was a fi- another you, 512? I said, nope. You know what is- thought ran from my mind when you, when you told us about that? Um, how that? is this even possible? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it, it's not really magical. And the thing is that, it, it, and some people, and this is what really had bothered me uh, up until this point. Now, when competition does happen, you're going to have some kind of friction between some vendors at times. And you're going to have snark comments, you know, and, you know, I call trash talk. And, and you know, that's that's part of the, uh, the recipe or the equation. I, I, I have been in situations i had a computer store in a college town and believe me the competition was fierce and then i made another mistake i got into the isp business which was even more fierce and so yeah i i i'm i'm used to this you know it it, it can it can happen but you know when the the memory thing came around uh it went from snarky to very personal and some people accused me of stealing designs but it, uh, it was put in quotes. Stealing was, and copying was put in quotes. Yeah, stealing copying, which is completely untrue. I have always developed things independently. Uh, if there was thing, designs that I saw, because there's a lot of designs out there, I have contacted these people to get permission. Uh, that, uh, and, and I was really ticked off about that. I do not copy people. Now... How how do you how do you come up with something original as a two meg? I mean, it's it's memory, it's RAM. They all operate the same thing. And now one of the things I wanted to do, and and was again a consensus, was there was there was a product that was already out there uh, years ago. It was uh, Disto had a two meg, and I didn't really think a lot about the 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 whole Sierra online game thing because. These games were patched 10 years ago. And to me, I was like, okay, well, we'll just keep the feature of a software switch to where people can switch back and forth. But I was trying to keep it within the game, you know, compatibility, you know, instead of maybe moving forward. But, you know, we did change that because uh, uh, we were looking at it and said, you know, this is not a, this is kind of a dumb idea. So we, we did update our firmware to where, they're fully compatible with the Sierra Online because we also discovered Donkey Kong Remix uh, requires it, it. It had to require a patch or you know the the going with the using the disable switch. Um, but the the other thing that that got to me was there was an ad on eBay. The the guy was selling a Coco Three with a two meg board in there with yeah. a tire. and he that's did, uh, Cloud Nine fanboy. This yeah, is, uh, it was, handle. Yeah, yeah, and and to me, I, I I can understand. You know, he's he didn't mention any names at all. Mm-hmm. But then he wasn't really selling the that that that. Code. He wasn't selling the computer. He was selling the upgrades and the quality of the upgrades. And he was also saying this is not like the twenty five dollar knockoff memory you get in memory. So whoever this was was an insider that was doing some very deliberate inside kind of defamatory statements. Where yeah, this is it was, raw, it was raw, raw. This is a quality memory board, and this yeah. has got the super duper, you know, 
uh, I, 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 Guardian was, I was really and, appalled um, by that. I said, I, yeah. you know, I'm sorry to jump in on this. But I, it, it yeah. really, it, I was like, I cannot believe. And that's one of the things that I, I don't agree with when you sell a product. You don't tear down somebody else's product. You concentrate mm-hmm. on your your strengths. Let me let me let me interrupt you real quick, because you 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 corrected me on something I might have said when I was explaining Boise's paper. So I want you to make sure you can correct me again, so I can verbally correct myself. But I want to also when you say when you're saying what people and <clears throat> repeat what you just said about focusing on strengths. So I, I guess the where I was going to go with this was where we can say, well, you should. Well, yeah, but how about we say a different word so we're not dictating behavior, right? So right. Uh, yeah. it would be nice if. Um, if somebody took a higher road and focused on the strengths rather than trying to outline someone else's weaknesses. Right. Now, um, now you, you could do things like compare and contrast. So when that mm-hmm. uh, chart came out, uh, and to me, charts can be a little misleading. And, and, but the thing is, charts, charts are, are, are actually an acceptable practice that when you, you know, you're comparing your com- competition. I'm not offended by that chart at all. And I came up with the rebuttal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one of the other things that had bothered me is um, there has been such problems in the past. Now, when, when I decided to get involved with this board, uh, the people that helped me, one of, the, one of the agreements was they want to remain anonymous. And the reason they wanted me anonymous is because they didn't want to catch all kinds of crap by some people in the community. Uh, which, and, which has happened, which we've got, we've seen plenty of. We've seen plenty which, of, which and, is, which was rightfully so. You want to avoid retribution, because right. retribution happened. Right, and and it, it's more of what what was going on was they weren't going after the message, but they were going after the messenger, and I and, and it just it written and and the 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 vitriol, as a word was so bad to me it was bad uh because there was a lot of eyes and ears out there at coco fest a lot of people saw this you know because there's over 100 people that attended coco fest so it was it was the the tension was really uh was really uh deeper what you want to call dense um but a lot of people saw this and and the thing that would bother would concern me is if as a vendor we do many of us do collaborate with one another and we talk we share information and and we do things um that could jeopardize me trying to collaborate with other people in the future because they're going to like i really don't want to do this because you know i don't want to catch crap right 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 uh, that that's where that's where you know, the people when you say anti-competition it's well i wouldn't say it anti-competition it stifles competition uh, okay. but there, there is a good thing with competition as, as I, I have said, uh, and I'll say it publicly that the prices have dropped and, but not only that innovation has increased on both sides. Um, mm-hmm. Mark decided to come up with the two meg board, you know, I did, and we've been leapfrogging trying to add more, sweeten that pot to, to right. entice people to buy the product. And that's actually, to me, is a win-win because we stay on our toes. Right. Like I mean, in, I, Intel and, and AMD both exist, and the consumers, the consumers win because there's choices. 
right there's choices and and they and uh they they try to stay innovative uh if you just have one person there's really the the incentive is not really there uh compared to when you have competition at you uh, mm-hmm. The other thing that has been ramped up, you know, is, is I think I've been more, you know, that I've been successful is that I have been one of the few people in the community that offers online ordering. And not only am I on eBay, people can go to my website, they can order the product and all the calc- all the shipping and everything is calculated automatically. It doesn't matter what part of the planet you're on. You could be in Australia, you could be in the United States, you could be in the Philippines. You can you could just order it, put your information, whether it be PayPal, credit card, whatever, it's done automatically. And when it gets shipped out, you get notified automatically. So you can actually track the package. And with with the edge that I have, it's it's basically price and convenience. Yeah. I and just want to I'm sorry to interrupt you real quick. I just noticed we're coming up on four hours. I'm not sure if anybody's watching this on Facebook. But the Facebook right. live streaming has got a four-hour limit. So in five minutes, this is going to fall off of Facebook. It's going to end. So if anybody's still interested in hearing this conversation continue, if you're on uh, Facebook, you might want to jump over to the YouTube channel, which is live.cocotalk.live. And before I turn it back to you, Richard, I just want to acknowledge to Salvador, Salvador Garcia from Glenside had a comment um, in there. Um, Grant Leedy wants to come in. Should we let him in put it to a vote? He says, the problem I see is that we should not see duplication of products as competition, but rather as options. We should not have a product versus a product fight to the death, nor should we have the buy mine, not his type of attitude. Thank you for sharing your opinion on that, Salvador. And uh, back it, back to you, uh, Richard. Yeah, I, and, and as a matter of fact, I completely agree with that because if, if somebody buys a Triad Plus, it's a win for the community because the thing is when people come as, as, as let's say you're a newcomer and you see, wow, I have choices. That means they're going to be more likely to stay because there are so many other people that are here to support it. The other thing about having choices is some people may not like what, you know, they say, you know what? I really don't care about the boomerang. I like dealing with Mark Marlette. He's been around for many, many years and mm-hmm. that has a, I, and, and and I'll say this probably the guy comes up with rock solid stuff. He is a good guy. Oh, absolutely. And he's a good yeah. guy and he's got great products. I don't think yeah. and, and um and I don't think anybody would deny that. And right. the only people who would say something to the contrary are uh, what what's what's happening with uh, right. kind well, of with over here on this side is where you're trying to defame somebody to discredit them because you know when you can't you know haters going to hate basically right? right so uh it would be a hateful comment but not a true comment and we're right now on the receiving side of some of these hateful and untrue comments right and and yeah and and, and to me it, it feels to me and in my opinion is these people want to they've they've done everything to discredit me by saying i steal designs that i copycat that i don't come up with original stuff and they would they would love to see me just get run out of this community, drive me out. And that is not right. Yeah, there, there, is, there is a pattern of what I'm going to say. And, and, and what did I say incorrectly? And I'm going I'm to be honest here. Listen, I'm, I'm a human being. I'm, I'm, I am emotionally attached to this. And I am, to put it politely, um, pissed off on how people are behaving and things that are being said and being done. And so some of the emotion is distorting my logic so if i said an incorrect word when i was describing the paper what 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 were you correcting me on again so i can well, say no, it myself it basically he was making the case about duplication of hardware 
Uh, so, was, so by so by so by saying it was anti-competitive was not the best thing. I, I've, correct me, and I'll stick with your correction, Richard. So, well, no, I I, I don't think he, I don't think he's he's being anti-competitive. I think what they're trying to do is they they want an open market as long as it's not a direct competition. Or or the other thing is we should be openly communicating with another person if we're basically going to step on their toes. Well, I I just disagree with that because I don't feel that I I don't think that I should have to talk to somebody it's it's almost asking yeah 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 there's there's a lot of holes in the logic and again i'm going to speak my opinion and use the words i am not a lawyer i am just a schmuck but when you make a statement like uh well you should uh, ask for permission before to make a product well to me that is an anti-competitive statement and maybe i'm not a lawyer maybe that's not the right word but that's the word i'm choosing to use it was substitute that with the proper word. It's kind of a schmuck move, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but then the logic is, the next paragraph says, well, you know, whoever was to the market first should be the owner of that market, and then anybody else should come to them. But guess what? When it came to that space, there was a four-port cereal board that Jim Brain announced and had at the Coca Fest for two years in a row. So he was at the market first. Nobody came to Jim and asked him for permission because Mark Marlette has made a, uh, an announcement. Oh, guess what? I'm going to make a four-port cereal board. Okay, well, guess what? Jim Brain had one two years ago. According to Boise, you should ask permission of who was in the market first. No permission was asked there. So it sounds to me, in my opinion, that they would like us to ask them for their permission for us to do things, but no permission is being asked to other vendors in the same space. There are real-time clocks in this space. There are four-port serial ports in this space, and there is no consideration on uh, stuff. Again, my opinion, what it sounds like to me, what it feels like to me is what's good for us is good for everybody. What's good for you guys is what we will deem acceptable. Sorry, I'm a little bitter. Go ahead, Steve Bjork. Yeah, I was talking to my wife, who's an attorney, about this thing about, you know, like these people want to protect their stuff that they came to market first. And she made a very simple statement, get a patent. And then I told her, hey, you know, this is a hobby market. There's not enough money in it to make a patent like that. And she goes, then why are these people worrying about these things? In other words, this is a hobby friendly market, not a big business with lots of money on the table. Go at it. Have yeah. fun. Well, and, and the other thing is, how do you patent a two-meg board? Mm-hmm. That already existed. That are, the 512, already existed. Yeah, the 512 and, board was, was designed by Tandy. The two-meg board was designed by Disto. Well, and, and the other thing, there was, there was other, other bigger memory options. And the other, the other reason why I rushed to market, uh, and I, and I w- want to be first, um, the triad was not the only one I was really worried about. Uh, there was other. There was Jim Brain's eight meg board. There is Paul Barton had expressed uh, bringing out his no can board, and then there's the Gimme X project that Ed has, and he could have easily put memory on there. And again, uh, I wanted to be first because if I'm first, then at least I can have at least some input on how the market is guided. I'm not saying me personally, but everybody. W- everybody buys into these boards that, you know, they say, well, we're going to have to maybe work around that, you know, the future vendors to accommodate, you know, to be compatible with the, with the, uh, with the technology out there is what I'm getting at. I don't know if that makes sense, but. 
you know, because Ed, Ed was saying, well, I might put an option for the memory. And I gave him a suggestion. Well, why don't you, it's only two address lines that have to be going to those memory boards, uh, the two meg. Why don't you just come up with an apparatus to where it'll hook up into the Gimme X? And I think that's what he's working on. I can't speak for him mm -hmm. or, or Gary Becker because they're, they're, the, they're the two that are collaborating on this. Um, but, and, and one, and I'm going to stress this, this, there was, there was this, uh, I don't, one of the things I don't understand is why is there this fascination of who, who came up with this, who is behind it with me? Um, honestly, it's none of your business. I mean, I, the board's there, I support it, it works. And that's really all, all there is to it. It's a quality product. It works. It has support, and it's an option. Yeah. And nobody's and forcing you to buy one product or the other. And and the, um, and, the, and my reason is, and and again, the people that have helped me with this board do not want to be uh, 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 public about. I mean, they don't. They don't want to be upfront. They, right. they want to remain. They don't want to be honest. dragged into this. Right, and and it's already happened. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, and so so yeah, and 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 I'm I'm admitting here that I know I've got some of my own kind of angst over the issue, but to me it it's a combined weight of of everything. Uh, to me, again, maybe this is not the right legal or accurate word, but the behavior and the tactics and the practices are, um, they're coming to me from a point of hypocrisy where it mm -hmm. sounds to me my interpretation of this paper is, um, if the product exists, you shouldn't make it. Period. Um, and, 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 and that is that person's opinion. And if all they did was state their opinion and, 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 and be done with it, that would be fine. But the opinion was, it would, it just would not be let go. Not only do I feel this way, but I'm going to now, you know, go on this witch hunt. And now this person Brock on Facebook, who's posting something. Well, now we need to know who Brock is. Who are you, Brock? You know, do you know Richard? You lied about knowing Richard, not wearing Richard, but why, why are you going after Brock? Because Brock is, um, covering their identity for um to to avoid this very clear and present um retribution that's happening i don't see that as a crime i see it as somebody saying well this person is speaking out against us so let's hunt them down that's basically what's happening and it's an oversimplification and a gross way of describing it but that's what it looks like to me and i'm privy to a little bit more stuff behind the scenes because i'm also in the admin um facebook group and there are things that are going on there that i just think are crossing certain lines of what I consider to be civilized behavior. So. Well, in, in the one thing when I, when I first disavowed about Brock, I did not know at first. And the other thing that I kind of, and, and I was a little, uh, I would say, uh, hot, uh, quick to judgment here is one of the things I don't like is people speaking on my behalf and I don't know about this. Right. And I, we're getting, we're getting question. Is this Barack Obama is what David yeah. Lord wants to know. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the, and the, and the thing is, uh, uh, when, when it, they were looking at it, people are looking at it, if, if, if I'm having people speak for me, that means, and I'm here, that means I am weak about this. And the thing is I've, I, been ignoring a lot of this i'm just like you know what just say your opinion and go with it you know but it has gotten very personal and 
And, and if you keep repeating some of the things that have been said, you know, especially the ones that I steal designs and, and, and I'm a copycat and coming up with cheap knockoffs, you keep repeating that over and over again, people are going to start believing it. And that's why I'm speaking out. Cool. Are, are you are you done or do you have more to say? Um, I, I'm pretty much have said what I needed to say. I mean, I mean, I could probably go on and on and on and be okay. more rant well, ranting. Well, we'll let, we'll let some more people chime in and if they yeah. want to comment on things and then maybe that might uh, trigger something else for you to add to that. So uh, let me, I want to be clear about this. My my point here is I, I and to, to not to be hypocritical, I'm not trying to start another witch hunt. And I'm being, I'm being honest here. Yeah, I mean, this this is offending me because of just some principal beliefs I have on how people should treat other people. And I see those treatment uh, practices are ones that I personally do not approve of. I think most people in a civilized situations would also not approve of, but you're entitled to your own, uh, you know, prisms and how you view things. But uh, I see this as just, it's a bigger issue than just one thing. It's a bigger issue than just competition. When you have somebody or a group or a situation where people are taking semi-extreme measures to enforce, uh, I don't know how to say it, but other than a biased perspective, well, we've already got this product, so we want to strongly suggest that people make products that don't exist. Well, that's kind of a self-serving statement and philosophy to have and again if the if it was just a philosophy and it was just a statement and it was put out there and people were uh, able to dis to agree to disagree um and it was done civilly that would be one thing but it is not being done civilly and and this is why i feel we kind of need to call the light of this but again i'm not trying to start a witch hunt i want to make sure we're fair honest balanced reporting what's going on and also inject how we feel about it because i'm going to be honest with you too um when this whole thing hit, it was a big black cloud over Cocoa Fest. It was a lot of air being let out of the fun balloon. And it was potentially going to be, I think a lot of people were saying, oh, man, do I even want to go to Cocoa Fest? Because we got these people complaining about these people. There's all these nasty comments on Facebook. It's already become a thing. It's become dramatic. And we're not even there. Ron, you going to say something or are you just moving your finger around? No, I'm going to say something. <clears throat> uh, this whole thing did not affect me whatsoever. Right. I mean, well, that's good. Nothing yeah. had nothing to do with me going to Cocoa Fest or enjoying myself. I know Richard uh, somewhat. I know the other guys somewhat. Uh, I helped uh, uh, diagnose a couple of uh, computers for Marlette and stuff. Uh, uh, all this stuff seems to me because it's off on uh, Facebook to be disjointed from us. Here. Well, there, there was one. Th I, I want to add something here, uh, Ron. And I, I'm sorry to interrupt you because it's it, now you're you're mentioning that that what I don't want to happen. I mean, this could potentially fracture the community, and the community is not as big as other communities. What I don't want to see is people picking such sides, and they're saying, "Well, you know, Ron, you're helping Mark Marlette." Oh my, you can't do that. You know, I, 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 I don't want that to happen at all. Yeah. I think so people. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't see anything fractured. Uh, yeah, no, it is... can't, it can't become fractured because yeah. it just, you could be guilt by association. Well, and I don't want that to happen. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, 
Yeah. I, I seem to want to get along with everybody and I don't really yeah. Know. yeah. This whole thing. I, I, and, I don't and, think it even should be on here because it really doesn't affect the show. Well, but, but well, I'm going to say that you're you're probably in the minority on this, uh, Ron, and well, that's okay. We, we we respect. <laughs> no, we're no, we're having a discussion, but that's okay, Ron. Let's let's let some more people speak. Here's a comment from David Lord. There's no governing board of product development for the cocoa market. No one has to bend the knee. So it has not affected you. And there might there might and see you are a percentage of people who are looking at this. Uh, from a perspective saying, well, what's the controversy? What's the problem? I'm going to tell you what I think the problem is, and it doesn't mean you need to agree with me. But you have to understand that when we do these things, that our actions have consequences. And some of these consequences can have a negative impact on the community. It hasn't affected you, and I'm, and I'm grateful that it hasn't, but it has affected other people. And, and if certain things were to go unchecked, they could have larger reaching ramifications. If if there was the if there was this totalitarian rule where no, we've already made it, we're gonna control the market, we're gonna do this, and these are gonna be the products, then that is going to be bad. And if you don't realize that certain beliefs or philosophies could take us down that path and you don't speak out against it, say, hey, and um, maybe it's not happening, but to me it feels like this is happening and we have those discussions. Well, I want to prevent these problems from getting further or going down the road. So again, yeah. I'm telling you things based on my observations and my feelings and, and, and my feelings are different than yours, but I respect yours. But let's hear from everybody else because this is a panel and this is a discussion. Um, so um, I, I, I'm sorry. I just wanted to add one more thing. I'm, I'm sorry to kind of like hijack the thing. But um, when you say it doesn't affect people, well, imagine being in the shoes of being accused of stealing, you know, and and coming up with knockoffs. You know, it's defamation. It, it, well, it, it just, I mean, I'm just, it's it just like, oh my God, really? Seriously? Right. Yeah. I mean, to me, I am just like appalled by that, by and, that kind of behavior. Yeah. Well, I agree. Okay. But yeah. Th what recourse do you have? You either take them to court or you just. No, it's not. You don't It's not a recourse. It's a discussion. And it's these a, people, uh, their sin will find them out, you know, regardless yeah. of who it is. Who's ever. Uh, you know, they're going to do it again in other things, you know, and, and well, it'll be apparent. Well, uh, my 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 goal here is I don't think there is, as there we're not going to there. I don't think there is an exact solution, and it's definitely not going to happen right. as a result of this discussion. What I want to make sure we do on this show and in general as a community is to discuss the issues that are happening, and then everybody have a the 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 biggest problem I have in this is that it's been a one sided argument where the people who are saying you shouldn't do this or shouldn't do that, have not been open to civil discourse to look at a possible different perspective on the problem. That is the main thing I see as the issue. And then there's defamation of character and slander and liable and un inaccurate statements and personal attacks. That's just the icing on the cake. Uh, but the most important thing is, is that if you're in a situation where you're trying to enforce an opinion and your opinion is completely inflexible, I have a problem with that and I'm going to talk about it. And you're welcome to express your perspective on it too, but I want us all here to get this out. And, th and this is what I want our show to be, but it's not going to be to create drama. It's going to be to address issues and discuss them. What happens is people are going to make their own decisions and form their own opinions. And I, I honestly, I'm not sure anything is going to change other than the fact that when things happen in the future, we're just going to talk about them and try to be open and honest and and, and fair in these discussions. Um, anybody else want to talk about? The, yeah, go ahead, Curtis Boyle. L. Curtis Boyle. 
Okay, so for me, there, there's a, a few issues, and we've kind of covered them. I'll just kind of enunciate them a little bit, too. Uh, one is the uh, personal versus technical attack. I mean, like, as Richard mentioned, the chart is fine. It was, you know, outdated, but very recently outdated, so I could see why, you know, market published that. When we start getting to personal attacks, like accusing of stealing of stuff, that's going too far. I mean, that's that's this, this this is a hobby. It should be fun. You're not, you should not be making personal attacks. I mean, even when Bill and I used to have heated arguments during the design of Nitrous 9 back in the day, we were always arguing technical points and you get quite vocal and, you know, defend your position, et cetera. But it was never like, Bill, I can't stand you. You're an idiot or whatever type thing. It, it was on the technical merits. And I think if you're going to have discussions or arguments over that kind of thing, it should be on the technical merits, not on a personal level. So that's, that's one point. Um, two, uh, going back to Boise's paper a little bit, I mean, I'm talking about the first to market versus first to announce. Like, I'm not sure when he says, you know, like basically whoever comes out with it first, does that mean I've announced something, but if it's not out for another year and, you know, if, if, if that's their criteria, then that means that nobody else is going to be able to get anything that, that is compatible with that for that full year until the product comes out. Like it's basically been vaporware up for a year type thing. So it should be based on first to market, in which case in, in the two meg board here, then Richard was... Uh, you know, first to actual market with the with the board by quite a few months, um, and, and kind of along that um, thing too. I mean, Osborne is is an example used for somebody that you Osborne yourself type thing. Like you pre-announce a product yourself, and then your sales of your existing product because your new product is not expected for a year. Basically, your sales dry up because everybody's waiting for your new thing. Well, that works with competition too. If I pre-announce a product at the same time that other people are developing a similar product independently of it. And I've got enough sway in the community that, you know, people will probably go for me first because, you know, I've, I've been established or whatever. The reputation's really good. But if nothing happens for a year or two and then the, everybody else just kind of quit developing at that point because, you know, you know, they've got dibs on it type thing. Well, then you've Osborne the competition and you might even start running the competition out. Like if every time Richard comes up with a board he wants to do and all of a sudden you know, there's an announcement elsewhere saying, oh, I'm doing this type of board. And they announced it first. And a lot of people like to keep things secret because they like to surprise people with that. That's part of marketing. You want to be able to, you know, get that excitement going like David Ladd does. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so you, if you pre-announce it and the competitor just says, well, well, there's no point in me making it now. But then it doesn't come out for a year. Then nobody has had that product for a year. They could have. Right, right. And that's hard to market. It. That's hard to market. Yeah. So that that's the three main points I took. Um you know, the personal attack, what is the definition of first? Is it first to announce versus first to actually come to, to market with it? And uh, the Osborne in the competition, which if in extreme cases, if they keep coming up with things that they announce first, and then, you know, Richard goes, well, I don't have any other things I want to do. So now you've basically Osborne him out of the market completely. Right, right, and right. And you right, start right. getting monopoly where, you know, if I, like another thing too on the pricing issue, I mean, if you created the board first and you got it out a certain price, then you have every right to charge whatever the market will bear. First, to, mar first to market, first market sets the precedence of the price and the consumers yeah. are going to either buy but it or not. If yeah. somebody comes in five years later with some new technology that can build the same board for much cheaper because they've invested later, they might not have paid as much for their... You know, right, right, right. But they invested later, four years later, and now there's this new piece of equipment that could do it for half the price. Then should they not be allowed to pass those corresponding savings on to the customer? That doesn't mean either side was right or wrong. You know, I, they picked you know, you know their hardware four years earlier, and that's more expensive to manufacture based on that hardware than the new stuff is. Mm -hmm. But they had the market for four years, so there's no loss there. 
And that's just the way normal business works. I mean, people try to innovate and people come up with, you know, I can get this thing, you know, new equipment that makes this a lot cheaper and easier for me to produce. Well, of course, if you want to keep going at that market, you'd try to get that. And then others might say, you know what, I haven't fully paid off the investment on my old equipment yet. So I don't really want to invest in other, you know, X amount of dollars to, you know, get a new piece of equipment that would now allow me to do it. Right, right, right. So that's a risk you take in business. That's just normal. Yeah, outstanding uh, comments, I think, uh, Curtis. Um, you, you, you hit on a lot of the points that I was thinking of myself. Um, you express yourself really well there. Um, I'd love to add some further points, if I may. By all means, Carlos Camacho, uh, in full disclosure of the Color Computer Store, so you are a vendor and a producer of products for our community. Right, not a sponsor of the show yet. <laughs> <laughs> That'll change. Yeah. At some, at some point, right? Um, so, you know, I, I've i come back to the, the Cocoa community. Um, it's been a couple of years now. Um, and I was kind of uh, told that there are frac- factions and teams and things like that uh, in this community. And it was something I never really wanted to participate at all. So um, the fact that I'm here doesn't uh, in any way say that, you know, I'm on team A or B. Uh, I'm just here as a Cocoa lover. Um, I see that the community is getting uh, bigger and bigger. Um, yep. So um, when I think back, probably, you know, there was a time where there was only, you know, maybe 20 guys still using the cocoa. <laughs> um, and it didn't make sense for those 20 guys who were still using the cocoa to all make the same thing because then that's kind of boring. Right, right. But now with a, um, a community that's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, um, it's changing. Um, so... Um, I think, however, though, the mindset of still we have 20 guys in this community and those 20 guys shouldn't make the same thing has still prevailed. Um, okay. I may be wrong. That, um, okay. Your take on it. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, the point is just that the community is a whole lot larger now. So there is a lot it's more. A, it's growth. a bigger pond for sure. Yes, exactly. Right. Um then um, the other thing I, I think often is um, if you if you enjoy making something, make it. Um, for me, um, what I really enjoyed in the beginning was um, uh, renovating old beat up uh, cocos. I'd buy them or I'd find them. I'd get them as donations. I'd clean them up, and I wanted to put more beautiful cocos out there for people to enjoy. But often that uh, I would find that the I could fix the cases, but the badges looked awful. So I went out and I sourced it, I designed it, um, and I created badges. And basically they were for myself. Uh, but then, you know, other people would like them as well. So, okay, we'll sell them. Uh, but I enjoyed it, you know. And so I think um, if people enjoy making something, there should be no one that should stop you from uh, breaking your enjoyment on something. Um, the other thing I... I, I, I think about sometimes is that maybe there's a lot of computer science majors in our community and not a whole lot of marketing or business people. Um, so I would say that um, if you can't source a product correctly or if you can't build it to be cost effective and to cover your margins or your investment in it, then a little bit you probably would want to reconsider putting money into a project. Um, uh, so that's a, another thought. Then um, something similar to what Curtis was saying is that if you are announcing a project um, in advance, um, he talked a lot about um, um, the, the competitive uh, standpoint of 
of, of that. But uh, there's another aspect in that um, you may not ever finish that project, right? Um, things could get in the way. Sure. Or, or you could be setting expectations for that project um, that are. Yeah, warning I was talking about earlier. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, I do believe there is space for collaboration uh, in this community. And I think often with the collaboration is um, you're building some hardware, you want to make sure that it doesn't cause conflicts with other hardware um, and software. So there, I'm totally with you. you know, I, yeah. I really believe that, that that is a true true thing. Um, so, but Synergies, um, yeah, then there are a lot of synergies that are out there. Like for example, John Strong was a primary producer of 3D printed cases for the longest yeah. time. So anything Ed Snyder made, John Strong made the case for. Um, and so that was an example of a synergy. You know, people have, uh, Jim Brain has worked with a lot of people. Richard has worked with people. So there are people collaborating and helping people. Um, yeah. um, and I, I'm sorry if I'm going to, I don't want to derail you. So put a pin in your thought. But one more thing I was thinking about that was, you know, with the, um, with the Ed Snyder, John Strong thing, uh, John being the only provider of 3D printed products actually is becoming a bottleneck and yeah. is probably um, holding back production. And that's probably one of the reasons why Ed Snyder went ahead and got invested in his own 3D printing stuff. So now he's making his own cases for the Coco SDC. And it's because John's one guy. He's got to make things yeah. that he needs for his projects. He's got to make things. And, and these things take a while to produce. So when there is only one person out there to make the product that can actually become a, uh, a stifle of production so sometimes that monopoly or that single source of of something is not always in the best uh, greater good for for the marketplace right yeah I totally agree i mean tomorrow you know we're not all young you know and you know, a reindeer could have hit one, any one of us. And so mm -hmm. if that person's getting taken out, then <laughs> the products that they're making are uh, gone forever. So that's not good. But yeah, I definitely believe that um, someone mentioned innovation, competition, huge proponent of that. I, I do believe that that is the truth. Um, and I'm part of a lot of different retro platforms, not just the Coco. You know, I, I'm into about 20 or 30 different other platforms. And some of the things, sometimes uh, with certain platforms, um, there's so few people making hardware for them that it's not as approachable as I find uh, the Coco uh, community. So to me, it's like as more people are producing products um, and prices are more reasonable, um, it allows me to uh, get into that platform a whole lot more. And you know, if we really want to create a bigger community, uh, then being a community that is very approachable be, from a standpoint of price uh, is is very important, I think. Um, and now I will say that uh, in terms of stealing ideas, there's no one in this community that would advocate for um, stealing of ideas. That's, Direct plagiarism. Yeah, that's just wrong. I, right. There's no one that supports that standpoint. Right. Um, and then the final thought I have, you know, I'm, I've been sitting here um, listening to you all and I've been flipping through a bunch of rainbow magazines and color computer magazines. And we all need to look at those magazines a little bit more and look back at our history and realize that the Coco has always been a platform of competition. You know, you had um, Steve's awesome Zaxxon and then you had the you know, that Zaxxod whatever it was called. <laughs> Zach uh, Dud. Yeah. Uh, yes. Dud, or something. Zach but, yeah. Throughout the history of the Cocoa, there's always been quite a bit of competition, you know, uh, different companies going back and forth. So it's in our DNA. 
Um, so those are those are my thoughts. All right. Well, thank you for sharing. I did want to add one thing that actually Carlos kind of brought up in my head here about competition and uh, collaboration in a specific uh, part of competition. Uh, collaboration, I mean, Boise mentioned that in his paper, and collaboration is a good thing to do when it's possible. I mean, that, that does help the community as a whole. Uh, but that depends on several things. That depends on the personalities of the people involved, because some people can work well together, some people can't. That's just human beings. Um, it depends on their manufacturing and design. Like maybe they're doing things in an incompatible ways because they're using different hardware, different software, or whatever else it is. So maybe they can't collaborate because you know this design will not work with yours and, and yours won't work with mine. Um, and then there's also the approach to the product itself. Like sometimes there's more than one way to skin a cat. So they, there might be multiple ways you can get to the end game of whatever product you're trying to produce that may not be compatible with the other, the other people that are there. So maybe you just can't collaborate. It's not, you know, a personal diss against the other person or a diss against the design. It's just, it's different. And that, that should be acceptable. Something, something you can collaborate. Yep. And sometimes you can't. Yeah. It's and not a bad I, suggestion. It's, and when it's possible, no white, black and white. Yes. So you have to do it this right. way. No, you have to do it this way. It's, it's, okay. It depends on the circumstance. To me, the place that we need the most collaboration is between people who make hardware and people make software. You know, I don't dislike the fact that there's a bunch of audio products for the Coco. What really gets me down is that there's not a bunch of games taking advantage of that. You know, and I get that you, you can't support every, you know, hardware platform out there. But it's like, yeah, release something and work with some software people or do it yourself. You know, just go back and convert some games to support your your hardware and then that's going to make people want to buy your product over everyone else's yeah uh, if i can say something uh you know carlos said something that's pretty interesting he said you know we're all getting older uh well there's going to be a younger generation that that's going to take over at some point or or the club and the group will die uh so we need to let the younger people come in and compete as well so if we're a closed, uh, you know, if we're closed off and we're not competing, right? Nobody's going to learn how to make any of this stuff. Yeah. Right, right. And younger might not even be younger in age, but maybe be younger as far as your tenure within the community. You could be new to the community, and you got, you've got to go through all of your own adolescent things where I need to have my first beer, make my first project, do these things, and do that stuff. Um, yeah, and, and, and this is great. I'm glad that we're able to talk about that. Everybody's got an opinion, and again, this is not meant to be, uh, we're not trying to form or force anybody else's opinion or, you know, force a view on the uh, on the issue, but we want to talk about it. Uh, anybody else uh, want to chime in on the community and uh, products out there? Anything I would just like to sum up. My, my conclusion would be that uh, the world is gray. It's not black and white. There is no yeah. perfect solution for this in either direction for any of the companies involved or any of the people involved. We just have to work together when we can and agree to disagree when we can't. And yeah. civil, but civil, civility is the main thing, I think, that triggered all this. Is it, it got quite uncivil. Yeah. I think also the issue that comes up, too, is really the goal, is it the community or is it your group? I think a lot of us here on the panel, it's about the community, uh, community. Also, my wife was also saying when it comes to legal actions and like that, it, it's all about the intent. If there is an intent, then there's the issue. And, you know, some people have an intent that they're trying to keep the marketplace to themselves. That's really what it's boiling down to. I created this thing. This is what I want and stuff like that. 
Well, nothing is done in a vacuum. And sometimes people get pretty passionate about their attempts as what they're trying to focus, such as what happened at the Cocoa Fest. And that also has a tendency to paint things that they do later where they're trying to create an opinion piece to state their opinion. They can't see the, the piece as just that piece. They see it as not only that, but everything the person's done before that. Yeah, yeah. So that is an issue. Yeah, I think one of the things that this this is and this is this is where, you know, responsibility and accountability come into everything we do uh, when we're communicating, especially online. Right. So uh, if you're going to post something, if I'm going to say something on this show, if I'm going to send a post on Facebook, if I'm going to write a blog, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to be expressing myself in a public form. And regardless of what my intent was in this process, at the end I'm going to be judged by how people perceive what I actually did. And those perceptions are never going to be drawn based on our on, on my intention. They're going to be based on that person's perception. How do I perceive what these actual words mean? What is he saying? What is his words? And then a second layer might be, well, now let me try to apply some context. Where does this fit into the context of what's going on currently? Another thing that could factor in is, well, what is this person's character? How has this person established themselves with their patterns of behaviors? Has this person always been polite and calm and now they're getting upset by one thing? If this is the first time that David Ladd got upset about something, it would be out of character. We would probably take it more seriously, right? But if we're going to sit here and listen to Nick Morenti's talk about OS9 again, and for the 900th time, we're going to be like, oh, that's just Nick. It's not going to weigh as much, right? So so at the end of the day, we're human. We're, our human processors are going to take this statement or this action or this thing, and we're going to process it based on how we're going to interpret it literally, contextually, and then behaviorally based on the source of that person. And, and for me, the combination of all of these things uh, really makes me feel sour about how this is going down and that again i'm expressing myself i'm being honest if i'm wrong i'll come back and say okay you know what now that i've got more information i am now going to redact this because i better understand it and now my opinion has changed so let me tell you my opinion but right now my opinion is i just don't feel good about how that whole thing went down um and i would like to see us as a community um, make better strides towards um, acting in ways of, of better levels of behavior towards one another. Despite our differences, our disagreements, our strong and passionate opinions, let's be civilized. Um, that's all I would hope. And that's the main goal that I would hope that when we, when we walk away from this discussion is, is that uh, moving forward, if we can all be a little bit better, that would be a productive use of this conversation. I agree. Yeah, I mean... Wow, how lucky are we that um, any one of us now has the capability to uh, get a, um, uh, a um, CAD program to lay out a, a board, you know, so easily and then uh, have a board created in such a professional manner and then have a 3D printer create something like, you know, we are in so many ways so lucky and we all have the potential in all of us to create such wonderful fun products, you know, and I think that's where energy should always be put into. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I do admit some of the, uh, some of the tone of my paint, my, my statements are uh, obviously personally laced. And so I'm going to, I'm going to own that. Uh, I've been trying to keep myself very civilized here. I probably have not succeeded, succeeded as well as the rest of you guys. So I want to thank Richard Lorbieski for, 
speaking his piece about um, everything that's been happening with uh, the treatment of his product and his company. I want to thank Curtis Boyle for having some really eloquent statements made, and, and you as well, Carlos Camacho, and everybody else's. Uh, anybody else want to chime in on it? Have we beat it to death? Because it's not going to go anywhere. It's just we're just talking, and we're not going to solve anything, but I think we've stated our case, uh, you know, getting some things off our chest. Anybody else? Anyone? Anyone? No, no. I mean, there, there. You know, Carlos makes a good point about we have to work more with the software developers. Uh, James Jones was saying in the chat that um, uh, you know we have all these different sound options, as was Carlos. Uh, you know, Chet Simpson has done some work in that regard to kind of uh, combine all of all of the different sound options into one type of interface that programmers can work with. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, this kind of um, you know, turn over your designs. If you run afoul of the uh, community police, this kind of, you know, attitude that you have to get permission and you have to you have to collaborate whether you want to or not, for all the reasons that Curtis mentioned, you just may not want to. <laughs> you may not either like those those folks in the, you know, personally or just professionally in the design and you want to take your own approach. And you shouldn't have to just turn over your proprietary work, um, you know, in order to, to make that segment happy. Uh, I like the comment of the 20 guys, you know, the, when the Cocoa community had whittled down, uh, when it had when it was those group, a uh, smaller group, and they did need to control uh, their uh, bandwidth, be able to focus on, uh, you know, to be efficient, and how that's changed and how the community's uh, grown. Um, uh, you know, I, I would just say, you know, uh, people like, you know, there's, mul there's multiple sound options. Again, we need to work with our, uh, our software folks. There's multiple kind of Wi-Fi and networking technology. We've got two different drive wires, um, you know, and I think it's if we start stifling people, we will make them not want to do any development. And that will also hurt us on the software side, which is where we need our most help. So. Grant, were you getting ready to say something or are you just making microphone noise there? No. Well, I believe we, we can't just, we can't conclude a discussion about hardware without hearing from Nick Morentis because he is the foremost uh, expert <laughs> on uh, hardware. So Nick, is there anything you wanted to talk about with all of your authority and experience and expertise in the hardware market? Um, <laughs> what would you like to say to us? Well, I think everything, everything's been said anyway, so uh, <laughs> I agree with everything. Uh, I'll just quote something that Ed Snyder made a comment on Facebook, which I agree with. He said, in a, he said that, make what you want, sell what you want, but play nice with others and don't take things so darn seriously. And I think that encapsulates uh, more or less what the Coco, the spirit of the Coco community, hobby community is. Round you of know? applause. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> You're too kind. All right. But uh, that's the way I see it. All right. Well, okay. So I, I am done with my whiny baby uh, segment here. So uh, I, 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 listen, if, if, if I made inaccurate assumptions about things uh, and I later find that I've said things out of place, I will correct that and, and adjust for that. 
Um, so we're going to end this segment. Did, did, did we have a core dump or tech segment or anything else? Or are we, are we kind of good for today's show or we'll put a, we'll put a fork in this one. I'm sorry, David, 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 David Ladd, ladies and gentlemen, David, yes. oh, he had his hand up too. I didn't even see that. Go ahead. David Ladd, you have the floor. So on, on the discussion of how the temperament was at the fest, um, from my standpoint, looking at everything, for me, I've always wanted to be in a um, uh, an environment with like-minded people. Of course, even in that environment, there will always be people that have their own views on items. But the biggest thing is that you can't always focus on yourself or your small group. You want to look at the bigger picture of how it will affect the community, the community as a whole. The community must come first, your smaller group or yourself sometimes has to come last Unless, of course, you know, you, your situation is going to be you're going to die, then that's a different thing. But, um, but the community, you must be careful. What you do does not harm the community is what okay. I, I basically want to focus on. If you think what you're going to do is going to harm the community, don't do it. But if it's going to improve the community as a whole, then I don't see a problem in it. If it pisses off one other person, well, that's one person out of the community. You know, you can't always not step on toes. But it's the community. The greater good. Wish you would have that while, while we were in the elevator. <laughs> oh but grant that's not what you said that's then it. so so uh -oh. uh, so, so we've heard from the aforemost mentioned uh, nick morenti's uh, certified hardware uh, expert of opinions <laughs> um david ladd community and yeah and, and uh, again when when you say something like we should be focused on the community I, I, everybody agrees and so um and um, rather than saying that this is an implicit statement that if, you know, some people aren't or are, are or aren't or haven't, the, the, the goal is, is what are we going to do tomorrow, right? And so that, and I think David's, you know, summary there is great because really that's the thing. It's and like Ron said a long time ago, I'm here for this. I'm here for the cocoa, not the people, the cocoa. And that's what, that's what the, you know, that's what, that's what I think originally drew us all here was our love for the cocoa which then got us to an extent the Coco community, which was a global online community, which then gave us the opportunity to meet together in Coco Fest, which got allowed us to meet in person. And there's so many wonderful, positive, amazing things that have come from this. And I guess at the end of the day, all we want to do is hope that we can keep things positive. And, um, and, and that's it, right? Keep it positive. And um, we can agree to disagree, but let's be civilized when we do it. And at, some, and at the end of the day, the consumers are going to decide what they want. Um, the community is going to decide um, what's best for itself. 
et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We're stating what's probably the obvious now, but I want to thank everybody for indulging me, getting a lot of stuff off of my chest. I think this has been a very therapeutic uh, episode for us, covering a lot of things, um, starting with self-reflection and everything else. So uh, I have some new and improved closing credits that I want you guys all to hear and see. Again, just getting wrapping it up on a positive note, this is a really good slideshow of this past month's Cocoa Fest, and that really should be the goal, is the positive. The love, the peace, the harmony, the happy, happy, joy, joy type stuff. And that's what the outro is going to show. And then uh, we can maybe have some final post-credit closing remarks. Are you guys ready for me to put a fork in this? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. Now I got to find it. I got to find it. I got to find oh, it. Thank God he's going to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I have a fork for you. Yes. <laughs> okay, here fork. we go. Here's the new. And, and Alan Huffman has been silent this whole time. Alan, sorry. You've been here. Uh, does your mic work? Uh, there's no auction going on. My, my, my. You just muted yourself again, Alan. That's all I wanted to say. My I mic works. Okay. No further. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So we are going to play the new and improved Coco Talk outro in three, two, one. Oh, son of a biscuit. Hold on. We're going to try this again. Spoiler alert, it ends with Nick Marota, but here we go again in three, it ends two. With this concludes another episode of Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things Coco Talk, visit us on the web at cocotalk.live. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world Keeping the Tandy flame alive We may be mocked, but we'll never stop Cause Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world Consider supporting the show with a purchase of merchandise from our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com if you'd like to become a patron of the show, click the Patreon link at our website at cocotalk.live. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. Coco Talk would not exist without the community, its cast, crew, and contributors. Thanks go to Curtis Boyle, David Ladd, Mark Oberholzer, Grant Leedy, Bruce Moore, Nick Marenkis, Ron Delvo, Rick Adams, Jason Riker, Richard Lorbieski, Jim Brain, Tom C., Rob Inman, Mark Bosley, Brian Joyce, Ken Riker, David O'Connor, Brian Weasler, Terry Steggy, Nick Marota, John Strong, and many more, especially to Steve Bjork for production suggestions and James Diffendaffer for making my head explode. <laughs> Please help support the Coco community by visiting some of its various contributors. A list of resources is available at imacoconut.com. That's I-M-A-C-O-C-O-N-U-T.com. The Coco Talk theme song is copyright 2008 by D. Bruce Moore and Greg Sheeler. Mixed, mastered, and produced by D. Bruce Moore.
Nick Marota, Nick Marota, Nick Marota. Thank you so much. Like Name so nice, you must say it thrice. I have spent all day, it was up to the wire of me re-editing and re-rendering video files for the intro and the outros and everything else. And it was like, dude, I got to take a shower. I've been sitting in this computer chair since this morning. So it was, um, yeah, I mean, at, at, at the end of the day, it's the love. And I think there's a lot of love with all of us. And we all, and myself included, and it happened to me even today, we can get emotionally attached to that. And sometimes that passion and that emotion can can affect our behavior. I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it today. I'm guilty of it in the past. I will be guilty of it in the future. All I will hope that I will try to do more uh, often um, on this show and in the community is to make a much better public um, uh, concerted effort to be a good member of this public community. From That's my pledge to you all. Um, thank you. Well, all. I, would like, I would like to say you're, you're closing there. I mean, it was nice in multiple ways. One, it had everybody smiling, which is the way we should be in the community. Yeah. And it was a nice way to bring the mood back up after a pretty serious discussion. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And let's, let's see how next week goes with my uh, introduction of our new guest, Brock. so at one point in time we had we had roughly um we uh as salvador garcia says hashtag coco strong now unfortunately there's been a lot of chat going on i have not been able to stay on top of the chat so for those of you out there who have been speaking I want to thank you. Uh, you're too kind. But let's see if we can at least acknowledge some of the people in the live chat. That's something I think I've strayed away from a little bit. There's a lot of people in the live chat. So I'm going to scroll back as far as I can scroll right now. As far as the wheel will scroll. But Mark Overholzer, Ken Reichert, uh, Nick Marota, Rob Inman, um, Ken Reichert, Ken, Ken, Nick Marota. A lot of repetitive names here. Terry Steen has been with us. Matt Che has been with us. Uh, Rob Inman, Terry Steen. Terry Steen, yeah, a lot of Terry Steen going on here. Rick Adams came by, uh, and I'm not sure what he was responding to, but he said something unbelievable, well done. That was at the 1537 mark. The, I don't know. The RMS. The RMS. Oh, excellent. Very good. Yeah, that was the good part of the show. We started off good. Remember it, went, it. Went right, it went way. That was like four hours ago, man. Right? So That was um, yesterday. <laughs> yes. Al Hartman from Jersey's been here. And Rob Inman and Terry Steen. And uh, uh, you guys got to stop monopolizing the chat so I can find other names in here. Uh, uh, Mythic. That is Fedor's, one of his many uh, alter egos. And Matt Che and Terry Steen and uh, Ken and my lord uh, Mark Overholzer. There's a who's lot of the, people out here. James, potty mouth? David Lord, Ken. James Jones, David Lord. Uh, who was the Eric. potty mouth? I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, um, lots of people. I'm gonna I'm gonna forget you all, but you know that we love you, Eric Canales. We love you. We appreciate you. You're here. You support us. So for those in the audience, thanks for being here every single week. Um, thank you, Ron Delvaux, for all you do and for being just a pure... You're, Ron Delvaux is the pure angel of our community. And nobody can say nothing bad about Ron. Uh, Ron's a good guy. Ron's a teddy bear. 
Give, give me a couple of minutes. I'll find some. <laughs> <laughs> Al, Al Curtis Boyle, I'm sure we can come up with a few uh, uh, pies of mud to sling his way, but we'll cut him some slack today. I don't you're... find them first. Yes, Al Curtis Boyle, we love you. Uh, Carlos Camacho, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate Thank you uh, for... what you do for the community because it is a valuable service. Yeah. And again, not to be yeah. biased, but this is a true statement. Uh, when you buy a cocoa on eBay, you don't know what you're going to get. It's like a box of chocolates. But what we can say, and this is a, a, a fair statement, although it also sounds like it's a plug, and I might as well make it one. But when you buy from Carlos in the Color Computer Store, you can buy with confidence because you restore the machines, you clean them, you paint them up. And as a consequence of this process, you also started coming up with new badges to make it look good and even like replacement warranty stickers and all kinds of stuff. You've done some really innovative stuff stuff in the space of refurbishing and creating a safe marketplace for buying secondhand cocoa. So I want to thank you for that service. Are there um, spiders? Uh, no spiders. They are no spider free. Oh, spider free yeah. cocoa from, spiders if you from want. Carlos Camacho. Eric Canales, you have always been a voice of reason. You are a fair and balanced and and wise and, and generous individual. Thank you, Eric, for all you do. Or he's looking at himself like, is he talking about me? Um, Mark <laughs> Bosley, you have been our backup streaming engineer, and the show would not have happened without you on a number of occasions, and you and Tom C. and uh, other people have done it, and I know Richard did offer to do it in the past, and I do appreciate the offer, Richard. So thank you for that. Uh, Fedor Stamen, thank you for being our, our headline act today and, and sharing this incredible discovery with us um uh, i cannot thank you enough rob inman eh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh rob thank you for all you do and all your contributions to the show and your wit and your insight and your segments uh nick marota what can we say you are our muse nick you are now the reason this is not even we should just call this nick marota talk it's not even about the love of the cocoa it's the love of nick we need to get have a reason for nick to get on the air and make our lives better thank you nick marota alan huffman i want to thank you for not being at coco fest so i could actually buy things affordably at the auction this year <laughs> well even if i would have been there i didn't have any money uh, fabulous, so you would have been okay uh, I, I don't know. It's to... never stopped you before, Alan. You can help. <laughs> no. <laughs> and thank Alan, you for. All... It's nice to see that you're real busy and doing things and talking and around. It's yeah. a wonderful thing. Yeah. Yeah. Good to see you, Alan. Steve, the thing is, all we have to do is a five-hour show. Eventually, you'll find us and get on. That's it. Yeah. And Steve Bjork, thank you for everything you've done for the community, from you know, from Audio Spectrum Analyzer to today, and thank you for treating this show with with grace and respect and, and you've done an amazing job and, and and as far as i'm concerned you've set the gold standard for how the show could do and i completely tarnished it today but thank you for what you've done <laughs> and on all of your suggestions it's an honor to have you here and it's an honor to have you um host the show um and do it so well so thank you for that well the thing i'm just gonna say is uh curtis and i learn from the best on Leo. what to do for a podcast yeah uh, not me, obviously. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I wasn't going to go that far, but yeah, that's okay. you said it. Mark Overholzer, I want to thank you for always being a sharp-dressed man and having the proper headgear for each and every show. Um, being an outstanding member of this community. Nick Morentes. Eh. Uh, hey, <laughs> Nitrous 09 forever. <laughs> Nitrous 09 forever. Oh, hang on. Oh, sorry. It's a long show. I'm just tired. What did I say? I was seeing the fatigue has started to set in. Yeah. Uh, 
Richard Lorbieski, thank you for being on our show and for sharing. And you're, you provide many resources to the community, repair services, upgrade services, product <laughs> services, and you're a halfway decent human being to boot. So thank you for all you do. C combined. Oh, yeah. You know, like last week, I was only a quarter half. <laughs> half well, it's, it's an upgrade. It's an upgrade. Yes. David Ladd, I want to say, David, from the bottom of my heart, I'm so happy to hear how enthusiastic you are that you're getting things back together and you're in, you're back on the show and you're getting caught up and you're in a great mood and it's contagious. So your happiness, uh, it, you know, extends to us. So I'm so happy that you're happy, David, and I appreciate you. And I'm sorry for two of the times I made fun of you. <laughs> yeah, they're 412 or five, yeah. but the first two, yeah. And, uh, none. and I just want to say, uh, screw you, Grant Lady. Oh, okay. <laughs> Screw you too. <laughs> Thanks All for right. Zoom earlier, Grant. See, Where... everybody else, everybody else gets nice comments. Then Stevie just screws it up. Again. <laughs> uh, Grant, um, I'm going to say something. It's because you was at the bottom of the list. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I haven't figured out why I'm at the bottom. I've been at the bottom the whole damn show. Well, it's because yeah. you pushed the elevator all the way down there. Look at that. <laughs> <Yeah>. So. <laughs> David, we me. need we need to get the fire department to get you out of there now. So, <laughs> Grant, you've come a long way. You know, uh, you've had uh, we're not going to say um, reproductive alterations, but you've had. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just stop by your head. Basically, we're just going to go like Grant. Thanks for not taking a leak on the air. Yes, thank you, thank you. There's a thank positive you. praise for you today. Thank you for only washing your hands on the show today. <laughs> All right, we're going to press the button in three, two, one. Any final thoughts? Say goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, good night, everybody. Everybody, everybody treat each other well. Yes. yes. Be good. God bless us, everyone. What's that word you had, Steve? You remember? Or you no. Use? No. What? Okay. Oh, the sign you put up earlier about... Uh... Oh, nah, don't worry about it. All right. Good night, Gracie. Take care. Pressing the button. <laughs> Thanks, Steve.